Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Countdown to Green. time for the main event on Sunday from Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta it is the Michelin Pilot Challenge for the VP Steer Frosty 240 yeah it, it is that four hour race that we would have had had we been up at uh, Watkins Glen International for the sale and six hours of the Glen weekend that's why it's the endurance challenge this weekend at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta uh, and we're in the uh, truncated countdown to green for this four-hour race for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. In the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me is Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam will be our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock Report. Maybe we should make you our VP Steer Frosty Pit and Paddock Report this year. Uh, welcome along uh, and good <laughs> afternoon uh, to you. Uh, just, uh, yes, just afternoon. Uh, or just coming up on the afternoon at uh, Road Atlanta uh, time. Uh, a four-hour race here, which will slightly change how the Michelin Pilot Challenge go about it. What can you tell us from the paddock? Well, there is a lot of interest right now in the paddock because this is the first four-hour race since we raced back in January at Daytona. Very different conditions to where we are right now. A little bit of cloud starting to come over, and that is affecting the temperature, but it's 106 degrees Fahrenheit in terms of the track temp at the moment. It's going to be a warm one. We had some different qualifying where some of the faster drivers actually will be starting the race and then handing over to their slower driver and no offense meant by any means to those pairings or trios as we do have. But there are some cars that are looking a little bit worse for the wear. Yeah, including a car, Shea, that had a, a nasty fire, but uh, unbelievably was put Let's back see together. see what the fifth one gets it. Sorry, Shea, just lost you there for a moment. Uh, including a, a car that had a, a nasty fire, but incredibly was put back together. Yeah, that's the number three, Mia McLaren. It's Sheena Monk and starting is Corey Lewis for this four-hour race. Just the two drivers, but a big fire that happened in the first practice session, resulting in the car basically being stripped down before the second, and they got it back out. Very impressive work. The last time that that team sustained massive damage at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, by the way, they went on to win the race in 2017. So a lot of expectation. The other car that suffered some damage was the number four windward racing Mercedes. Well, it was back out for qualifying after Russell Ward had an off where it ended up in the tires. He went out and qualified the car seventh. So big expectations today but for him and Indy Donchi. Yeah, that was down in the S's, the uh, motorsport in action McLaren. It was a fuel churn issue. So 
the fire damage was mostly on the outside of the car. We'll come together in sound and vision in just over five minutes time. That gives us a chance to say hello to Jeremy Shaw and to play the piece of music that Jeremy can take a deep breath and run us through the field for the Stay Frosty 240. Uh, let's hear the music. All right, Jeremy, how are they lining up? They are lining up in this order. We have 32 starters for this race. It should have been the 33rd, but the number 37 LA Honda World Civic of Shelby Blackstop and Chris Miller was withdrawn earlier this week. So, starting in the 32nd position in the TCR field. By the way, there's 11 TCRs, therefore, and 21 GS cars. At the back, in car number 61, the road tracker racing Audi is Gavin Ernstone. Alongside him, Jason Rabe making his return to the series in car number 47. That's the 47 Motorsports Hyundai Veloster TCR. Two LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic TCRs share row 15. Car number 77 is started by Taylor Hagler. Alongside her is the former series champion in car number 73, Mike Lamara. Row 14, Michael Johnson in the number 54 JDC Miller Sports Audi RS3 LMS TCR. And then alongside him is Spencer Brockman in car number 29, one of four Brian Herder Order Sport with Curb Agajani and Hyundai Veloster NTCRs. Two of his teammates will be on the next row ahead. That's number 98, Michael Lewis, and number 33, Ryan Norman. Moving into the top three qualifiers in TCR, in the third position, 24th on the grid, car number 23 on the pole for the last two races, but this time Max Faulkner in the fast MD racing with Speed Syndicate Audi RS3 will start from the third position. Second place in qualifying, an excellent run in car number five, which is the KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, the lone Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCR for Tim Lewis Jr. But on the pole position for the first time, in his career in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, but is the uh, the uh, points leader coming into this race for Brian Hurd, Autosport with Kerbag Ajanian, yet another Hyundai Veloster, that's car number 21, is Harry Gottsacker. Now next up is the GS Field. Uh, Ashley Freiberg making ret her return to the series in car number 20, the M1 Racing LLC McLaren 570S GT4. Great run yesterday in qualifying for Ashley. She put the car sixth on the grid. Unfortunately, that's the good news. The bad news is the car was uh, significantly lighter than it should have been uh, due to a, a mistake by the crew, so she will therefore have to start from the back. Moving on to the 10th row of the grid, car number 31, the team Hardpoint Audi R8 GT4 with starting driver Rob Ferriol. Alongside uh, the podium finisher from last time out, car number 96 for Turner Motorsport, one of the BMW M4 GT4s, is Vin Barletta. Row 9 of the grid, Gary Ferreira in car number 99, the automatic racing Aston Martin Vantage GT4. Alongside car number 71, the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4R, started by Frank Depew. Row 8 of the grid, Tom Collingwood in car number 38 to the BGB Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Alongside Bryce Ward, father of Russell, in number 57, Windward Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. Similar car from Marilla Racing, car number 65 is Tim Probert. That will start 14th. Alongside James Clay, number 982 Bimmer World BMW M4 GT4. Also a Mercedes and the BMW on row six of the grid. The Mercedes from Marilla Racing, car number 56 is Jeff Mosing. And the Bimmer World BMW, car number 80 of Nick Galanti. 
Row 5 of the grid, an excellent run by Brandon Kidd, making his return to the series in a 0-9 automatic racing Aston Martin Vantage GT4. Alongside the PF Racing Ford Mustang of car number 40, James Pezek, his best qualifying position so far in ninth position on the grid. Corey Lewis, the winner recently in the Motorsports in Action McLaren 570S, car number three will start in the eighth place. Alongside Russell Wardy, car number four, the Windward Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. Another similar car for Riley Motorsports, car number 35 will start sixth. That's the points leader, Jim Cox. Alongside the winner last time out, Robbie Foley in car number 95, Turner Motorsport BMW M4 GT4. The former championship leader, the champion from last year, car number 39, the car barn with Peregrine Racing Audi R8 GT4 at Tyler Macquarie will start fourth. Alongside last year's Road, uh, Road Atlanta winner and pole sitter for Multimatic Motorsports in the Ford Mustang GT4, car number 22 from Guernsey in the Channel Islands, UK, is Sebastian Prio. Onto the front row of the grid. Excellent run by Trent Hinman in car number 7, the Archangel Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. But on the pole position for the second time in three races, uh, second in points coming into this weekend, the Core Motorsports Aston Martin Vantage GT4 car number 60 from Oklahoma is Nate Stacy. So that's how they are going to line up. I'm sure we'll mention this when we get back uh, into the TV as well, which comes up in about uh, a couple of minutes' time. But there is a new tyre for the TCRs today, Michelin, despite being busy doing other things than making tyres globally during the lockdown, have produced what they're calling an S9M+, Plus, uh, which is a revised tyre for the TCRs. Uh, this weekend, this race weekend, they will be for the front only, although once they've uh, got back to full production, they will be offering them for, all, uh, for both axles, uh, not really required on the back, but there is... Uh, an update as I say and all the TCRs have had the option of that what's called the S9M plus for the front wheel drive cars so it's Jeremy Shaw with me John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre Shea Adam is our VP Racing Fuels pit lane reporter and she's staying frosty this afternoon uh, and it is a four hour event the teams love these events normally only two a year we've managed to squeeze this one in despite not being at the Watkins Glen International uh, Raceway where we should have been this weekend moved over to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta a big grid four hours for the teams four hours for us and we know that whilst the teams like it you absolutely love it plenty of time for the strategies to play out in the uh, VP Steer Frosty 240, which starts next here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, just waiting for the command for the drivers to start their engines as we get ready for the second of two four-hour challenges for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, it is the race that should this weekend have been, of course, at Watkins Glen. Instead, or it should have 
uh, been taking place at Watkins Glen. Instead, we're on the two and a half mile dozen corners of Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. It's a fabulous circuit, you know. I've been coming here since 1998. Plenty of people with uh, more experience of this circuit, but it's never failed to excite and deliver at every race I've been at, including a couple of years where we had short races in the springtime at Road Atlanta. A little bit of everything, the long, fast back straight, the twisties down through the signature S's from turns three, four, two, three, four and five. And then there's the very technical turn 12 that leads on the short front straight to turn one, the uphill right-hander that requires all kinds of commitment. Engines have been started and the cars are rolling out of the pit lane. Our VP Racing Fuel pit lane reporter is Shea Adam. She's with me and Jeremy Shaw, who are together in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea, what's the gossip from the track uh, after a hectic couple of days for the Michelin Pilot Channel Challenge runners? <laughs> uh, the gossip is that everything was fast and frantic and hot on Friday. And then it all cooled off yesterday. Only a qualifying session for the Michelin Pilot Challenge runners for yesterday. So two 15-minute sessions, one per class. We wound up with the points leaders in TCR coming away with the pole position. But a sizable change of BOP, everyone's least favorite letters, means that those cars have 10 liters fewer, less fuel, less fuel, I should say, than anyone else in the class. So we should be seeing the Hyundais pitting together well ahead of everyone else. Meanwhile, in GS, Nate Stacy and Kyle Marcelli leading the way to the green flag. And I did talk to Kyle Marcelli a little bit earlier. He said they think that as long as they can stretch the fuel and have clean pit stops, they should be in to get their first win of the season. They finished second a slew of times this year. That would be quite, uh, three times so far. They're looking for that win. And the race entitlement sponsor this weekend, the official coolant of IMSA from VP Racing Fuels. It's more than fuels from VP nowadays. The VP Racing Stay Frosty 240 available at all good auto parts stores including worldwide as well I know that uh, it's available in Europe and in the UK as well comes in a couple of different geysers one for racing that has no glycol in it at all uh, race series and race tracks don't like glycol because if you drop it on the track it's very difficult to clean up and it's very slippery uh, that of course is great and it brings your head and your block temperature down but it doesn't give you that much uh, protection against the cold uh, however there is a road going one as well uh, which does take you down to minus 18 celsius that's zero degrees fahrenheit uh, on uh, the fahrenheit scale keep an eye out for vp stay frosty the official coolant of the imsa racing championships and that's the name on this two hour 40 minute excuse me this uh, 240 minute race 
for our race at Road Atlanta this weekend. So Michelin Road Atlanta, Jeremy, uh, with two classes and uh, welcome back to a few people, including Ashley Freiberg, who's back uh, behind the wheel of a car for the first time, certainly at this level for a little while. I know she's been doing some regional uh, racing to get herself back up to speed lately, but uh, was a little bit of a rising star in this category of racing, what, two, three years ago? Yes, indeed. I, I, her last uh, professional race, or her last race in this series also, was at Daytona in the uh, the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge Series in 2018. So, yes, two and a half years ago. I believe you're right, though. I think she has been doing some uh, some you know, regional racing, so she, I'm sure she's back in the swing of it. And she certainly didn't take much time to get up to speed in this car during practice on Friday. And what's interesting, I think, that many of the teams, including both the crash car and the fire damaged car on Friday, they were kind of lucky, I think, that qualifying actually didn't take place until yesterday evening. So they had plenty of time, the teams, to refettle those cars and get them into tip top condition for qualifying yesterday. And on the pole position for TCR is unsurprisingly the Hyundai Veloster, but it's sharing the front row. That number 21 car would be Harry Gutzak, and they'll start but with the KMW Motorsports of TMR Engineering, Alfa Romeo or Giulietta. That number five car. Then it's the Fast MD with Speed Syndicate's RS3 Audi. That's the 23 car. And then another slew of Velosters, three of them, but the Velosters with a little less fuel to play with, uh, fewer litres allowed to them uh, this weekend as part of the balance of performance. Ashley Freiberg uh, starting the number... Is she starting that car that she is listed yes. against? Yes, she qualified it, uh, so I think it's going to start it. Uh, and uh, Ryan Nash is going to be, hopefully they're going to be doing more races in that uh, M1 racing McLaren this season. But Don Yount is joining them this weekend. Don oh, was originally it's Don that's listed at the wheel of that car. That's what threw me out, Jeremy, as we come to the ah. green flag. Nate Stacey for Core Motorsports and the Aston Martin sees the green flag first and gets the hammer down early with Trent Hindman for Archangel Motorsports in the bright yellow. Porsche 718 came and getting swallowed up by Sebastian Prio, who was quick in the early sessions for Multimatic in the dark grey Ford Mustang GT4. But it is the Archangel, the tiny little Porsche Cayman GT4 Cup Sport that does hold on to its second position, going over the top of the hill in ninth. That's James Pesek in the PF Racing bright pink Ford Mustang falling in roughly speaking in their grid order so that's core motorsports aston then the porsche of archangel then the ford mustang then the carbon tyler mcquarrie driven number 39 the gray and bright green uh, audi then the bmw of robbie foley and turner motorsport they didn't have a good day yesterday they'll be wanting to make up for that then the motorsport in action mclaren corey lewis that was the car that had the fire at the weekend but it was confined pretty much to external damage it was a fuel churn that miss that uh, malfunctioned and set off what looked a horrible incident there but the guys worked really really hard to get that back in and a quick note as well in tcr where tim lewis in the alpha is now leading and there's a little cheer from all the alphaholics and alfistas around the world uh, they are, have had the option of a new front tyre, revised front tyre uh, from Michelin for the TCRs. It's designated, designated S9M Plus and a fabulous job by Michelin Motorsport. They've been off doing other things during the 
lockdown and the COVID-19 protocols and yet they have still managed to come up with enough of these tyres for the front end uh, of front axle of all of the TCR runners if they so desire. So Stacey leads then from Hendman, from Sebastian Priol, then Tyler McQuarrie. Those four within two seconds and a pretty clean start at the start of the Steer Frosty 240 at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Jeremy Shaw. Take a breath. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is going to be like this all the way through this four-hour race. certainly races. is. I mean, yeah, we love these Michelin Pilot Challenge races. They're generally two hours. Well, we've got double that amount this 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 afternoon here from Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Absolutely love it. There is the little alpha, the gorgeous little alpha, uh, caliber five, driven by Tim Lewis Jr. He's made an excellent start to this race out in front for the very first time. So down the back straight uh, and the teams are just settling themselves in, the teams and drivers just settling themselves in at the moment. As the leaders go through again, Nate Stacey by about a second, slightly further back. The, looks like the Aston Martin being followed by now which one of the Winwood cars that was that that uh, we were looking at that must have been uh, Bryce in the more silver car and that was the automatic racing number 09 so that's 13th and 14th position uh, and I said Jeremy uh, in our countdown to green and now we're with oh and already a problem for the 99 I'll come back to that so the other Aston Martin in strife early on as well that looks like it may be a retirement what a shame for the oh well, no bit of a control alt delete for the automatic racing uh, the invisible glass car so aston's having rather different fortunes early on as uh, an aston that is race uh, is leading the race with nate stacy down the back straight and now pressure for trent hinman from sebastian prior the guernseyman sebastian a uh, I think we've worked out now a fourth generation racer because his dad, Andy Priot, obviously many of you will know, Andy still driving professionally, uh, mainly ferrying Sebastian around for this uh, season in the States. He's bought a fifth wheel trailer and an F350 to uh, get them both to the racetracks. But both uh, Sebastian's grandfather and great grandfather also competed in motor racing and that dark grey. Mustang looking very big indeed to us and I'm sure also in the mirrors of Trent Hinman. Yeah, that little Porsche came and it's the by far the lightest car in the field in GS. It looks after its tyres quite well, uh, but it's probably because it's so light, it's not quite too easy to get its tyres up to temperature at the beginning of the race. But Trent Hinman, super experienced, former series champion, of course, and he's holding on against uh, ahead of Sebastian Prio had a really good run last time out at, at VIR in that uh, Ford Mustang. Uh, the team's best result of the season was a fourth place finish. He shares that car with Scott Maxwell. And uh, Seb Prio, uh, he made his debut here last, one year ago and what a debut it was. So down onto uh, one of the long straights here again at Road Atlanta. That looks like the back straight. Yes, it is. Just going down into the braking area. And the 
yellow car ahead of the number 22, Sebastian Priel, then is the second place car. This is letting the Aston Martin of Nate Stacey get away and pull out a bit of a gap. The carbon by Peregrine Racing Audi sits just a, another three quarters of a second further back in fourth position. Still the Alpha leading TCR with the Hyundai 33 now having got past Harry Gottsacker as well. So the pole sitter in TCR has dropped down and there's the change for second position. Prio would not be held back, Jeremy. That was nice and smooth, nice and clean. Yeah, and uh, Trent Newman there realised that, uh, that Seprio had the inside line going to turn one. They, they battled out a little bit, but uh, Seprio makes that pass now. Let's see if he can close in on the Aston Martin. Nate Stacey has really been doing a super job this season. He has the uh, starting driver duties, qualifies the car always. This is his second pole. He was on pole a couple of races ago at Road America, and they've had a really, really good season so far. Uh, last time out at VAR, they, uh, they got kind of held up by the... Uh, the, the, by full course caution, timing slipped back down the order, but they did set fastest lap of the race and they still finished sixth. And coming into this uh, race, they are just two points behind Jim Cox and Dylan Murray in the driver championship. So that was Jeremy Shaw. He's with me, John Hindorf, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Early days, but it looks like Trent Hinman. Is struggling for pace early on after a decent start in the first couple of laps. Now dropping down to fourth as Tyler McQuarrie makes it again a relatively easy move to go through in the great bright green and black Audi. And those guys have had a great season, great couple of seasons actually, haven't they, Jeremy, for Carbon Motorsports. Uh, Carbon with Peregrine Racing in that GT4 Audi. Uh, and that looked very easy, and that's quite unusual for Trent Hinman not to be able to fight uh, and put up some kind of resistance there. So there's clearly something, there's some backstory going on there. Yeah, we'll certainly have to keep an eye on that. But this this Audi there, uh, that's just a heavenly sort of black, uh, silver, and green car. They have had a fabulous year. Tyler McCorry and Jeff Westfall. Uh, they've been super consistent in that car. Uh, it's not the fastest car at some of the racetracks, perhaps, but they do a great job. They always have great pit stops. They have great strategy. Steve Dynan, who is the team principal there, has been around this sport a long, long time, and he really does an excellent job. Just a little bit further back, there's James Pezek, who had a great qualifying run. He's uh, made, a, a, made up a position at the start as well in that bright pink and black, uh, or pink and grey Mustang. Uh, super job for him running in the eighth position now, ahead of Russell Ward. Uh, with Nick Gallant and James Clay, the two BIM World BMWs right behind him as well. Uh, and Shea, not good news for that bright yellow car because they've elected to do something a little different strategy-wise in this, the longer, the four-hour race. Yeah, we had a couple of cars that elected to start their faster drivers, and that number seven Archangel Racing uh, car with the Volt sponsorship on the side is one of them. Trent Hinman is the professional in that equation, so he needs to pull a gap so that when Alan Brynjolfsson gets in for his minimum drive time of 40 minutes, it, the car's in a good position. The problem is that the car right behind them as well is doing the exact same strategy. That's the Mia McLaren, Corey Lewis starting that car, Sheena Monk to take over, and she's got, in total, about 25 laps around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, period. Yeah, uh, which is not a huge amount 
of uh, experience, clearly. That Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuels Pit reporter. So still three hours and 50 minutes to go. RS2, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together. Good to have your company on what's been a very busy motor racing uh, weekend. Accept that many of you uh, will have been watching other motorsports, perhaps have not caught up yet. So no spoilers here in our live coverage. Uh, suffice to say that if you didn't see the WeatherTech six-hour race yesterday, you have to watch it. That's all I'm seeing. Set aside the time as soon as we get that up on the official IMSA YouTube page, which will be uh, in the next few days. Absolute cracker. And both the Challenger Series for Lambo and Lamborghini Super Trofeo and the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA, all four of those races were highly entertaining. Road Atlanta again, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta once again delivering what we expect in terms of the racecraft, the excitement, the entertainment and a bit of controversy uh, as well. Worth catching up on if you haven't seen it. At IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us. Good to have your company as I say. Now let's uh, check the battles that are going on well it's right through the field at the moment because the top five in gs which is gt4 are just on 10 seconds and in tcr it's still the alpha that leads but only by two tenths from ryan norman in the veloster harry gottsacker in the 21 the darker colored car he's in third this is good news for the battling Alfa Romeo team and in GS it's still Nate Stacey but everyone else behind uh, Tyler McQuarrie in third position is seems to be battling Jeremy there's a huge gaggle of cars there yes great stuff isn't it and uh, uh, the number uh, 80 car Nick Gallant he's just uh, got his way past James Pleasant now also has uh, Russell Ward but this is a super battle and you talked about the TCRs well, they're all bottled up behind Vin Barletta in the number 96 GS uh, category tournaments what BMW so that's a, a kind of a four car battle now but only one of them is in in GS the other three TCR leaders are really having a good scrap and here they are right now there oh. is the BMW coming off the final corner with the Alpha tucked in right behind him uh, and the two uh, Brian Herder Autosport uh, Hyundai's right behind him as well it's going to share Adam our VP Racing Fuels pit reporter with news of an early penalty Car 31, which is the Team Hardpoint Audi R8 GT4, took more than emergency service on the formation lap. So it will need to come back down the support pit lane for a stop plus 60 second penalty. That's Spencer Pimpelli and Rob Ferriel sharing that car. And this is really unfortunate because it's the first weekend that they've had since all the way back in January where they've only been doing single duty and completely focused on this car. Ah. That's annoying, and it really, we've seen in this season and seasons before, Jeremy, little mistakes have big consequences. Now, all right, they've got three and three-quarter hours to make that back up again, but that's making their job even harder than it already was in a very, very competitive GT4 GS Grand Sport category. He is, isn't it? And uh, here's a, there's Tim Lewis, by the way, in the Alpha. Both he then now and 
uh, Ryan Norman have got past uh, Vin Barletta's GS BMW. So that's certainly good news for them. And also joining that battle is that number 31 Audi uh, of uh, Rob Ferrell. It's due to that penalty. It's surprising uh, that they should make such a, uh, a basic error at the beginning of the race. Great to see the Alpha at the head of the field. It's a fabulous colour. Uh, black metallic with a sort of red underpinning. I've got a feeling in the streetcars it's called something like Vesuvius or Volcano or something like that. And I've had actually a streetcar in that colour, uh, a, a Quadrifoglio or Q-Line car, which I took on a very long European trip around a number of uh, European racing uh, circuits to uh, do some work, uh, what, about 18 months, two years ago now. And that has been added to with some very, very dark metallic red panels, including underneath the Alfa Romeo shield, which has elements of the uh, Milan coat of arms in there as well, of course. And that looks fabulous. I've always thought that little hatchback, very distinctive looking. You'd know it was an Alfa from whatever angle, particularly from the front with that shield grille. And I've always thought it looks great as a TCR car. It just does, does look a little bit different if you have one in the car park and at the moment leading out but being closed in on at the moment by what this year so far been the all-conquering Hyundai Velosters meantime the battle for the lead is starting to be turned up to gas mark five as well as Sebastian Prio has closed in gently but sufficiently enough to be able to put some pressure on the back of the leading Aston Martin as they come out of turn seven and on the back straight, uh, back straight Jeremy. Yeah, it's a bit said Prio. All of a sudden, he's, he's closed right in a couple of laps ago. And just a couple of laps before that, uh, Nate Stacey had set the fastest lap of the race, which remains a, a 126.871. Uh, and that is only a tenth of a second outside the lap record that was set last year by Devin Jones in the BMW. Uh, so uh, I think Nate, I mean, he's pretty, pretty consistent on his lap times, to be honest, but so has Seb Prio, and he's got that gap down to just a few car lengths as they come across the, the crest of the hill and plunge downhill into turn 12 to complete the 11th lap. Across the start-finish line then, in towards turn one, breaking just... Uh, it's not really a break, it's just a, a little dab or a little feel on the retardation pedal and you're not slowing down massively just scrubbing a tiny little bit of speed off and then getting down a couple of gears and then what you do is you rely on the hill to slow you down a little bit the advantage is you can get back on the throttle very very early if you're confident and you've got a car underneath you and a set of Michelin tyres underneath you that you're feeling good about. Get that initial turn in and as soon as you've turned in, way before the apex, you're on the power to drag you up the hill towards turn two. It's a really technical corner, turn one. And when you get it right, it is, it's just a brilliant feeling. To let the car, you've got to be brave enough to let the car breathe out right towards the exit curb. And they, I suppose, the margins there are as tight as anywhere else, but it always feels odd that you're heading for beyond where the yellow and blue curbs end. Normally, they at a racetrack, the, the curbing gives you a bit of a clue of where you're turning in, where your exit points are. But in turn one, you're actually aiming 
up the hill beyond where that ends and it's a little bit off-putting until you get used to it. So already we've done over 15 minutes, getting on for 17 minutes here and it's starting to settle in. The teams will be talking to their drivers, asking them how the tyres are going to go. And before you tweet us at, at IMSA Radio on Twitter, in terms of what we should be looking for lap times wise, Jeremy, we've got a 29.8 for the best of the TCRs, which is Ryan Norman in second, and a 26.8 for Nate Stacey, who leads. And how does that compare to the good lap times that we've seen here at Michelin, Road, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta over the years? Well, David Jones has the lap record overall, just a tenth of a second quicker than Nate says he has managed so far. The uh, record in TCR, that's a good bit quicker than uh, anything that anybody has managed so far. As you say, 29.8 there for Ryan Norman at the moment. The uh, lap record in TCR, a 28.8, so a second quicker by Michael Lewis also last year. We're watching here this battle that is uh, developing here for 5th, 6th and 7th. It's the McLaren that has it as the, at the moment, Corey Lewis but with Robbie Foley and the championship leader, Jim Cox, who's really doing a super job there for Riley Motorsports. He'll be uh, handing over to uh, his, well, his regular co-driver, uh, Dylan Murray, will finish the race, but they've got a pretty accomplished third driver for this weekend, a gentleman by the name of Colin Brown, <laughs> who's a bit youthful, isn't he? Uh, we saw him turn some very quick laps yesterday. Good to see him back in racing, because he hasn't really, he's been kind of one of the drivers that's been knocked out badly by this COVID-19 system, not, to, not so far as the virus is concerned for himself, but his opportunities to go racing. Did a good job yesterday in the LMP2 uh, car. This weekend, he's, he's in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. He has actually had a couple of races before in this series, way, way back in 2005, when he was uh, one, of the young, well, one of the youngest drivers ever to make a start in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. He actually finished, he's done two races in the past, and he finished fourth uh, in one of them back at VIR in 2007. At IMSA Radio, hello to Jack Shalowski, to Marco Baronsvard, uh, and to Michael Rennick, uh, and Michael, local to Road Atlanta, seeing the weather has, uh, is a bit more pleasant today than yesterday. The humidity's dropped in the low 80s Fahrenheit, 26 Celsius today. Track temperature still up in the 40s, 44 degrees Celsius at the moment. Nice of you all to get in touch with us here at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to, please, as we run through this race. Jeremy, uh, uh, in terms, remind us in terms of, of pit stops, how far the TCRs and the GS cars go around here. Uh, we, It's not going to be that easy to break up. Is it, is it spot on an hour for the TCRs or can they go a little bit further? Uh, I think they can go, yeah, around about an hour, a little bit more. Here's this battle, though, uh, now for, uh, what, third position. Tyler McCrory and Trent... No, wow, all of a sudden, then. What's happened to Seb Prio? Uh, no, that, I think that's a, weird, that's, a, that's a while back, uh, Jeremy, oh, okay, when they were battling together because okay. Hinman's now in fourth position. Uh, and as we know... Uh, this is uh, a couple of replays that you're seeing from our TV uh, colleagues just charting uh, Trent Hinman's <laughs> drop down. Uh, yeah, the TCRs run just a little bit over an hour here. What about the GS? Yeah, just a little bit less than an hour. Uh, so uh, I think we, we certainly expect to see the GS cars in uh, before the hour mark. Uh, but uh, you know, it's going to be 
the strategies are the strategies is not dissimilar to the regular two hour race the driver minimum time each driver has to be the minimum of 40 minutes in this race which is the same as usual uh, so some of the teams have elected to go with three drivers some just their regular two yeah the the weather as michael rennick was saying to us nowhere near the temperatures that we saw yesterday it's still going to be pretty toasty inside a race car with a hot engine with hot brakes with a hot transmission and of course sitting with full safety gear including multi-layer a fireproof suit a helmet a balaclava gloves socks underwear etc etc now the leader in tcr beginning to get a little bit antsy because he's closed up with the bgb motorsport 718 cayman which sits in 17th position in class uh, and the alpha is just being closed down a little bit by the hyundai veloster in second position and the problem here is how the cars make their lap times the tcrs are very quick indeed through any corners and particularly through the first sector and second sector of the track here which has got a lot of turns in it from turn one really to turn six and seven uh, that is tcr country because they are inherently a quite a, a draggy car but they've got lots of downforce not because they've got huge aerodynamic devices on it the whole body is producing downforce on this on those front wheel drive cars the GS cars should be a bit quicker down the straights because if you look closely, the back wings in particular are actually quite narrow. And that is what distinguishes them from their GT3 cousins. And there's far few aerodynamic accoutrements on the cars. So they're a bit narrower, not so many wings and flaps and splitters on them. So the GS cars tend to be pretty quick down the tubes. So these two categories of cars making lap times in some cases at the front of the TCR field and at the back of the GS field that um, in fact are, are very little different. In fact, we see TCRs going quicker than the back of the GS field, but making their lap times, Jeremy, and having different strengths and weaknesses. So very different indeed. And that becomes a bit of a conundrum for the TCR drivers as off at the bottom of the hill at turn Ooh. 10 goes the number 33. That was second place, Ryan Norman for yes, the Ryan Hurd Autosport organization. Yeah, I'm not sure whether he was trying to follow uh, uh, Tim Lewis past Tom Collingwood because uh, Tim Lewis got past that, uh, that GS uh, Porsche as we see this battle uh, toward the back of the field here with Gavin Ernst uh, making a move on Tyler Hagler he's been trying to do that all the way through this race so far finally made it through in that road shagger racing Audi kind of 61 uh, but yeah that spin there for Ryan Norman has left t uh, Tim Lewis Jr. well out in the lead now in the Alfa Romeo and he's also got past Tom Collingwood as well. All the other contenders in TCR, they're bottled up behind Vin Barletta still and losing uh, quite a bit of ground. They're now uh, the better part of uh, seven or eight seconds behind the Alpha. So we saw the automatic racing Aston stop and continue. Uh, not sure what happened there. I know she's trying to uh, speak to the team to find out what happened, but that car has continued although down the order it, it stopped so briefly it didn't even get a mention on the race control channel uh, but the 
Automatic Racing 99 is running again, although well down the field, and in fact has dropped off the lead lap in GS. For those of you, including right turn lover, who were asking uh, about it. At IMSA Radio, if you've got any questions. So let's find out what happened to the 30... Oh, dear me. Uh, well, uh, just no braking at the bottom of the hill is the short answer uh, to that. Ryan Norman trying to dive down the inside, as Jeremy suspected, trying to stay up with the class leader, but just offline, and I think realised he wasn't going to make it. Instead of trying to get round and potentially cause more problems, just let the brakes off and tried to elect it, I think, Jeremy, to carry as much momentum through the gravel and skip across it rather than get stuck in it. And I think actually that was a pretty wise move. Yeah, I think it probably was because uh, he, he was going to end up in tears and possibly going to collide with the with the uh, Porsche as well, which would have been even worse. But uh, Tim Lewis had made that pass, and you're right. Uh, Ryan Norman there just tried to follow him through. You know, he's able to rejoin the race. It's cost him two or three seconds, or three or four seconds perhaps, but he's still in second place in the class. He's just got a few GS cars now to get past him before he can catch up again with Tim Lewis. And meanwhile, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh place cars in TCR uh, led by Garrett, Harry Gottsacker, the pole sitter and championship leader, are still bottled up behind Vin Barletta's BMW. But up at the front of the field, we've seen some lap traffic also for the two leaders. Seb Prio trying to work his way past Gavin Ernstone, does at turn seven. So almost half an hour of racing completed. Here's how it stands in TCR. 17th overall, the alpha of Tim Lewis and the number five from KMW Motorsports with TMR uh, and now with a reasonable bit of a cushion back to Ryan Norman after Ryan's off uh, he's now about three and a half four seconds further get back but crucially has got the Porsche 718 Cayman and the McLaren 570S between himself and his class leader Vim Barletta is still the cork in the bottle as far as the rest of the TCRs are concerned, and that's why Ryan didn't lose any more places when he went off at the bottom of the hill at turn 10. Gottsacker in the 21, Hyundai is next. Then Brockman for the third of the Brian Herter Autosport uh, Hyundais. Then Fast MD Racing with their 23. Audi, that's Max Faulkner behind the wheel of that. And Michael Johnson for JDC Miller Motorsports in another Audi. That's the 54 car in sixth position. At the head of the field, Nate Stacey for Cole Motorsports by just over a second, or just on a second, has just sort of stemmed the tide a little bit. Sebastian Prio in second for Multimatic in the Ford Mustang GT4 did get into a challenging position, even if he didn't put a massive challenge together and start throwing it up the inside but he's dropped back by about a second as I see it, nine seconds further back Tyler McQuarrie having another good run for the 39 Carbon with Paragon Racing Audi half a second back is Trent Hinman who perhaps has got a second wind in that Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport after running as high as second but then dropping back to fourth and now right in the draft at the bottom of the hill at turn 10A of the third place car, Jeremy. Yeah, those two continue to run close together. Just wondering what happened to number 98. Pits. That's Michael Lewis. It's in the pits. Up, oh, it says out. 
on my uh, okay out of the pits okay yes fine. correct so he's made a pit stop already okay uh, that's uh, pretty early for a for a pit stop for that car but uh, that's second in the points coming to this weekend yet another of the brian herter uh, brian herter autosport hyundai's and, and shit uh, obviously that doesn't look like it was regular but did they try and make the best of a bad deal what happened there that was actually a planned stop. They had decided to put that car slightly off strategy wow. from the beginning of the race. And just of note, the way that the pit lane is laid out, the GS cars and some of the TCR cars share boxes, but all four of the Brian Herta Autosport Hyundais are pitted together, the 21, 98, 33, then 29. So we might see the 29 come in soon too. So that way it's cleaner entries and exits for the 21 and 33. Okay. Well, uh, that's with approximately half an hour of racing to go. So how is that going to play out as well, we go through the rest of the race, Jeremy? Yeah, there's it's a an interesting big, strategy. And, and that's, yes, uh, it is. And this is one of the things that the two-hour races do open up, of course. Bit of contact at Turn 7. Come back to you in a moment, Jeremy, Whoops. as we've got McLaren and Audi coming together. Yeah, Ashley Freiberger. As Donny Young that started that car. Oh, excuse me, Don Yount. Okay, fine. Uh, who's got together there? I think with the with one of the lapped cars. It's got already had some problems earlier in this race. Right, copy. Um, the, the 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 pit window in TCR is pretty wide. They can do, as you say, well over an hour uh, of running. So the the, the the they can make a stop this early and still make it to the end of the race on what would it be uh, three pit stops. Uh, yeah, three pit stops. So that's that shouldn't be a problem for them. And the the, the, what the problem was for, for for Michael Lewis was he was bottled up behind that GS cars. We talked about it a while ago. Ah, yes. Number 96, I was holding up a whole string of TCR cars. Uh, Michael Lewis was in the middle of that pack. So the plan being there for that team, bring him into the pits, get one of the stops out of the way, get him out on tr clear track so he can turn the, and really show the pace that that car has. So just over the half an hour mark then of a four-hour race. And now we see then the, the teams getting into their rhythm. They'll be getting data as well. Used to running here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, but normally later in the year at the season ending, as it would be, Motul Petit Le Mans meeting. That is not the end of the IMSA season this year, although that event will still take place. The three wide down the back straight as the battle for third place goes past the number 99, Aston Martin, which had that little coffin splutter earlier on. And Trent Hindman's made use of that and goes uh, back up a position and into third ahead of Tyler McQuarrie. So whatever was ailing or whatever plan was going on early on uh, in terms of that bright yellow Archangel Motorsport 718 Cayman. Uh, whatever amount of button pressing, cursing, swearing, or hitting various parts of the car has gone off by Trent Hinman. He's found a bit of pace, Jeremy. He's back up to third. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's just he's running you know, pretty consistent pace. And uh, you know, Tyler McCrory 
uh, had been uh, certainly slipping back quite a long way from uh, from the uh, the other two, the front two. I mean, that Sepria looked super strong in that Multimatic Motorsports Mustang in second position. He dropped back a little bit from Nate Stacey, but he's uh, narrowing, I think that was in traffic, but he's narrowing that margin back down again to uh, less than a second. And then there's a big gap of over 12 seconds now back to that battle for third position with Trent Hinman finally making that pass on uh, Tyler McCoy. And again, the fact that that uh, Porsche Cayman is so light compared to all the other cars, including the Audi, uh, I think you know, that uh, at this stage in the race, when the Michelin tires have been working uh, pretty hard now for uh, well over half an hour, uh, the, the Porsche kind of comes into its own in the latter stages. And I think that's what we're seeing here for Trent Hinman. For those of you who follow LA Honda World and in particular Shelby Blackstock, that number 37 car share, Adam, didn't start uh, this weekend, although Shelby has been doing a bit of racing this weekend at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Yeah, correct. Um, unfortunately, as things transpired, the 37 losing one of its drivers for this weekend and it resulted in Shelby Blackstock not being able to participate in the TCR race. So. He went along and talked to a few friends and Lamborghini actually offered him a guest drive in one of their cars for those two races this weekend. So Shelby's had something with just, you know, a fraction over 600 horsepower to go play with around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. It's not too hard to uh, not feel bad for Shelby yeah. about not being in this race. <laughs> he's had a decent weekend. Uh, he, unfortunately, the, some of the bad luck that he's carried this year in the Michelin Pilot Challenge did uh, rather strike him in certainly the second race, but the debut race was very impressive indeed. Check out the IMSA YouTube channel for those races in the coming days and weeks. 610 horsepower rear wheel drive, 5.2 normally aspirated V10. Too shabby a weekend, uh, I wouldn't think. We uh, we shall be the, the best, and hope to see him back in this championship again with a bit uh, better look uh, in the future as well. Uh, and sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, well, I was, was going to say, uh, Jim Cox is certainly slipping back down the order. He was ahead of this train of cars here, which is now led uh, by Nick Gallant. James Pezek runs in the ninth position behind him in the pink Mustang, uh, and then James Clay, I think, has got past. Uh, Jim Cox as well now, or has he? was certainly uh, lining up to do that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, farther back down the order, uh, the leaders now are beginning to work their way through some of the uh, leading contenders in TCR. Let's go to Shea Adam, who has uh, some news on the number 82 Bimmer World M4 BMW GT4 in this uh, VP Racing Fuel pit lane update you were with us was at VIR for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, you would have noticed that the 82 was absent from that race. That was because of a crash during practice for Devin Jones, who, by the way, Devin, we hope that you're feeling better. I know that you're going to be listening in right now. He suffered a broken arm and some broken vertebrae in his back, so he is not racing here this weekend, but the car was severely damaged after going off in turn one. The team still not reporting what happened with the crash, but the important thing is that Devin is okay. They got the car back to the paddock within an hour of the crash and immediately began stripping it down to bare bones. The chassis went off to a shop to get straightened out. They got the car back and rebuilt it, but they didn't finish rebuilding it in time for the 80 truck to depart. So the 82 had to leave on its own. When it finally got on the highway, the Bimmer World truck then had issues itself. 
the car rolled in with its hauler and everything about 10 minutes before it was supposed to be parked in the paddock this weekend. The 82 being driven this weekend by James Clay, team owner of Vimmerworld and staple of that organization. And Gregory Leofuse, who's been drafted in to do some good work. So if you're looking for a car to cheer for in this t- field this weekend, certainly the Vimmerworld boys and girls deserve your support. Already looking somewhere close to uh, what we would call a spirit of the race award. Uh, and we're only 40 minutes or thereabouts into the contest. It is the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, and this is the four-hour, the second of the two four-hour races, live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, Jeremy Sean, John Hindorf with Shea Adam, keeping us updated with all the news from the pits. And here's how it stands. TCR, still Tim Lewis leading for Alfa Romeo. And in second place, Ryan Norman now chasing him back down after a little bit of a gravelly moment in the 33. The red, Brian Herder, Autosport, Hyundai, Veloster. And then in third, it's Harry Gottsacker in the black, number 21, Brian Herder, Autosport, Hyundai, Veloster. Coming up to 40 minutes, which is a crucial time for driver timing and the mandatory amount of time you have to have in. So let's quickly run down... The GS standings, a second is the lead that Nate Stacey has in the core motorsports Aston Martin core. Uh, very much used to be associated with Ford and it's a Ford in second place for Multimatic Motorsport and Sebastian Prio in the mostly grey number 22 with Trent Hinman in the unmissable highlighter yellow Archangel Motorsport Porsche. Fourth position, Tyler McQuarrie is another 1.1 seconds further back and then Robbie Foley in the Turner Motorsport BMW, the number 95 car, is another 12 seconds further back and making up the top six. Russell Ward in the repaired Mercedes, the Winwood Racing car with the dark red rear three quarters. That's the number four and here's 30 seconds off the lead. Into the pit lane for Motorsports in action and Corey Lewis. Uh, uh, that has uh, come in. Uh, right on, Shea Adam, the 40 minutes. Yes, but this is a car that will be seeing Corey Lewis driving it once again toward the end of the race. He's done 26 laps so far, which is one more than Sheena Monk has done around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta in her life. So this is going to be an interesting experience for Sheena. She is going to attempt to do a double stint, fuel and tires going into that McLaren. Also into the pit lane. From second, quite a surprise actually, Seb Priu coming in. He will be handing over to Scott Maxwell, a man who knows how to win around this track. Following him in, we have the number seven, the Archangel Motorsports Porsche. That is Trent Hinman handing over to Alan Brynjolfsson. Alan will do his 40 minutes, and then Trent will take back over. Robbie Foley is in the number 95, Turner Motorsports BMW. And this is an interesting situation because Robbie is also listed against the number 96. But he is one of three drivers for that car this weekend, so he does get a little bit of a break unlike normal when Robbie gets out of the 95 and immediately gets into the 96. Fuel and tires for everybody in the pit lane so far. And we have a TCR car into the pit lane as well. Remember, I said that the 29 might come in on a different strategy. Well, Brian Hurd Autosport has pulled in the white and green Hyundai as well. They are staggering their stops between their teams. Out goes Thomas Collingwood in the BGB Motorsports Porsche. 
no driver change there. I think he came in actually before the window had opened. So it's busy in here as James Pesek also comes into the pit lane. That is the pink Mustang. He's sharing with one Chad McCombie this weekend. So Chad installing himself behind the wheel of that car for new Michelin tires going on. I saw the 65 Marillo racing and the leader Mercedes as well, in the Chip. background. The leader and the leader. Wow, Nate Stacy, you decided to come and play. So Kyle Marcelli will be getting into the number 60 Aston Martin. That's core motorsports. Now, one of the things that both drivers was, were concerned about over the course of the weekend was getting a clean pit stop every single time. But of course, when you come in from the lead, clean pit stop means you want to leave in the lead once again, too. So Nate, I would imagine this isn't just fuel and tires for him. Almost all the way down the pit lane for core, they've got a nice clean exit and it is fuel, tires, no driver change. So Nate Stacy staying in to do a double. Also following him in the 39 Audi. That's Tyler McQuarrie bringing that car in. Not sure that I would take Tyler out at this stage. He's been having a lot of fun out there, has McDrifty. Although he does share with Jeff Westfall. And when you have a Jeff Westfall on your pit wall, you tend to want to put him in the car. And the reason everybody has come into the pit lane ah. is because the 35 wins Mercedes. That's the Riley technology has stopped out on track. It was continuing slowly from 11, but now it has come to a stop. And that is Jim Cox, who cannot get the car refired. He's signaling with his hands. There's no life in this Mercedes engine. No, and he wow. has just failed to get it over the top of the hill. That's going to bring out a full course caution. That's why everybody dived in. One thing I did want to make a point of uh, there, Shea, is it's not really a full double, is it? It's more like a stint and a half for some of these drivers, which is very interesting. I mean, they've seen what was going on, so they've, they've reacted very quickly. Uh, but also it's opened up their strategy window as well. And particularly for Turner with Robbie, who r drives both cars, it really opens up their strategy window. Normally, it, it is absolutely determined uh, when he gets out of one car and into the other. But with an extra driver, they've got a, a, few, a, a few more strategic cars to play. So I reckon that Nick Galante is going to come round in the lead for the Bimmer World BMW number 80. Let's see if that plays out. Just failed. Just failed to get over the top of the hill under the Fox factory bridge for Jim Cox. And that's yeah. so unlucky there for him. Well, it really is. He's been really struggling, been slipping down the order, made a really good uh, start to the race. He was running in the seventh position pretty handily, and then he's been dropping back down, dropping like a stone. He fell as low as 12th position, and then finally that car just quit on him. And that is the championship leader. So massive championship implications uh, for Port, for the most unfortunate Jim Cox there. And it's just it's an uphill rise just before the bridge. If he could get, get over that hump, Potentially, he might have been able to coast the car into the pit lane, which is also uphill towards the end of it as well. True. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's uh, just a, a really, really bad location to be for Jim Cox. And this is going to cost him the championship lead and a lot of championship points. I, I, I'm, I'm throwing this out there now, and this is the wildest of wild guesses. I think that might be a fuel pressure issue for that number 35. I wouldn't have thought so at this stage in the race. It was fairly, yeah, relatively... I, I know, no, sorry, I don't, I don't mean that he hasn't got fuel. I mean he's got a fuel pressure issue that the, the pumps aren't working uh -huh. properly because that was absolutely dead, as if he'd run out of fuel. But there's, there would be no 
benefit in them short fueling the car at the beginning of the race uh, and, and that that's that's my thinking on that that they've got yeah. a, a fuel delivery problem sorry is what I, yeah. I i should have more properly said the yeah. amr chevrolet safety truck resplendent in its red white and blue of imza and amr is going to tow that car across the top of the hill and roll it into the pit lane the corvette c8 is going to pick up the leader and it is Bimmer World 1-2 Jeremy with Automatic Racing's Aston in third position and then Bryce Ward for Winwood in fourth none of those cars though have made the pit stops that the leaders made when they were clearly reacting to what they saw on the racetrack but to be honest what they've still got a good 15 minutes that they can run when we go back green if they want to at the sharp end of the field yeah, close close to it, uh, I think. And uh, you know, for the teams that have already made the pit stops, including the Brian Herner cars, that uh, they elected to come in early uh, in any case, uh, just for strategic reasons, before it, it appeared there's going to be a full course caution, I think. But for those uh, teams that have made the pit stop, that's certainly fantastic news because uh, they are in really, really good shape. Number oh. 39 oh, yeah. almost picked up the safety car as the safety car Literally. came out of the paddock it, the, the safety car is staged in uh, to drive its left at the end of the support pit lane and it wasn't in its proper position at the end of this of the pit lane not sure why oh and there's been an accident as well for the number 65 marillo racing amg gt4 and that's huge damage to the right rear corner of that gs runner well that's extraordinary because that must have happened under full course yellow with the I presume the pits are closed uh, at the moment, yes they are so what has happened there, but that's been a significant incident the car is facing the correct direction, but the right rear Jeremy, is absolutely destroyed and that must have happened then, under full course yellow Yes, let's have a look, see if uh, we can shed some light on oh, it. Oh, has, has he had to avoid it? Lost it coming under. Right, I said, well, I don't see. I no, don't. I, I was going to say lost it coming, trying to get into the pit lane, passing the incident. Um, but that would have been that the left-hand side, not the right-hand side. Has he already clipped somebody else on the way to the accident? It's right at the top of the hill. Uh, running down into the pit lane, which is driver's left under the Fox Factory Bridge. And we've got one of the Porsche intervention Cayenne S's there. Again, with the AMR livery on it. That is one of the most bizarre things I ever... Did he, did he, did he hit the, the, the stationary car of Jim Cox be, be, behind the intervention vehicle? Surely not. Uh, you certainly got to hope not. Certainly got to hope not. And I'll tell you what, uh, who this caution has uh, inconvenienced is the number 71 car of uh, Frank Dupuy. He's brought in that Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet to hand over to, oh, okay, uh, to to hand over to Andrew Davis. To, uh, Andrew Davis, that's right. Uh, and he's come out a lap behind the rest of the field. The good news is, I just saw a glimpse there. He is right ahead of Nate Stacy. I think. So he'll get the he'll get so, a rear bike. I, I think there has been a hit, on, by the way. Just one second. Yeah, sorry, Jeremy. Really? 
No, uh, assuming the top five cars yeah. do come in during, when the pits are opened, then that will enable number 71 car to, to roll around to the back of the pack. If one of them elects not to come in for any reason, I don't think that's very likely, but if they did, uh, then uh, he would be trapped a lap down. And that Chevrolet Camaro, we know, is super fast. Confirmed then, Jeremy, sorry. Confirmed from the onboard pictures from Jim Cox's championship leading car, already in strife, having caused this full course yellow, that Brett Morsing did hit that car whilst it was stationary uh, in the in the latter part of the yellow flag period, not right at the beginning when it just happened, when the field was already under yellows, and it's hit. That's quite a hard hit to really derange the right rear uh, of the uh, of the Marillo racing car. Uh, and clearly it will have done some damage as well to the number 35. I could not believe that that is what had happened, but it clearly has, yeah, that's happened. Uh, whether he hit the safety truck as well, I'm not sure, but certainly he's clipped Jim Cox, the left rear of Jim Cox's car, and that has broken the rear suspension. And that is a bizarre set of circumstances, Jeremy. Uh, in that yellow flag period, which is eating up time now. Uh, we went yellow quite a few minutes ago. Uh, we've already been under yellow for eight minutes. I'm waiting to see what happens with the wave by at the front of the field. As Jeremy said, the safety car is out there. And now we've got a number of safety vehicles at the top of the hill. The entrance to the pits is now blocked. We've also got debris and the debris flags waving as well, or the there's something on the track that shouldn't be, which is probably bits of AMG GT4 at the moment, one of two. Yeah, and while we're... We, we, so in the last uh, few... Moments. The pits are still closed, I believe, aren't they? I think they. I think they must. Be. I think they are. I think they must be. Yeah. So what's just happened? We've seen a couple of cars have gone past uh, the safety car and gone around to the back of the pack, not including uh, either number 95, which is Robbie Foley, who's just taken over from Vin Barletta, or Andrew Davis in number 71 car. The two cars that have, been, have got the wave around number 77 and number 61, Taylor Hagler and Gavin Ernst, and we saw them lapped by the race leader shortly before the caution period. What's happened here, for those of you who are not familiar with the regulations in the Michelin Pilot Challenge and IMSA in general, is cut, it cut, uh, class cars that are trapped behind the safety car but ahead of the class leader are able to go around to the back of the pack and just take up their rightful position. They haven't been lapped by the TCR leader, so they're able to run around to the back of the pack and catch up with the field. That's what's happened there with number 77 and 61. So they are back on the same uh, on the same lap as the other leaders in TCR. And of those cars in TCR, the top five, uh, top seven, actually, I think none of them have yet made uh, their first pit stop. So uh, Tim Lewis and Ryan Norman, they had not been in the pits, but the number 90, uh, which was number 98 car, certainly, and the number 29, they are both a lap down to the rest of the TCR field. So that has not worked in their favour at all. Uh, Shea Adam was watching the pit stops that we did get, and 
the number 33 in TCR, the red Hyundai. Uh, that made a pit stop, and it was a bit unconventional in TCR terms here. <laughs> it was one of those really weird stops where they didn't just jack up the front of the car and change the front tires because the rear tires really were only there to keep the exhaust from dragging on the ground, right, John? Uh, right. They did change all four tires on that car. So for TCR, I have been warned by quite a few drivers that this is going to be a race where we're going to see four tire stops. They are worried about the, well, let's say uh, grip levels at the end of the race if they run on the tires in this kind of heat. Track temp is right now 115 degrees Fahrenheit. So it is a difficult one out there. But yes, the 33 with four new tires. And also, while I was watching those pit stops, I was actually confused because Robbie Foley did not get out of the 95 yet. That is the one that he shares alone with Bill Oberlin. So he's not going to make Bill drive three and a half hours of the race by himself. But there was a driver change in the 96, I believe. Uh, Vin Barbletta started that Correct. one. Andrew He's Peterson, out. who's taken over that car. So just a quick note that we've got the pits open for GS and the championship leading car has been trailered away with right rear damage. So whatever, it slowed it down in the first place. Uh, and then what we had after that, we believe, was an incident with that car that caused the problem also for the 65. And also in the pit lane, Shea, there was this pit lane speed violation as well for the Jan Halen Porsche. Yeah, the number 38 owes us a trip back down the pit lane once we go back to green, just to drive through. But into the pits this time around, the number 96, the BMW I was just talking about, come back down. I would imagine that would be for a splash of fuel. We've got Rob Ferriel from the Team Hardpoint Audi, who is back in the pit lane. But the first time was for a penalty. This time is for full service. So Spencer Pompelli should be taking over that car. The 99 Aston Martin is also in. That's from Automatic Racing. Gary Ferreira brought it in. And he might be taking it back out, but he's got Chris Wilson to hand over to if he chooses not to. That was a pit stop for the number 80 Mimmer World BMW, Nick Galante, bringing the car in. And as he crosses the pit threshold, we will see if he did hand over to Dylan McAvern, who was supposed to be driving in the six-hour race yesterday. But, well, no spoilers for that one, I guess. No, no, uh, no. It is still linked behind the wheel of Correct. that. And we had the 82 in. That was James Clay bringing it in. Play, bringing it back out, and the others are of note. Sorry, Shay, just lost you there for a moment. Come back to us with that last couple of sentences, please. Uh, Bryce Ford stayed aboard the number 57. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Number 33 car has been on pit lane. Yes, took all four tyres. When? Yes. Uh, the yellow. Long before the yellow. That before the yellow, I think. 30, 33, Ryan Norman. Yeah. The red, yes. Well, that's weird, because it showed in second place. I'm not quite sure how they managed to make a pit stop, then. Are you sure, are you uh, sure you're not talking about number 98? No. If I go back and check my message from... Spencer Watford in 29. When the 33 comes in, it will take four sticker tires. Fine. Right, yes. so it hasn't been in yet. Correct. It yeah, will the, be coming the, the in right now. Coming now, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, okay, and indeed is doing that following in the lead TCR of, of Tim Lewis, which was scored in fourth position before it came came down uh, pit lane. And yeah, those are the two leading TCRs that had not yet taken their pit stop. And the Alpha 
comes to a halt. Two tyres or four tyres? Looks like all four here. They are doing fronts and rears for the Alpha and the driving change. As Tim Lewis Jr. comes out and Roy Block gets aboard this car, the Argentinian who is responsible for building up much of Salt Lake City, as I found out this past week. A kind of fun story for him. These two were doing driver change practice this morning because they knew that that would be the longest part of their pit stops if they didn't take four tires. But seeing as they are, well, all is balanced and equalized. For the number 21, Brian Herta Autosport Hyundai, that was the pole sitting car. Remember, Mark Wilson still to get in the car. Harry Gottsacker started it. Harry will continue driving for this next little stint. The 33, as we said, four sticker tires going on to the red Hyundai, and it should still be Ryan Norman for, for another stint there. The Alpha's off its jack, and back. So a good stop from the KMW guys and Lewis Malone's boys and girls. Fabulous noise from the little Alpha engine as it pulls out and heads back onto the circuit. Oh, it, it's not the first TCR car out though by any stretch of the imagination that time around. Max Faulkner, I think, got out ahead of it. And I think Mike Johnson did. Mike Johnson did as well. And so where has the Alpha come out? Uh, there was definitely a couple of cars ahead, unless they're off the lead lap in TCR. Who? Those TCRs that got out ahead of the Alpha. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Let me see it. Let me wait for the timing screen to reset. Uh, there was a driver change for the Alpha, by the way. Stop though, John. It's still in the pit lane, still receiving fuel, and now begins to roll. So I wonder if that had anything to do with the fact that all four of the Hyundais are stacked together in the boxes. Got Saka stayed in that car, by the way, as it rejoins. Jeremy? Uh, no, uh, there'll, there'll be uh, the, the number 98 and the uh, number 29 cars. Uh, they will be back on the lead lap now with those uh, pit stops for all of the TCR cars that had not pitted previously. Right. Couldn't get the fuel into the 21 Harry Gutsacker car. That's what we're hearing from the pit lane. Now we're getting the pass around. Before we reset, we're coming down to an hour's worth of racing. Thank you to Katie Brennan for getting us the in the uh, information from the Hyundai pit wall. There are plenty of cars to look at there, so thank you for all of that conf uh, confirmation, Katie. And indeed, all of our media delegates, PR for the teams, PRs for the team, with the uh, regulations about uh, not getting access to the pit and paddock. It's been even more important the hard work that all of the public relations staff and the teams do all year round, it just has become more obvious and more important in these strange times in which we live. So pit stops now having been completed, I am really interested to find out what goes on with Brett Morsey and that incident at the top of the hill where he appeared to clatter into a car where there were double-waved yellows. The 35 car of Jim Cox coming to uh, halt and almost so close to getting it over the top of the hill. 
and the yellow's coming out and then whilst the safety truck was there he was run into so confirmation then that Jim Cox very lucky indeed that was a substantial hit from the Murillo Motorsport uh, Miss, Miss Murillo racing car uh, and that I think will earn Brett a, a, a trip Jeremy to see race control uh, and uh, that will be a meeting without coffee or biscuits I would think yeah that was certainly very strange uh, because the yellow had been out for, for quite a while at that stage anyhow yeah. the good news is we're going to be going back to green flag racing and we do so right now and back to the front of the field for Nate Stacey gets a lovely restart ahead of Scott Maxwell who's now in the Multimatic Mustang Scott has trouble on the outside from that must be McLaren is a lap down I think at the moment and steers dutifully out of the way so that was a bit of a ragged restart with lap cars in the mix but what it's allowed Nate Stacey to do is get away at the front of the field and pull out almost a second and a half, two seconds I would say from Maxwell McQuarrie Brynjolfsson now for Archangel in that uh, yellow Porsche what a very odd restart with uh, lapped cars mixed in to the restart there Jeremy yeah I, to be honest I, I, I wasn't paying attention when uh, when that happened so I didn't really see what, happened, what, what, what occurred out there Somebody didn't get the wave-by memo, I am guessing. But that's a very odd one, a very odd one indeed. Was that? The 56 is in there, but he is, that, that is fifth position. That is fifth position, but the, the McLaren, what was the McLaren that was in there? That was in, at one stage, was in second in the line or third in the line. That wasn't Sheena Mook, was it? In the three. No, no, that was the no. 20. No, I thought so. So that was the 20 car. That's that's laps down. That's a lap down. A lap down, yeah, Ryan yeah. Nash. Ryan Nash in that, that M1 now. racing car now. Yeah. So I'm not sure why that was in there. But we are racing again. So as I say, a bit of a, a ragged restart with those that car's mixed in and split up some of the leading runners but to be honest Nate Stacey doesn't mind the co-motorsport car is off and away into the distance at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch the chasing group being led by Scott Maxwell in the Ford bunch of cars further down which includes Russell Ward but at the moment is being headed by that lap number 20 Ryan Nash M1 Racing LLC McLaren 570S that's the grey and white car and that was the really holding up yeah and that was I think that was third third in line possibly even second in line at the restart Jeremy right okay well that comes a lap down then He's holding up the, that rest of the train of cars now, so allowing the first, what, uh, five cars uh, to pull away, although next stage he's actually made himself scarce in front of the field. I was just looking back in TCR too. Uh, Ryan Norman has lost no, no time at all in romping to the lead. Uh, it was number 23 car, uh, I think, that uh, led at the restart in TCR. Uh, on the 
fast MD speed syndicate cars, but uh, he's been quickly overhauled by Ryan Norman. And Ryan Norman, before the caution period, closed right up onto the tail of the Alpha. Uh, as soon as he was clear of the GS cars, Ryan Norman just breezed up onto the back of the Alpha uh, and it was just about to take the lead when the caution period came out. Those that have now all made their pit stops, as you said, number five and number 33 slipped back a little bit, but now the 33 cars flying is out in front again in TCR. Few teams I'm hearing not very happy with that yellow flag period uh, behind the safety car and certainly not the way the cars were lined up at the restart we'll let them fight their corner uh, from that but uh, it does it did seem as I say a little bit untidy and mixing in lap cars with the leaders it's not something we normally see to be honest but Nate Stacey's got the benefit of that. He's two seconds down the road in TCR. Ryan Norman back to the lead, as Jeremy mentioned, from Fast MD and Max Faulkner, then Michael Johnson from JDC. Then the Alpha that came in in the lead. They're uh, in the mid-teens at the moment, 14th on down for TCR. And still, this lap McLaren holding up the whole line of cars, which I'm sure wish they were further up the field. Right in behind him is the Bimmer World Nick Galante BMW, and then it's the Archangel Motorsport car which is going down the inside. That's a lovely move from Brynjolfsson if he can pull it off. And just couldn't quite get it up the inside of turn one, and now he's under pressure from James Clay. So he is the Porsche meat in the BMW bread there, and he has lost the the position. Turner's in there as well, and at the back of that. Bryce Ward as well. So, uh, sorry, Russell Ward as well. Bryce Ward fallen a little further back. So, very odd, very odd that at the start. I'll let yeah, you pick I'm... the bones out of that, Jeremy, when you look back <laughs> at your, your lap charts. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's legitimate that the number 20 car was where it was. I mean, it had been lapped just before the restart. Uh, excuse me, before the the caution period. So he came in, made his pit stop, went back out again, still behind the leaders. Uh, so he, you know, he, he's quite legitimately allowed to stay where he is on the race track. That's not a problem. But uh, the problem is now for everybody else, he's, uh, they can't get past him. And McLaren is pretty fleet in a straight line. And uh, the whole that whole pack is kind of stuck behind him. But meanwhile, up at the front, uh, Nate Stacey is, uh, is edging away. Uh, 1.27.7 last time around. Uh, second off his fastest lap in the race. But up in the second place now is Eric Foster on board here with uh, Tyler McQuarrie, uh, who is now running in the fifth position. So uh, he has lost a couple of places since the restart. Uh, Nate Stacey uh, is uh, being closed upon now by Eric Foss in that uh, the bronze and black Marilla racing Mercedes up into second place ahead of the two Ford Mustangs Scott Maxwell, Chad McCombie and then Tyler McQuarrie in the out. So we've gone through the first hour of racing uh, not that we had the full hour with that weird incident with Jim Cox stopping and that, that is going to throw the championship wide open isn't it uh, Jeremy with that car I mean whatever happened you know it might have been fixable until it got collected by the Murillo car if it, if it was yeah. you know if it had
thrown a, a belt or a fuse or something like that. There was an opportunity for it to trickle down into the pit lane, have a look and rejoin, or maybe laps down, but then getting picked up under full course yellow and clobbered on the left rear corner. Very odd indeed. Yeah, so yeah, it's not to injury, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, they, they would have dropped away to the back of the pack. And as competitive as it is in GS, and as many cars as there are in GS, he would be, you know, so in terms of points, uh, that it's, that extra incident probably isn't going to cost them that much. But uh, it's going to cost them blood in his pocketbook, of course. That's bad, that's some really bad news. But, uh, you yeah, know, they, they, they came in into this race with just a two-point lead. That's going to go away. They're going to slip a long way back down the order now. Uh, but for Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli, they've been in control of this race from the very beginning and they are looking here to get another maximum points score uh, to uh, they haven't actually won the race yet this season they've been uh, fifth second second and sixth in the four races to date but the car has been fast and that consistency has got them up where they are in the championship standings by the way i've just come back through the race control channel and i reckon brett morsing was on his outlap when he came into uh, contact with that car parked at the top of the hill because he'd only just left the pits before the full course yellow was thrown so that car had been in and out still doesn't really explain how he managed to run into a stationary car but here and indeed hope meantime problem for that number 20 and you can almost say that that was inevitable lapped car in amongst people fighting for position down through the S's, finds itself off the circuit. Also, the turn of BMW with problems down there as well. And that car then has dropped out of contention for the time being, but it was rather less of an issue for the turn of BMW. So, once again, the SSB here. Uh, been a point of interest, shall we say. 56 car, the sister car to the one that had that odd incident. Up to second place for Eric Foss on his home track, Jeremy. Loves this place, drives here a lot at the Tangerine Dream. That chrome or that bright Tangerine car with the black hood. Looking very good in the afternoon sunshine here at Road Atlanta. Yeah, it feels like a home track. He's actually from Dallas, Texas, but he drives here an awful lot. You're absolutely right, and he goes well here every single time as well. And Eric Foss doing a nice job in that second position at the moment. Still a long, long way to go, of course. We're only uh, just an hour and 11 minutes into the race, and just over quarter distance. But he's in the thick of that uh, in, the, in the of the race now. And Scott Maxwell up into uh, is running in third position. And then just a little wait, well, right behind Scott Maxwell is that second, of course, Chad McCombie in the pink car now with the uh, defending series champion, Tyler McCrory, all over the tail end of that Mustang. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. So after we got ourselves into a, an early groove there with the first half an hour or so of great flag racing, then we've had an extended yellow flag period of uh, nearly 20 minutes, just under 19 minutes actually, of yellow flags, and the safety car being out. Now we're back into green flag, 39 car on the run up to turn number six. It's 
the Audi. It's right in front of it, Chad McCombie for PF Racing. Tyler and Todd running CJ Wilson. Master MX-5 in the days when ST was the second class here. They were teammates now battling each other for fourth and fifth position. Right in front of them, Scott Maxwell. So three cars within uh, about a second really down at turn 10A. Two Fords and the Audi. Very distinctive dark grey and bright grey. Now, let's check in with TCR. Ryan Norman leads in the bright red 33. Four new Michelin tyres. Remember the new front tyre compound designated S9M Plus for the TCRs. Work being done by Michelin despite the locked, global lockdown. So, congratulations to those who came on for all. Close for third and fourth, and it right blocks himself back, back at the second position. Smashing in that KMW Alpha, really nice job by the Argentinian. Ryan Blocker doesn't sound very Argentinian, but Argentinian he is. Uh, and then behind him, Mike Lamara and uh, Max Faulkner having a fabulous battle for third place. Mike Lamara, former series champion in the in, the, in that ST Clown category that we were talking about, John, a few moments ago. Uh, Max Faulkner in the Fast MD Audi. As opposed to uh, Mike Lamar's LA Honda World Honda Civic TCR, uh, Max Fortin has been on the pole position the last couple of races. So we know that car is fast, and then the number 61 car is uh, up into the next position. It's shown has been driven up still by Gavin Ernstone. I wonder whether he might have handed over that car though to John Morley. I didn't see uh, a change. He's um, going a lot quicker now than he was before. Right. Okay. Good for him. Well, yes, either either or. Um, it's good for the team, whatever's happened. Maybe they've just forgotten to flip over the uh, driver identification. Or maybe a new set of tyres rather than the ones that were qualified yeah. on. That could be making a difference. Could well be. And it's a little bit cooler today. Than it was, although they qualified yesterday evening, didn't they? So we're right at the end of the day, so probably around about the same. The, the daytime temperature much cooler than it was for the WeatherTech race yesterday. Yeah. But uh, they qualified late on last night or yesterday evening, didn't they? Yes, they did. And uh, two guys to watch in this race, by the way, are going to be uh, Robbie Foley and Andrew Davis. We talked about a little while ago. They were they went a lap down with the pit stops they made right before the caution period it came out. But when the, the cars that had not pitted came into the pits, they were ahead on the road of Nate Stacey, the race leader now. So we're able to cycle around to the back of the pack before the restart. And they're now charging their way through the field. Robbie Foley is up into 12th position in that number 95 BMW. And right behind him is Andrew Davis. That Rebel Rock Chevrolet Camaro, number 71, that car was in a really good position to win a couple of weeks ago at VIR. Unfortunately, uh, some uh, a, a, a miscue in the pits uh, cost him a penalty and any chance of winning the race. But that car was fast and is fast again here this weekend. And Robin Liddell will be the closing driver in that Rebel Rock Racing kind of a 71. Not a bad, uh, not a bad car to hold up your sleeve for the end of the race, is it? Which is still 2 hours and 44 minutes away. Let's go to. Share Adam, our VP, Racing Fuels. 
pit lane reporter, or should we say our VP official, Imza Coolin, Stay Frosty pit lane. Uh, pit lane reporter this afternoon. You are you are known for not liking to be frosty. In fairness, you you were actually uh, running at a slightly warmer temperature than most people. Yeah, I do. Although the last couple of days I've been checking in at 96 degrees, uh, close enough about. So yeah, something going on. Um, for the leader in TCR, he's out there on his own as Ryan Norman, but he's not happy with the pace of the cars in front of him. His race engineer is basically having to coach him to learn endurance racing since this is only his second race. a bit of learning to do for him then what else have you got sir as well Shane? uh jeremy asked a long time ago what was the deal with the 99 aston martin many many thanks to diane swintall it was a control a computer glitch control alt delete <laughs> did the trick the 09 aston martin though that's the sister car brandon kidd is driving that one it's his first time driving the car since january and his first ever race at road atlanta so that's a big uh, introduction for him and in terms of cars running well right now eric Foss chasing down the leader nate stacy i was talking with jeff mosing a little bit earlier because oh, just lost our connection to share sorry what you were talking to Nate earlier on, and? I was talking to Jeff Mosing earlier Jeff, on, and he, he said, we want to beat Riley on the track, not off of it. He was going over to the Riley crew immediately to have a talk with them, because he is a true class act. Yeah, he is, and he's a proper competitor. And, Ooh, uh, and yeah. Ooh, sorry, and. I've just received, I've, I've literally just received a message from Dylan Murray. Um, it's still unclear as to what went wrong with the 35 Mercedes. They were getting voltage alarms, so it was most likely something electrical with the battery. And the final answer that I can give you, Gavin Ernstone hasn't checked his phone since 8 o'clock this morning, so I think that is still him in the car. <laughs> okay. We'll buy that one and uh, chalk that one up to Gavin getting up to pace with maybe a new set of tyres. Oh, thank you, Shep, for that. Coldwater Sports leads for Aston Martin by eight tenths of a second. Eric Foss in second behind Nate Stacey. Then Chad McCombie, five seconds further back. He's pulled out about a second and a half from Tyler McQuarrie. Aston Martin, AMG GT GT4, Ford Mustang GT4, Audi GT4, four different manufacturers in the top four and five in the top six because there's another Mustang in fifth, but then in sixth position is the first, the BMWs, and that's James Clear for the first of two Bimmel World cars, which had been running first and second, of course, but they hadn't taken their pit stops at, at that point. In TCR, Ryan Norman, 15th overall with around about six, seven seconds on the Alpha, which has already got, what, a second, really, ahead of uh, the LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic number 73, Mike Lamara, and then Max Faulkner for Fast MD. So that's interesting, Jeremy. So there is a bit of a, a change in TCR. Hyundai still leading, but ahead of Alpha, then Honda, then Audi, then Audi, before the other Hyundais. So yeah. that is a little bit of a change from what we've seen in the past, which has rather been, well, it's a long way to go. It's two hours 40 still to go. Or maybe I should save this to the end of the race. It could still be a Hyundai 1, 2, 3, 4, but it has been a bit of a yeah. Hyundai benefit earlier on this season. 
Yes, uh, very much so. And uh, Ryan Norman has certainly put, turn, uh, pulled the pin in that number 33 car. He's uh, flying out the front of the field. He's just turned uh, a lap that was within two-tenths of a second of his fastest lap of the race. Most of the other contenders are down uh, down a little bit compared to the, the quickest time, times they've set in this race. So he's uh, uh, pulling away at the front. But uh, Ryan Block's still holding on there in second place, just ahead of Mike Lamara and Max Faulkner and then the rest of the the crew out there as well. Meanwhile, at the front, here is this battle between Nate Stacey and Eric Foss, uh, and that's continuing. So there's not much to choose between these two cars, apparently. Similar engine, isn't it, in these two cars, uh, John? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, it comes for, from the, uh, the same origin. Uh, Aston Martin are technical partners with AMG for their streetcars and their racing cars. So the four litre V8 turbos in the hot V, the same basic engine although for both the race and the street cars and the road cars uh, Aston Martin uh, have uh, a different electronics package and therefore a slightly different state of tune uh, for that car uh, that engine in the Vantage they tweak it again uh, for the DB uh, 11 uh, as well so the different uh, there are some subtle differences when the deal was first announced I spoke to the guys from Aston Martin, saw the race car and the road car, they said they were very pleasantly surprised at the degree of technical freedom they were given from AMG of what they could do with the engine. Obviously, there was a few things uh, that they didn't want to talk about, but they have, as far as they're concerned, been able to give it a distinctive Aston Martin state of tune for both the street car and the racing car. So, as you say, Jeremy, same origins, but slightly different configurations in terms of the character of the engine, how they deliver their power, uh, different uh, ignition and uh, injection systems, uh, and a little bit of difference in, in some of the oily bits as well. I, I believe there's different cams uh, on the Aston Martin uh, version of that engine, but very much a technology partner to AMG, and of course, uh, Aston Martin now uh, run by uh, a form the, the man who was the head of AMG itself and I can't I think it won't be long before Aston Martin becomes a part of AMG or Mercedes-Benz I think that is possibly in the future of that Lawrence Stroll of course has uh, put together a consortium to buy up Aston Martin the streetcars and I think the idea is to sell it on to AMG or Mercedes-Benz in not too distant future. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be much to choose between these two cars right now. We saw last year how effective the Aston Martin was here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Akil Rabindra, who was a, uh, a young driver for the Aston Martin team, was uh, on the pole position, led the race very convincingly for automatic racing. There's some problems later on in that race, but uh, it was a great run by that car and once again we see the Aston Martin up front again now but he's got to all he, all he can handle is Nate Stacey the pole sitter Eric Foss right on his tail and they pulled away now almost six seconds from uh, Chad McCombie in the uh, Ford car number 40 Tyler McCorry also has got past Scott Maxwell and pulled away from Scott Maxwell who's in for Seb Prio and then next up quite a long way back having been held up earlier uh, after the restart by the lapped car two Bibberworld BMW is running in lockstep, James Lane, Canada 82, just ahead of his teammate Nick Galactic. Just a little bit further back down the order, Sheena Monk here in car number three, that's the uh, 
Monk's personal challenge, isn't it? So one of them is a lap down. Sheena Monk in calendar three is running in a 16th position, just behind, well, a little bit behind the TCR leader, Ryan Norman. Across the start-finish line, a couple of McLarens. Number three car, which at the moment, I think, has no working radio, Shea Adams. So that's a bit of a, a bit of an issue for them. Correct. When Corey Lewis started the race, he noticed there was something a little bit off, and it got worse throughout his stick to the point where he couldn't actually hear by the end of it, and he knew that it was time to come in based on his fuel numbers. So basically, they told Sheena Monk to go out there, drive for 40 minutes, or until your fuel number hits this, come in, get out of the car. And they've actually given Corey a handheld radio to take with him into the car for the next stint. So his okay. earplugs are going to be plugged into that, tethered to his belt. It's going to be an interesting day for that number three McLaren. Well, that's I, I, well. I, I like the ingenuity there, Jeremy. You know that that is absolutely the spirit of endurance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, the first time I did a 24-hour race at Snowstone, we had a CB radio in the car, um, which uh, which was which was fine for sending messages, but it wasn't very good for receiving them because you couldn't hear a thing inside the race car. The, the other funny thing was that the CB was uh, it was it was taped on taped. I think it was onto the dashboard of the car. And when you were strapped into the driver's seat, you could barely reach it. And of course, a CP radio has a, a has a, a microphone on a cord. Yes. And you had to kind of knock the uh, the, the microphone off off its uh, off its holder, get it dangling on a straight, grab it. You used to you know, weave the car left right to get it swinging, so you could just to come into into close enough so you could grab it and then talk to uh, to the pits as you as you go past. It's great fun in those days. Uh, but I think we've come a long way, haven't we, in the last 40 years? But uh, they're still going old school in that uh, in in that McLaren team. Good to hear. Well, Love but it. that, that is you know that's a, a team that's got a lot of experience in it, and and that's what you've got to do. It's easy to sort of go, oh, radio's not working. Uh, nothing we can do. Uh, we can't put a mobile phone in there. Uh, that's, that would be the thing that most people would think about straight away. But then somebody says, oh, well, like you've just said, Jeremy, why not? Why don't we just why don't we just put a walkie-talkie in there? That's what we used to do in the old days. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. They only have to hear. They don't necessarily have to talk. Uh, they can flash their lights as they can go past. And you see it sometimes on the Nürburgring. The teams who are really well sorted at the Nürburgring, uh, on the dashboard, uh, they will have a a legend for the driver that says um, left indicator yes, right indicator no, flashlights, something else and, and that's what they do when they're going past the pit if their radio can't transmit but can only receive and you know well, that's yes. what they think about then and, and they have that and it's and it's taped to the dashboard in case something goes wrong and you know that that's teams who understand endurance love it still do yeah, that at Bathurst as well, well that, that's what we did at Cessna in the 24-hour race uh, we, because we couldn't hear what they were saying in the pits so so uh, so we would we would make our call from the pits to from the car to the pits then we went past the pits we'd uh, get either a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a, or a hand to the ear which was a what yes so this battle now is uh, heating up isn't it for third place again between chad mccumbie and tyler mcquarrie number 40 and 39 cars uh, chad mccumbie what a job he's done uh, 
he, he did one race a little earlier in the season, I think it was Road America, with James Pezek. James had a great qualifying run and they uh, are looking good now in the third position overall, the best run of the season for this BF Racing Mustang team. And uh, for James Pezek, he's a former high school quarterback. Uh, he's a, a football player and, and built as such. But I tell you what, he's come on a long way as a driver and to qualify in the top 10 uh, as he did yesterday. That was his best career, best uh, starting position in this field. And now Chad McCombie, uh, who has been invited to join him this weekend, is carrying on the good work. Change around in a position, I think, of the two Bimmer World BFWs. Yes, James clears ahead of Nick Galante into now sixth from the 80, thanks to Alan Prosser. He says there's a little bit of left front bumper damage in the 82. Uh, he's been ahead of him. I think he's been ahead of him for, 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 this, for this stint, but what he is doing now is pulling away. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I thought the 80, 80 was ahead of, uh, the 82 was ahead of the 80, but maybe I'm wrong. A bit of damage on that uh, car anyway. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch. Intriguing battle at the front of the field then with the GS leaders. Two and a half hours still to go, not even at half distance yet in the afternoon at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta for the VP. Stay Frosty 240. Stay Frosty being the official coolant of IMSA. Find out more at the VP Racing Fields website. Very clever technology. A bit more than race fuel nowadays from our friends at VP. Just looking a little bit further down the order, John, the uh, the uh, Andrew Davis in the Chevrolet is good, just as uh, I know he's still tracking Robbie Foley, I beg your pardon. They've both passed, uh, they're both pulling away from Ryan, from uh, Bryce Ward. Uh, but um, I thought, yeah, I think they, I think they've just gone back and forth a bit, those two, maybe a couple of times. Robbie Foley now showing their head again. Here, here is this battle uh, with Robbie Foley in the 95 car, and right behind him is Andrew Davis. Yeah, and uh, they've been putting some decent lap times in yeah. there as well. Uh, let's go to share update on some troubles for the championship leaders in TCR. Well, the 21 and the 98 are our championship leaders, as they were last year as well, but the driver pairings were split from last year, so we have a champion, in effect, in each car. The 21 had a problem on the stop. That's the black Hyundai, by the way. Mark Wilkins sharing with Harry Gottsacker. They come into this race with 122 points. They will... Well, they're hoping the fuel rig will perform properly on the next stop. They changed the, the hose and they had a look at the pump, but they did not see an obvious problem, which is a little bit more worrying than if you found the issue to begin with. Mark Wilkins will be taking over on the next stop, by the way. In terms of the 98, that's the car that comes into this weekend. Mason Felipe and Michael Lewis, 115 points for them. They're having fuel pump issues, so they had to come in and pit earlier because the fuel pickup was causing the pressure alarm to go off inside the car, even though it wasn't even close to being empty. So right now, we've got Michael Lewis out there. They're planning to leave him out there for an hour, but we'll see if the car can actually do that long on its tank of fuel. Thank you, Cher. Uh, very good. Keeping us up to date with our VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock update. Still the leaders working their way down through traffic. It's been spread out a bit, the uh, traffic at the moment, since that yellow period that we had, that extended yellow flag period that we had, what was it, 18 
and a half, 19 minutes. Ended at uh, around half an hour ago. So we've had a bit of racing and things have just started to string out uh, a bit. Uh, we're getting to the stage when some of the drivers who need drive times share are done with that. In fact, into the pit lane. I was just going to say, expect Alan Brynjolfsson in soon. And he's in the pit lane in the Volvo Porsche. He must have heard you, John. He must have realised that. I read my uh, mind because I hadn't said it at that point. <laughs> well, you said it. You know, your inner monologue said it. Um, it's fuel and new tyres for that number seven Porsche came in. There's only two of the Porsches in the race today. And one of them goes tearing out of the pit lane. The other one is in as well. That was Jan Halen who brought in the 38. But I would expect him to maybe hand off for a stint to one of his two co-drivers and then take it back over. But out of the pit lane goes Trent Hayman once again for another opportunity around the track. And Sheena Monk must have just known. She wouldn't have heard you, John, since there's no working radio in yes, the MIA McLaren. But it's now Corey Lewis taking back over that car. And he's going to have another two and a half hours to bring this home to the finish. Right, Jeremy, we're starting to see bits of tactics play out now, aren't we, uh, around the pit lanes? And, and obviously, part of that is to get the drivers their minimum drive time and uh, get the AM drivers, the non-pro drivers, their minimum drive time and, and then divide the rest of the race up between the quicker drivers. And that's what we're seeing playing out earlier on. Yeah, that's right. And the... Uh, the overall leaders are here now working their way through the tcr cars again uh, just gone past michael johnson in car number 54 he's running in seventh position just ahead of him is the 47th motorsports hyundai Velocita. alex papadopoulos will be sharing that car with ben waddell that's car number 47 they're running in sixth position good run for them and it just ahead just a, a few seconds ahead of them is a battle for fourth and fifth that continues between mike lamara and Max Faulkner. Both of those two part have been overtaken fairly recently by Harry Gottsacker in the number 21 uh, championship leading and pole sitting uh, Hyundai Veloster. Jeremy Sean, John Heinoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Chair Adam keeping an eye on what's going down on the pit lane. Pit lane on driver's left for the Michelin Pilot Challenge for the VP. Racing steer Frosty 240. 25 minutes away from half distance. Just keeping an eye on this battle for the lead. Checking out what's going on further back as well. Chad McCombie and Tyler McQuarrie are back at it again. Jeremy for third position, the 40 and the 39. Ford Mustang for PF, the bright pink car. And the car bomb with Peregrine Racing Audi, which is the grey and green car. 6.2 seconds further back. Uh, it's got Maxwell and then 11 seconds further back, James Clear. But that again, they're back within three tenths of a second. That opened up to a second and a half, and almost two seconds at one stage. But those two former teammates back at it battling for third position. Also a battle now for second place in TCR with the block Gottsacker round two. Ding, ding, seconds out. Uh, the five Alfa Romeo and the 21, the black Hyundai Veloster. And he's dragged with him. In fact, the uh, blue Hyundai as well, which I think is a lap back, Jeremy, isn't it? That uh, number 98 car? Yes, it is. That was the car that uh, had some problems earlier on that Shea Adam was describing. And that car is a lap down, so it's not in contention right here. Uh, and uh, they seem to be uh, a bit of a bad... Well, they, they won the last race, uh, Mason Filippi and... Uh, 
Michael Lewis. They're running second in the points, just seven behind their team leaders, Harry Gopsecker and Mark Wilkins. But uh, they're a lap down still, and uh, even that's not going to stop. However, Michael Lewis trying to make that pass. It's not for position, but at least he'll feel good about it. Here's a pit stop now for Robbie Foley, who'd, who'd just fallen, he had finally fallen behind Andrew Lewis, Andrew Davis, excuse me, in the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro, but number 95 car making its second pit stop of the, the day. Correct. Also, it's a pit's a second place car. Yeah. Now, this is, uh, gives us a chance to look at some of the tactics here. So the 56 has come in. That was after 31 laps, 53 minutes. But the first six, seven of those were under safety car, that extended safety car period. So probably a little more fuel in the tank for Eric Voss when he came in. I'd say the same for Chad McCombie. He actually came in at a lap before the Eric Voss car. But again, that is... Uh, a lot of safety car in that as well. Shea Adam is watching the Tangerine Dream getting service. Well, it was fuel, tires, and bill power for Turner. So let's see what the Marilla Racing Mercedes can throw at it. Oh, yeah, they can throw Eric Boss four new Michelins and a lot of fuel. So that's going to be a really fun gloves-off sort of fight going on. Chad McCombie also did come in in the PF Racing Mer Mustang. Wow, I get there eventually. That one is the bright pink one, fuel and tires, and Chad will be left in that car for the time being. Uh, Russell Ward brought in the number four Mercedes. That should be Indy Donchi finally getting a chance to go out and drive around this track. And he has stood on the podium here before. So let's see if Indy can replicate his good fortune from a few years ago. 65 has been given a drive-through penalty. That's the Marillo Racing AMG GT4 for incident responsibility at turn 11. Thanks to Nate Sabans for passing at that on to us so that was looked at I fear that that may have other repercussions with that having been under full course yellow for a wee while before that incident happened and with a safety truck on scene in front of Jim Cox's stationary car as well I accept it was close to the brow but even so very nasty incident then could have been Jeremy a lot worse uh, I've got a feeling there may be a further um, conversations shall we say with Brett Mosing after that but uh, they have been assessed to drive through penalty for that one indeed they have here is our leader though onto the pit lane that is Nate Stacey uh, perhaps Carl Marcelli will be hopping aboard that uh, that car now also into the pits is Scott Maxwell he's already that uh, team's already went, made one driver change I'm sure Scott will do a double stint here and then hand over to Sebastian Prio for the closing stages of the race just waiting for the final dregs of fuel in that motorcraft Multimatic Motorsports Ford Mustang. That's a long fuel fill, isn't it? Long fuel. But that just says, Shea, how good they are at getting the rest of the service done. Unless they've got a fueling problem, that has been a long time now. The Aston well, is down and away, so they shouldn't be too far away from that. And the Aston did fuel only. They didn't change a tire for Nate Stacy, so they must be leaving him in the car until close to the halfway mark, and then they'll put in the Canadian Kyle Marcelli. I, I can only imagine. Um, by the way, uh, Jeff Mosing has, uh, sorry, Eric Foss has gone through ahead of the Aston Martin. But remember the Ford at VIR, it was in the mix for the overall win, but it had to come in and do a pit stop to take some more fuel. And it took what we thought was a lot more fuel than it needed to get to the end. Maybe it's just a slower fuel fill for the yeah. Ford. 
It happened, didn't it, Jeremy? If you think back to the early days of the Cayman Club Sports, it seemed that those cars lost, always lost time when they were being filled uh, when they first came into the GS categories. And there was a lot of work done by the teams, I think particularly of CJ Wilson Motorsport when they were running them, but others too, just to try and speed up how the fuel went in. Uh, they tried different positions for the fuel filter, uh, filler as well, from the wing to the bonnet, back to the wing again. Uh, and that can make a difference. It is part of the balance of performance in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship in terms of fuel fill. But I don't think it comes under the same sort of scrutiny here in the... Uh, sorry, I don't know, I should say, whether it comes under the same sort of scrutiny here in the Mission and Pilot Challenge. Yeah, no, it's, they, they certainly try to equate the fuel fuel range and the time it takes to put the fuel into the car so that's certainly something that uh, the IMSA technical team works on they try to make it as equitable as possible bit up there for number 82 James Clay and uh, what a good bounce back it's been for this team just checking on the sorry go ahead it, for GS, it is a 48-second minimum fuel refueling time. Right. Um, so there is that. There is not a... Oh, no, there is. There are 52 mm. seconds for TCR as well. But we've seen pit stops take significantly longer than that. Yeah, indeed so. Indeed so. In comes Carbon, 39, out of what was the lead when he came into pit lane. Tyler McQuarrie is getting out here. Finally, Jeff Westfall is getting a chance uh, and they hit the windshield wipers actually while doing the driver change, but uh, just one flick of the windshield. It was a slow driver change, I have to say. Both drivers were actually standing outside of the car for about three seconds, which is not something that normally happens. One jumps out, the other jumps in, and particularly for our defending GS champions, they're pretty good at the, doing this whole driver change thing. They're very fired up, by the way. After the last round that we had at VIR, they finished outside of the top 10 for the second time in two years. So they were very, very eager to try and put that behind them. Also into the pit lane, the number 80 Bimoral BMW comes in. That was Nick Galante who brought it in. And I didn't see the door open as they are completing the tire change and waiting on the fuel. So I think Nick is still behind wheel that one. Dylan McBurn having to wait a very long time for his opportunity to drive this car. And again, longest part of the stop is fuel. And that's exactly how you want it. Andrew Davison for Rebel Rock Racing. And the Chevrolet Camaro, remember, they were in position to win at VIR. Slight rotation of the wheels before they dropped it off the jacks. Uh, measured at three miles an hour, that wheel at Revolution, and that cost them a drive-through. Having said that, Robin Lattes still drove brilliantly back through the field. Expecting Andrew Davis to stay in that car, pitted from a top six position, but uh, a little bit out of kilter. They'd got uh, cycled around behind the safety car when the safety car was uh, out on track uh, and not circulating seemed a bit of confusion about where the safety car came out of as well we saw it pull out right in front of them it was 39 wasn't it Shea that uh, it nearly got clear I didn't understand that whilst that car was sitting up on the paddock entry rather than the end of one of the pit lanes uh, either of the pit lanes don't forget there's another free pit lane on the other side of the, the track that it could have been sitting in as well. There's nothing that says it has to sit in its own pit lane to be deployed. So, um, And, John, I just We've... got a disastrous text message from the Brian Herta Autosport organization. 
Remember how we talked about the 21 changing out all of their components to try and make the fuel faster? They only got 10 liters in that oh. stop that they just had. It is not fixed. Right, and this, so they're struggling to get a full fuel in. That is very bad news for them. That's going to cost them. Mark Wilkins behind the wheel of that car has dropped to 11th, Jeremy, in TCR. Yeah, that's uh, crucial for them. Real shame. We've got uh, Aston Martins running uh, first and second at the moment. Uh, Brandon Kidd leads the race in car number 09. He's all about it. Racing teammate uh, Gary Ferreira is in second position. Uh, the uh, Those two cars are a long way apart and also both to make their, their next round of pit stops. The, the drivers that have made a stop, it is with uh, with Bryce Ward also bringing number 57 car in on this lap. Eric Foss now in this Murillo racing, the uh, bronze and black Mercedes is into the lead of the race. He came into, he made his pit stop a couple of laps before the number 60 car and he's come, come out of the pits with a, a, a handy advantage. He's about six seconds clear of the number 60 car, which still has Nate Stacy at the wheel. So we saw before this round of pit stops, the Mercedes of Eric Foss, he was right on the tail, wasn't he, of the Aston Martin and looking as if he might have a faster car. Well, he's now been unleashed because he's uh, made a good pit stop. He's got that car back out on the racetrack and he's pulling away from the Aston Martin. The 99 share, that was the one that had to have control or delete, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, because it's made, it made a couple of pit stops in quick succession uh, when Gary first got into uh, into that car at the uh, start of this stint. Uh, in fact, actually, he's been in since the start, according to me. Pitted after 31 laps and then had two pit stops in quick succession. Uh, but had done a full stint and has just done another full stint as well. Not sure why he had to come down the pit lane a couple of times in quick succession. Was that when the safety car out? No, it wasn't actually. So they may have had still been chasing that problem. So Eric Foss then, when he comes around next time, will cycle into the ladies on the back straight at the moment. Was uh, with a, a very handy lead over the second place car, which is Ryan Norman in the Brighton Hurtersport Veloster. Well, uh, oh, hello, Automatic Racing's number 09's got back out again. So has he got out without losing the lead, Jeremy? No, no surely no, not. Yes, no. So yeah, Foss, has, went, Foss has gone through, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just hasn't sense. come across the line yet. He's only, still on his way to complete. Like, there he goes now across the line to complete that 66. Got you. Number, number 56 is in the lead. On 27.87, that lap for Eric Foss. His fastest lap, his fastest lap, at 127. Point three, the fastest lap of the race, set by now second place car, the Aston Martin, very early on, a 126.8. I think the only other car to be in the 26s was the number 22 Ford Mustang. He's now down in the fifth position with Ryan Norman make, uh, making pits. his pit stop yeah. in TCR leader. That's another 49 minute run, or if you prefer, 31 laps, just one lap of yellow uh, in that for Ryan Norman as he came out after that safety car period and that number 33 having been through the gravel let's not forget when it was fighting for the lead earlier on Shea, now is the leader in TCR and is in the pit lane 
He got four new tires on his last pit stop, and he was asked on the radio, how you doing? He said, oh, new Michelins would be good. And they said, okay, great, fuel only for this pit stop. So Ryan Norman <laughs> staying aboard for another stint, and he did not get his wish. We have yet to see Gabby Chavez drive that car, so that's going to be a very strong contender come the end of this race. I like that. Gabby was fastest in the practice session yesterday, yeah. So uh, that car is uh, always fast. 12 minutes away from half distance and still plenty to play out here with a, a number, a variety of different strategies. Not massively different, but I get the feeling we've still got to get all the drivers, once we get to that last pit stop and all the drivers are dashing to the end, I think we'll see where everybody is and we're still working towards that uh, at the moment. Still probably about an hour and 20 minutes from that with most of the cars seemingly both GS and TCRs doing 48, 49, 50 minutes on a green flag full fuel tank in the beautiful afternoon at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. We're live in sound and vision in IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and me, John Hindorf. What a pleasure it is to see race cars here and thank you to all of you who've stayed trackside for the Sunday main as well. I know there's a lot of pressure on your time at the moment and it's been difficult, but plenty of people camping. There's RVs there as well and lovely to see a small but perfectly formed set of fans here at Road Atlanta this weekend. Well, Mark Wilkins, that 21 car, uh, it must be light, but it's certainly fast, Jeremy. It, didn't get all the fuel in, but a 129.3 for Mark has put that car uh, to the top of the timing standings as far as fast laps are concerned for TCR. Sits in 11th after its problems. Indeed, indeed it does, yes. And the uh, pit stops here for the car that was running in the, I guess it was running in Third. second position yes. uh, yeah. before making its pit stop. Uh, this will put Ryan Block back into the lead of the class in car number five, seventh place overall for the Alpha. Uh, in second place, uh, only a second or so behind him is Mike Lamara in the LA Honda World Car number 73. That's a Honda Civic TCR. Neither of those two cars yet has made a pit stop, made its second pit stop. Correct, and they are due because they've both done 33 laps. Uh, did Max Faulkner stay in that car, Shea, the fast MD Audi, the number 23 that Jeremy was describing in the pits? Well, he hasn't shared a lot with James Vance over the last couple of race weekends, taking two pole positions for himself. But yes, it is the Canadian who is now aboard. So James has gotten an opportunity to drive the 23 fuel and tires for that car as well. And they, by the way, had an ECU issue at the start of the VIR race that ultimately resulted them not being in contention for the entirety of the weekend. They caused the first red flag in the first practice session this weekend. It was suspension problems, though. It was not the continuing niggling issues from that ECU. So that's good news for the team. Share Adam with that VP Racing Fuels pit update. Marillo Racing lead. What an odd day it's been for them. One car leading, one car hitting a stationary vehicle under double yellows. Eric Foss then with now a 12-second lead over Nate Stacey in the Aston Martin. So that is a big turnaround, Jeremy, as you were suggesting. And that is uh, a bit of chasing required now from Court Motorsports. Another 12 seconds further back, James Pessick in the bright pink PF Racing Ford Mustang. And the fourth different manufacturer in the top four. And that is close. That's Jeff Westphal, car barn with Perrigan in the Audi number 39. Just half a second or so uh, behind that third place car but at the moment the leader 
finding just how difficult it is through the S's to get by even a car that you're several seconds quicker than. That's the number three of Corey Lewis in motorsports in action. He'll make the pass going down towards turn seven. And a few moments ago, turn six, excuse me, yeah. a few moments ago is, at yeah, turn that seven. Is to put that number three, that's to put that number three car a lap down, by the way, so significant. Uh, uh, that's the car that won uh, was last race of the race before. I can't remember. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's two absolutely. races ago, wasn't it? That Road America, uh, that Corey Lewis and Sheena Monk uh, scored a, a, a fantastic victory for the Motorsports in Action team. But now that car goes a lap down. Eric Foss, so uh, he's uh, he's edging away now from the Aston Martin. The gap out to 11 seconds. I think it was only six seconds when they came out yes. of the pits. Uh, but it's now out to 11 and just gradually increasing by a few tenths of a second each lap. Yes, indeed. Uh, and yeah, Je Jeff Westfall. Still not halfway. Whoops. No, no. Uh, Jeff Westfall, by the way, did get by James Pesek at turn seven last time around. There's been a coming together at the top of the hill. There's an Audi TCR car on the grass. I think it might be the Road Shagger car, the 61. Yes, it is. Oh, that is so unlucky for John Morley, which had just come out of the pits. Yeah, it was on its outlap, Jeremy. We're in the motorcycle area, the chicane area at the top of the hill. Now, will these cars get going? The other car is the 57, uh, and that is the Windward Racing car. And what happened there then? Oh dear! Oh, that's a big hit on a on a concrete wall for John Morley, who skewers across to the right and then the left. He was held there by the Windward car. And going up the inside, not sure that was a smart place. The only thing I would say in defence, uh, Jeremy, is that the uh, the number 61 TCR, the Road Shagger racing car, uh, where as Philip Ellis, Phil Ellis was coming up to that car, it was just out of the pit, so it would have been not quite up to speed as it was cresting the hill. But I think uh, Phil was being a little bit just a, a little bit uh, optimistic there as he was going throwing the car up the right hand side yeah, and we saw two cars by the way duck into the pits just before we went full cause caution one of them very significantly well actually potentially both of them very significantly uh, the num number 95 uh, turner motorsport bmw winner last time and of course at vir it was running uh, Bill Oblin in the sixth position, a long, long way back from the leaders, but running very nicely in the fifth position. He had just made a, another pit stop, didn't need one, but I'm presuming, I'm thinking that they came in now with, what, uh, just over two hours remaining in this race to take advantage of this full course caution, top it up with fuel. The other car that came in was the uh, TCR leader, Ryan Block, in the, uh, in the Alpha. Uh, so he has just come onto pit lane as well. That will lead leave Mike Lamara in the lead of the race in TCR. But uh, I think good strategy, assuming he can stay on a lead lap, which I'm sure he will do, uh, to bring Ryan Block in with for the Alpha team. Yeah, and the 21's back in as well, which is the another one of the darker coloured uh, Hyundai Velosters. And they are shaking the car shape, trying to get as much fuel in as they can. They must think they've got some kind of airlock problem and they're moving the fuel filler hose as well mm. desperately trying to get a full load of fuel in that car which i don't think they've done yet since the start of the race 
No, they haven't. And the problem, part of the problem is that the fuel is just dripping out of the hose. It's not even flowing at any sort of rate that you would hope for a pressurized system. But they've got five mechanics total because they have one behind the wall who's actually there with the fueling rig trying to get every drop that they can. And I say drop because it's not coming out at a normal fuel flow rate. It looks like a fuel only stop for Mark Wilkins. Well, at least that's what he's hoping he can get out of this stop uh, altogether. And I did notice that the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW was also into the pit lane. So both Turners, it is no driver change for the 96. It is still registering Pinkerton behind the wheel. But it is interesting that that car jammed on the brakes before rejoining the track. And I don't think the pit close light was on. Right. Well, that car's already a couple of laps down, Shay, so it's not really going to be a, a factor and rate, unfortunately. Uh, but you've got to say, what a great call by the team, Bill Oberlin, or a uh, combination yes. of both to get the 95 car in. I, I have a feeling that Bill was in the vicinity of that when it happened. Now, there's a full and frank discussion going on with John Morley telling Phil Ellis that's not a place that you can go by there son even though you're in a GT4 car and Phil's sort of standing there just taking the talking to I think meantime the uh, meantime the Hyundai number 21 has gone behind the wall I think Shay hasn't it it has unfortunately uh, this is so that they can get more hands on deck more mechanics back in the trunk area of the car which is where the fuel cell is stored they're actually trying to remove the hose that attaches into the fuel cell to see if there's anything blocking but again disaster for our championship leaders coming into the race that's well, both of them gs and tcr well here's something that might be part of the issue here um all of these cars have the potential of fuel from either side now Last time we were out, we were filling from the right-hand side of the car. This time, we're filling from the left-hand side of the car here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. That means they have to put a slightly different arrangement of hoses in from the fuel filler nozzle and the dry brake area through to the top of the fuel tank. Now, as it happens in the Hyundai Veloster, the, where the fuel hose goes into the fuel tank, it is slightly closer to the right-hand side than it is to the left. And the piece of fuel hose that they've got there actually drops down a bit. And I think that's part of the problem. If it was coming directly from the right-hand side, it'd be going straight down here into the fuel tank rather than having to go effectively across the back of the car and then down into the fuel tank. That may be part of the problem here. Correct. That is a further distance for the fuel to travel. And I'm just thinking back, Daytona, it would have been on the same side as it is here for the race, but that was all the way back in January. For Sebring, for VIR, and for Road America, it would have been on the right side. So the fuel hose has been on the opposite side for quite some time. The Hyundai, though, did just fire back up. It is driving back but I think it might be driving back to the garage area. The Brian Herta Autosports crew has actually pitted the pit box next to the last pit box towards pit out. So if no, they I... wanted to go back to the pit lane, they have to make a tight left-hand turn. If they want to go back to the right, to the garage, they have to turn right. And I did not oh. see them come back out on the pit lane. Meantime, more drama for the invisible glass. Aston Martin, the number 99. This was the one that was uh, control-alt-deleted earlier on and got going and then made a couple of pit stops and got going. 
Well, it's come to a grinding halt with no fire from the V8. No, just as the... I don't want any assistance from a Porsche. I'm an Aston Martin. I'll be moving straight along, thank you very much. Just as the intervention vehicle pulled up, the car has re-fired, and the 4-litre V8 provides motive power to the rear wheels and the Michelin tyres of that number 99. They're having an odd day as well. What a funny old thing this has been today, Jeremy. What a strange race. Difficult to get any, uh, any real rhythm going on here. Well, we did have, uh, we have had, before this yellow, almost an hour, 52 and a half minutes of green flag racing. The 99, ha the 09 rather now, in the pit lane at Shea, and uh, that was a pretty quick pit stop. Didn't see whether those tyres are not there. You may have. I thought it was fuel and tyres. Uh, it is definitely fuel and tyres for the Chad McCombie, previously Chad McCombie driven, number 40 uh, PF Racing Mustang. I better write that time. And fuel and tyres for the 80. And yay, finally Nicolante is getting out of that car. He has done driving to the half distance. There was a bit of bodywork damage on the right rear bumper of that car. And so they're taking time to address it as well. Also into the pit lane, our leaders, or former leaders, I should say, is Kyle Marcelli finally getting to drive as Nate Stacy abandoned the car. So Nate, keep your phone close to you because I'm about to send you a text message. And also in was Trent Hinman getting fuel and tires on the Archangel Racing Porsche. So a busy pit lane for that first stop. And uh, we're exactly halfway through this race now. So uh, the, I think the GS cars are probably going to need a bit of caution in order to be able to get to the end of yes. the race from here with just one more pit stop. For TCR, however, they should be able to run uh, all the way through the rest of this race with just one more pit stop. That's Jeremy Shaw. Shea Adam is alongside us as well, or at least she is working our pit reports for us. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me, John Heiner from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Half distance after that uh, second reboot for the number 99. Aston Martin, under full course yellow, our second of this four-hour race. And with two hours still to go, it's Eric Foss who leads for Marillo Racing from Jeff Westfall in the 39 Carban with Peregrine Racing Audi. Then a Ford Mustang in the colours of Multimatic Motorsports. It's the dark grey and white. It's got Maxwell's 22 car. Indy Donchi has now been installed in the number four Windward Racing car. That's the dark grey with the, uh, the dark red rear three-quarter. Those are your top four in TCR. Um, Mike Lamar is just coming in in the Honda. So who's that going to leave in the lead? Will he get in and out before? No, it's Parker Chase that leads there then. There's the answer. Uh, just wait a second. The timing screen was about to update. So Parker Chase leading in the 29 Hyundai Veloster now in seventh overall of course there will be a split as everybody else is diving into the pits as the pits are now open share Adam for TCR for Gabby Chavez who has taken over that 33 it was the last time around 
they gave him fuel and tires. So this time they're just doing fuel only. And it will be the same story for the 98th, the sister car. That's the blue one. They've been having fuel pressure issues all race long. They haven't had the issues getting the fuel into the tank, but they just topped him off and sent him back out as into the pit lane when the pits were not open for it was the number 20. So oh. M1 racing continuing to learn the rule book as the race goes along. That'll have to be a drive through penalty shortly after well. that. Um, we also had the Hondas into the pit lane, John of note. And it had been Mike Lamar driving the 73 full race so far. I'd imagine he'll be handing over to Matt Palmbo and Taylor Hegler doing her job now handing over to local boy Ryan Eversley. That could have just been a very, very late pit stop for the 20 to get Ashley Freiberg in that car. It was Ashley that uh, that took it out. So there, there might have been the remnants having tried to get the, the pits to get the lap back if they'd stayed out maybe pits open TCR no uh, they were in about 13 seconds after the pits open for TCR so you, you're right ship sorry yeah I did think that, car's that, already, that car's already a couple of laps down yeah. number 20 car so uh, not in contention they've had a, a, a character building weekend that's for sure it was uh, way 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 under weight after qualifying uh, and uh, now they've had some other miscues as well so uh, two local drivers then taking over the wheel of the TCR cars there Matt Pombo He's from the Atlanta area, as is Ryan Eversley. So they'll be looking to run with her. It's been a really good run for LA Honda World Racing. They've had no luck at all this season. Uh, Parker Chase, I think he must have made a pit stop just before the caution period, perhaps. Uh, do you know when he last made, last made a stop? Parker Chase, John? was that? Yeah. 21 minutes ago. Sorry, say again, Yeah, so just before the caution ago. period. Yes, correct. Yeah, so I think he came in right before the caution period. So he's going to cycle through to the front. Uh, the uh, LA Honda World cars are still on the lead lap, as is Gabby Chavez. Parker Chase is already um, at the front of TCR, yeah. Correct. Yes, yeah. Uh, and Gabby Chavez is on the lead lap as well. I think the uh, number five car, number 23, should get the wave around, so they'll be back on the lead lap as well, I believe. Bit of cleanup going on on the front straight as well. Yeah, Parker Chase has actually only done six green flag laps in that car. 20, nearly 22 minutes ago now so he pitted he came out on lap 64 Jeremy for that car and okay. ran to 69 before the full course yeah, caution came, came out yeah. and before that just oh no, there was a load of yellow there so that's not significant 99 is stopped on the front Reboot again. Well, rebooting again. Yeah, 46, 47 minutes for the TCR cars. Maybe getting towards one or two of them have got towards 50 with a little bit of yellow uh, in there. I, I, I thought they might have gone a little bit longer. So this is not breaking up the way perhaps we thought it might be. You almost always think of the TCRs, don't you, Jeremy? It's going a full hour. Uh, and, you know, in the, uh, in the shorter races, just uh, having to do maybe one pit stop and uh, that doesn't seem to be the case here. I've got a feeling IMSA are going to lose patience uh, with this uh, 99 car, uh, and they might well ask that car, give it a mechanical, and ask that car to come into the pit lane to be looked at properly. Uh, race control pit lane speeding violation, Shea Adam, and as we saw yesterday in the WeatherTech, uh, if it's bad, it gets worse, <laughs> seems to be the story of the weekend here. Tell us who. 
When it rains, it's a hurricane. Um, yes. It's, again, the uh, the 20, the M1 racing McLaren out there. Pit lane speeding three clicks over, three kilometers an hour over, which is what you said the wheel rotation was for Robin Liddell last uh, time out at VAR, I think. Drive-through penalty, though. So that car, which was already having a bad day, is now having a really, really bad day. So, Jeremy, if... We... Speed limit wasn't the weight limit, then that's good news. But much closer, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so at the front of the field, Jerry, Mercedes Audi, Ford Mercedes, BMW, Chevy Camaro. So Andrew Davis back up at the sixth position from Rebel Rock Racing, quietly, just having moved up there. They've benefited from using the uh, the yellow flags nicely uh, as well. Uh, and we know that Robin Liddell's to come in that. Uh, that that car, we've seen that car with pace recently. That's got, a, I, I would say, all of those top six and Kyle Marcelli in the 60 core motorsport Aston Martin uh, Chad McCombie and PF all of those guys are contenders here as they sit behind the safety car no question about it yeah and and even the, you know Trent Hinman uh, in the Archangel Motorsports car number seven you never know what the, what Trent might be able to pull out of the bag I don't think he's quite got the pace or the Porsche has quite got the pace of the front runners but he's a heck of a driver and then Gregory Leofouge in the uh, in the Bimmerworld car uh, number 82 in particular, that car, you know, Gregory has a huge amount of experience in these BMW GT4 cars. He is super fast. And uh, it was a you know, really good first stint for James Clay and Gregory will be... Oh, and uh, I think Jeremy's just muted himself there. Jeremy, you still yep, hear sorry us? Yeah, sorry about that. What did you lean on there? <laughs> yes, mute button. Yeah. Be quiet, Jeremy. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> don't. We've got to go back to green. Just worth noting as well that having mentioned Andrew Davis and Rebel Rock Racing, they came in in 10th uh, at that pit stop and they've come back out in 6th. So that's a very quick turnaround. I, I'm not sure if without... Ch ah, i tell you why that was. That was because they'd only been in 10 laps earlier, so they didn't need that much fuel. So that's a really nice... Uh, piece of strategy there. They have taken the fuel when they could have stayed out and taken the track position, but they knew they would gain some positions. And Andrew Davis now with a full tank of VP racing fuel, uh, and then Robert Liddell still to come. So I think that is a car that we have to keep an eye on. And they were way down in the 20s earlier on, Jeremy. So uh, there, and who was the car that they came through the field with uh, as well? That was the, uh, which car was that? I can't remember now, but they seem to come through the field. Nine, 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 nine. Thank you. It was, yes, yes, yeah. it was. Back to Green Flag Racing. I knew you'd remember. Back to Green Flag Racing with an hour and 50. That's one hour and five zero minutes to go. 110 minutes if you want to look at it that way. Foss gets a good restart in the Tangerine Dream. That chrome, bronze, whatever you would like to call it. But it's very striking in the afternoon sunshine at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. As is the Carbon Addy in second position in its green colour. Side by side with the Winwood AMG and the Turner BMW. That was for position. Indy Donchi and Bill Oberlin. Indy Donchi up to fourth position. And... Ah, actually, that is the second of the Turner cars, which is a, which is laps down. So they're staying out of the way. So that was a nice thing to do, even though their teammates were sitting in behind. So again, there's lap cars in there at the restart, which is 
causing a little consternation. Here comes the Rebel, Rebel Rock Camaro, the Urban Group sponsorship on the side of that car, right up alongside the core Aston Martin. They started line astern and they are side drafting each other at the moment. In front of them is one of the 570S McLarens and that is a lap down as well. Don't understand why we're having so many lapped cars in the restarts. No, that's kind of that's not uh, not unusual. Uh, what is unusual is that is they're not respecting the leaders. Uh, but well. uh, this this time, uh, you know, Andrew Pinkerton certainly did there in the Turnamo Sport car. The other lapped car that's up towards the front is is car number 31. That's Spencer Pompelli. Well, he's fast. So uh, you know he's going to try and make up make up some ground in that kind of a 31. He's uh, way down in the uh, was in the where is he in the overall order? Long, long way down, yeah. But he's a lap, lap off the pace. Yeah, Spencer Pumpelli, 12th position yeah, with, with in class car. and yeah. 18th overall. That's right. And I, I think yeah, actually he's the first car off the lead lap in Correct. the hard point Audi. Correct. So he is. He is. So the, the, and of course. Uh, he will have been put in front of all the TCR cars, wouldn't he? We'd have done a class split, I presume, because you wouldn't have had the TCR cars mixed in with the GS, so that would have pushed him up a little bit further. So he uh, he will be fighting as hard as he can, and if he can make some positions back, albeit on the road, uh, maybe he's too far back now to get his lap back. Yeah, I think so. A bit of damage as well on the left-hand side of the hard point Audi, the red, white and black car. Trent Hinman turning up the wick in the 7.18 as the Camaro and the Aston Martin go side by side battling for 6th and 7th. Trent Hinman in 8th makes here and goes past the Aston Martin. And Kyle Marcelli then drops down to 8th, Hinman up to 7th. And that little Porsche yeah. is on the move, Jeremy. Isn't that interesting? Yes. and. Uh... And all sorts of shuffling around here in the middle of the pack. And meanwhile, at the front, Eric Foss leads, but uh, Jeff Westfall is staying right with him in the second position now. Uh, they're pulling out away from the third-place car, which is now Scott Maxwell in the in the Ford Mustang. But uh, there is Karma Selly now trying to make up, make up some of the ground that he's he's lost here. Update from the 99. Shit, Adam. The car seems to only be having electrical issues when it's not running as fast as it possibly can. So if we get more cautions, we're likely to see it needing to do more control of the leads. If we stay green, the automatic racing camp feels that the 99 should be perfectly fine. Oh dear. Sounds like <laughs> might have uh, might have a tough afternoon then because I'd be delighted if we went the next one out 46 minutes uh, as full green, but um, it may not be the case. Marillo Racing out in front by a second from Carbon, Jeff Westfall, then Scott Maxwell for Multimatic, sitting another couple, three seconds further back. Then Bill Oberlin in fourth position for Turner. He's got a head now of Indy Donchi and Winwood Motorsport. That's the, B that's the blue yeah. and yellow car uh, BMW with the white bonnet, the white hood. Then Donchi, then Davis now right on the back of the Winwood Racing car. Uh, in the uh, big Camaro, they've still got that pesky McLaren in between him and the, his next target up the road as they crest the hill at turn two. Then Trent Hinman, who has made up a position since the restart. And behind that is the core Aston Martin, the multicoloured blue, white and pink car. Wow. I, I don't see the point of that 
that uh, McLaren sitting there, 12th position and a lap. You've lost the lead lap now. I think that's disrespectful, sitting there holding yeah. people up. I completely agree with you, yeah. And uh, now Robin Liddell, uh, Andrew Davis having to defend there from uh, Trent Hinman. Uh, and uh, Carl Marcelli looking to take advantage of that as well. There, because and of passive. that, Trent Hinman has to take uh, a defensive line. And Carl Marcelli has lost out on that because he's been overtaken now by both Chad McCombie and I think Greg Leofrouge is going to make that pass as well. Side by side, the BMW and the Aston Martin on the straight. Looks like the uh, Aston Martin might have the legs on the BMW. Used to the early part of the straight. Let's see what they get down to the braking area for turn 10. They're, they're still side by side. The car number 80, the Bimmer World, with a mechanical black flag. Don't know what it's for, but I've just seen it up on the race control channel as Stephen Simpson sets a new personal best in the TCR Audi number 54, 129.8, under 90 seconds around Road Atlanta is quicker than anything. That's a very good lap indeed. I, I, I'm, I, am, I am flabbergasted at the behaviour of some of these uh, lapped cars. I, I really am. Don't understand why they feel the need to be involved in what's going on. Good news for Rebel Rock is they have got past the number three of Corey Lewis. And that car isn't even the first car off the lead lap. Team Hardpoint car is the first car off the lead lap, the number 31. It's a bit further up the road. Uh, and he at least is making room for the other cars going through, sitting behind as it is at the moment, the Winwood Racing Indy Donchi driven AMG and let him go through. That's the, the only thing I'll say for Corey is that they didn't have a radio in that car, did they, Shit. They were they were trying to get a walkie-talkie to him. Correct. Yeah, and the, the, I would think he would have done. No, he might know he's a lap down, but he might not know who he's actually racing for position. Oh, um, I'm not buying that. I'm not. And there's blue flags as well. That's the other thing. That's true. Um, the reason for the mechanical black flag was that the bumper was coming off of the number 80. And remember that we had seen the Bimmer World guys doing one of their pit stops, putting gaffer tape on the bumper to try and hold it on a little bit better. Gaffer tape did not work. Okay, they've just pulled it off now and they'll throw a whole lot of fuel in that car and send it. That'll stretch there pit window just a little bit to the McAvern back out in that car has dropped to 11th in GS and behind the whole TCR field as well but I mean if there's a, a glimmer of hope there uh, it, it is that uh, he's got a few laps of extra fuel so the hard point Audi has made way for both Indy Donchi and for Andrew Davis and he pulls over to the left-hand side see i don't have a problem with that and that's spencer pumpelli he's the first car off the lead lap jeremy he's uh, what 12th in class but he has done the gentlemanly thing and that's exactly what you'd expect them to do it is you know for somebody of his experience well cora lewis to, to, as well to be fair you know he spencer pumpelli realized he wasn't in a position or likely to get into a position i think to to get back onto the lead lap so you know let's not interfere with anybody's race look you know paybacks are a bitch aren't they he he knows that the drivers around him will, will remember uh, what, what, what went on in uh, in previous races because he uh, elephants don't forget. So well, and, uh, and know, if, somebody Lewis, does you, if so, somebody does you a, a disservice, you're going to probably do a disservice back again. Yeah, and and you know, Corey has actually lost a, an actual position there, 
because uh, sorry he's gained the position there because Spencer was so gentlemanly uh, uh, he let a few of the GS cars go through and Corey Lewis in the green and white cars gone through as well but Corey Lewis is racing the PF racing Ford Mustang and I, I, I just don't get it he's he, he's messing with the the front of the field here and we're talking about cars originally that were fifth sixth and seventh and he's still doing it with cars that are eighth ninth and tenth and, and I'm sorry I like Corey but I, I think that's bang out of order and I, I've got to say I, I would expect race control to be having a word and, and I'm not seeing it at the moment the, uh, the problem is of course he's got no radio contact so that may be the issue maybe race control Ooh. are trying to get hold of him uh, there is a penalty that just came through though John and it is significant because it's for 47 motorsports they've been having a quiet race and they are down a lap or several actually i should say but still wheel rotation while on the ah. dash stands drive through penalty and that's a significant penalty because it's actually dangerous to the crew when the wheels are rotating on the jack stands it can be bad there Papadopoulos yeah, behind that, the wheel of that but that yeah, car's not had, sure what happened to that sure. car well, it, it, it was running very well it yes. was running in the top six up until uh, just before the caution period so uh, i don't know what happened to that car because uh, when was it when did last make a note yeah it was running running nicely but clearly it's lost a, a dozen laps so it's been in the pits i think for a while so i think that that pits up unfortunately academic finally now uh, carl marcelli gets away past i think that was the uh, mia mclaren uh, Jeremy, in the meantime bill omelin is up into third position now in the turn of most what bmw is dispensed with scott maxwell who instead in that mustang is coming under pressure from indy doncha yeah, that 47 motorsports car came in on lap 67 and spent nearly 16 minutes uh, in the pits uh, and then went out for 30-odd laps uh, and then had a five-minute stop uh, and is back out again. So they've... Uh, uh, sorry, you know, that uh, went out for just a couple of laps and came back in for five minutes and has just come back out again. So they've spent uh, a, an extra 20-odd minutes in the pits that they shouldn't have had, so that's where they have... Uh, drop down uh, in terms of their issues uh, as you say they were running well for the first 30 odd laps at the front of TCR Parker Chase in the white and green Hyundai Veloster at turn 7 turns right handed meantime battle for the lead through turn 10 A and B turns 10 A and B under the Fox Factory Bridge crest the rise point the car down the hill fall off the end of the world and then turn right at the bottom and uh, that's the end of the lap. Thanks very much. Bill Oberlin up to third position in a stealthy run. She got past Scott Maxwell last uh, couple of laps ago uh, in the Multimatic. So it's Mercedes, Audi, BMW, Ford, Mercedes, Chevy, Cavaro. With uh, Andrew Davis closing in on Indy Dunchy now. Took uh, a couple of tenths off him the last lap no more than a half a second off him the last lap around so that's going to hot up as well this is getting interesting in the front of the field with everybody to make at least one more pit stop in the hour and 40 minutes that we've still got we've got the front of the field all pretty much on an identical pit strategy and Eric Voss was the first into the pit lane with Indy Donchi and they've been out there now for 25 laps Bill Oberlin was the last in in that group remember he sneaked in and topped up 
Uh-oh, 23 car moving slowly in TCR. Oh, I was wondering what happened to that car. It was running in the third position in the class, uh, fourth position in the, in the class, and uh, just slipped behind the number 73 car of uh, Matt Pombo, but uh, now is uh, clearly uh, got a more serious, more serious problem. He stopped yeah. it on the front straight and then did control of the lead and fired the car back up. So at least James was able to get the car back and running again. It was a similar issue that they had on the formation lap at VIR that eventually they discovered that the ECU had gone bad. But this time, thankfully, the car managed to refire and get going again. Meanwhile, up at the front, as we've already seen, the battle continues. Uh, between number 56 and number 39. Uh, Chad McCombie now is down in the uh, ninth position in that pink car, uh, chasing... Okay, so he's just been overtaken by Kyle Marcelli. So Marcelli then uh, up into eighth position ahead of Chad McCombie. That's about battle for eighth and ninth. Just ahead of him is Trent Hinman. Uh, ahead of them is uh, Andrew Davis. But uh, Bill Oberlin is uh, slipping... He's running a similar pace to the two leaders. It's about six, between six and seven seconds behind in the third position. Now Indy Doncha has moved up to fourth in caliber four at the expense of Scott Maxwell, who's once again slipping back in that Mustang. We saw that in his previous stint as well. In the first part of the race, it looked like Sebastian Freer was able to maintain a good consistent pace pretty much through his whole, whole first stint. But Scott Maxwell doesn't seem to be able to do the same in this number 22 car. You can see now he's having to defend quite stoutly from Andrew Davis in the Chevrolet Camaro and Trent Hinman in the Porsche Cayman. Yeah, good run from Andrew since the restart. I've had a, I had a note from the Motorsport in Action team and they're, they're lovely people and, and thank you for getting in touch. Ryan, thank you for getting in touch. We'll catch up on the pit stops. Uh, in a second and it, it's it's interesting uh, both interesting and actually I think significant in equal measure uh, they were desperately trying to stay told Corey to desperately try to stay ahead of the 71 even though at the time that car was in sixth because they believe that car is on the strat the right strategy and will cycle to the front and they were hoping for a, a another full course caution because they think that will be the car because it stopped a bit later than everybody else. Davis, Hidman, Marcelli and McCombie all stopped quite a bit later than everybody else. And that's the car they felt they needed to stay in front of. Not helped, they've admitted, by not having radio contact. They were lapped down to them. Yes, yes. But they think that they're the cars, that's the car that's going to cycle through to the lead on this, on this run if it stays green. Because they will stay out the longest. That's the first of the cars that stopped last is what they're saying. They have admitted that it wasn't held. They didn't want to really hold anybody up as much as it possibly happened because they didn't have radio contact. That has not helped the situation. But they do see that car. So an explanation, we can take that or leave it, but an explanation, thank you. But I think the significant part is that they have identified that the Andrew Davis-driven Rebel Rock racing car, being the last car to pit for fuel, by a couple of laps beyond Bill Oberlin, that car is likely to cycle through to the front of the field as we get further on and may well end up in the lead. So that's that's an interesting observation, if even if you don't accept their explanation of what was going on. And, and, and whether you do or you don't, thank you very much 
for the information that's come to us here at IMSA Radio. So thank you, Ryan, and Motorsport in Action. Absolutely right. And you know, those, those are the cars that did uh, make that pit stop under the uh, previous caution period. Right. Uh, most of the other contenders came in just a little bit before that. Exactly so. So Andrew Davis has been out for 15 laps. Eric Voss, 28 laps. Uh, Shea, we saw the number 77 Ryan Eversley Honda come into the pit lane. I'm not sure that was on schedule. I'm checking down quickly. What are you hearing from the... No, he'd only been out 12, 12 laps. What are you hearing? That it was two new front tires that they put on that car and a little bit of fuel. So it must have been a puncture somewhere along right. the way for Ryan Eversley. As the Alpha, I believe, is slowing on the track. Oh. I'm going to keep an eye on that. No way, this is the second place car in TC. Oh, it's a turn number six. It's a long way from home. Uh, sorry, no, it's not. It's uh, uh, heading through the S's at the start of the lap. And oh, that has been very, very slow indeed. Being passed by at least a couple of cars. Now, at the moment, they were lapped cars. And uh, it's 20-odd seconds slow in the middle sector. And still moving slowly on the back straight, but it is still moving. It's going to get to the pit lane, but again, that's no. awful, awful news. Is it? Is it picking up? Shea, what's happening? I, it does have an uphill sector to go through. It might be stuck in gear because I haven't actually seen any fluctuation whatsoever from the Alpha, but I'll keep an eye on that and let you know when it comes in the pits. Already dropped down to fourth position for the Julietta, that's a shame. That car, Jeremy, had been running very well indeed uh, and uh, was actually on a slightly different strategy to the 29 car, which leaves, leads at the moment. Uh, and they were about 10 laps better off on fuel uh, than the Parker Chase car, which leads at the moment the Hyundai Veloster. So we are starting to get the Velostas floating towards the front again in TCR, Jeremy. Yeah, we are, aren't we? And uh, there's two of them out front now. Matt Pombo is uh, remaining hopeful, I'm sure, in the third position. And Matt has set the uh, fastest lap of the race in TCR, I think, for the last two races, actually. Uh, or, uh, no, actually not the last two, but two of the four races this season. He's set the fastest lap. Uh, Matt Pombo, of course, uh, the Pombo family, very, very well known in the Atlanta area. Uh, uh, the, uh, they've been around uh, a long time. Uh, and... Uh, his, he and his brother and his, his dad uh, were, were, had, have had a lot of success here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta over the years. Uh, this from A110GE. This Mission and Pilot Challenge is a great race. Still plenty to happen. I hope my wife gets delayed by a phone call so I can see to the end of the race before dinner. Uh, the Alpha has... I hope she's not listening, really. Uh, uh, the Alpha has made it back to the pits. The bonnet it is up. And at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch uh, with us on that. This is not looking good, John. No, it isn't. Um, at first, I thought it might have just been a situation where they perhaps needed a little bit more VP in the tank. But then the bonnet went up. Now the passenger side door is open. There's a mechanic rooting around in there. It's not a positive uh, action for that team and also just an update on the 80 that's the uh, Bimmer World BMW the reason that the bumper came off was because the 82 of James Clay actually ran into the yeah. back of Nick Vellante at one point and that was because a car checked up in front of him so it turned out to be a chain reaction yeah I think uh, that happened a little bit earlier on after the 
the restart or just after the restart. I don't think that damage was there on either car uh, before that, certainly. And uh, Alan Prosser, king of the screen grab, had fired me some before and after pictures on at IMSA radio. Well, getting a little bit physical down at turn 10B and the number 40 goes through, takes the position. And uh, that was uh, on the Trent Hinman car. And uh, that then is a new seventh place car for Chad McCombie in the PF Racing Machine. Andrew Davis continues his forward progress, although he's dropped a couple of seconds behind uh, Indy Donchi, who's found a bit of pace again now. 27-7 last time for Indy. Andrew, a 28-2, but the top fives, Jeremy, still only 15, make that the top six, because the core motorsport, Aston Martin's right there. Only 15 seconds apart. That's certainly still very racy indeed. In fact, the Aston is now right with the Camaro. It was sitting in behind the Camaro, I promise you. Couldn't see it. You uh, <laughs> down at uh, turn 10, looking back up the back straight. Hey, John. Go ahead. You know how there's two sides to every story? Yeah. Nick Galante said that uh, James Clay ran into him. James Clay said that Nick ran into him from the front. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair due to both guys. Uh, he ran into me uh, in the back. No, no, he reversed into me from the front. Yeah, yeah, okay, guys. Look, look at their teammates, huh? Yeah, exactly. That, it's going to be a tricky debrief, that, I would think. Here's a pit stop, though, for, uh, for our race leader, uh, Eric Foss, into the pits for service on the Marilla Racing Mercedes. Uh, yeah, and that is, uh, that's very interesting for... The Murillo car, that's 31 laps only for that car, Jeremy, and still an hour and a half to go. And reminder, there was seven laps of yellow in the middle of that. I think from here they can get to the end on one stop, uh, and uh, they are you know, making this stop now. They'll, they should stay, I think, on the lead lap, uh, and then if there is a full course caution uh, fairly soon, then they will be able to uh, maintain their position. But I think this is a good strategy for the Marilla Racing team. That means Andrew Davies, who's the leading car in that uh, line of cars that stopped 19 laps ago, he's in fifth position. Now he's done 31 minutes with three laps of yellow, and there's an hour and 27 to go. He's gonna be very close to pitting with an hour, just on an hour to go, which might yeah, be a little bit too far, I think. Yeah, but that so. bit of yellow could shake things up, Jeremy. Absolutely. And Robin Liddell still to get in that car. He has... I, I don't, Robin's not been in that car yet, has he? No, he hasn't. So, a fired up and uh, probably a slightly bored Scotsman at the moment, having not had to do anything for uh, two and a half hours. So he'll be dying to get into that car. That's He's gonna been be listening to us. Uh, well, it, that's going to be terribly entertaining, I would have thought, uh, when he gets in there, because there's going to be a variety, Jeremy, of strategies in that top six or seven cars uh, that will only play out when they all make what we are absolutely certain is their last pit stops, and they might still have to be a splashing goal for one or two of them, depending on when and where they stop. So uh, at least one full stop for everybody uh, so far, and possibly a bit more than a full stop for one or two of them. That's interesting. Shea, yeah, there was a giggle there. What's going on in the pit lane? Windward Racing is in. Four new tires for Andy Donchie and Fuel, but the left rear tire changer 
took the old Michelin off and chucked it over the wall with uh, seeming ease before he reached over to put a new Michelin on. Just waiting on fuel in this stop. Fuel probe comes out. Ooh, they slightly nudged the tire, leaving the pit box. It didn't move it that far, so it shouldn't be a penalty. But had it been any more than that, it would have been. Uh, um, also into the pit lane. Ah, never mind. Further back down the field. I thought it was uh, Oberlin. Well, think about... It was number four car. Oh, you're talking about... Yeah, yeah, correct. back out again. Uh, it was the uh, it was the other Turner car, I think, that was coming. Scott Maxwell's coming as well. By the way, when Shea talks about chucking a Michelin tyre and wheel over the, the wall, one-handed, by the way, that's... I, 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 I think I'm right in saying, Jerry, that's about 20 kilos. That flicking that over there, so that's that's like a, a checked bag, isn't it? You're allowed 23 kilos on a checked bag, so that's going to be uh, that's you know those guys are, are, are pretty tough to do that one-handed and just grab those and throw them back over the pit wall. Yeah, it's uh, not 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 everybody can do that. I can uh, not no. it. Here's a pit stop finally for number 22 car. Boy, Scott Maxwell has really really been struggling in this car uh, lately. He's going to hand that car back to Sebastian Prier and see if he can make the tyres last on that Mustang. I, I wonder maybe perhaps the number 22 car did not change tyres on their last stop. They're going to give Sebastian Prier a fresh set of Michelin rubber to get to the end of this race. The car has been fast, but it lost an awful lot of ground during that last stint from Scott when he was really falling back through the pack at a rapid rate. Yeah, didn't take the stop in that last Pits safety off for the car. leader as well now didn't take a stop in that last safety car period either so they straddled uh, both of that as in comes the 39 as you heard from Jeremy from out of the lead that's the car barn Audi and that again is about the same 31 laps but with that safety car period in the middle as we need another reset for the number 99 Aston Martin well they weren't oh. slowing down there 12th position for that car so off the 12th position in class for Spencer Pompelli, so off the lead lap. Uh, what we don't want now is a yellow. Certainly some of the teams don't want a yellow uh, because we're right in the middle of a really interesting strategic phase with people on different pit strategies at the moment. The good news is we have seen that car, for the most part, refire. So let's hope it will, and that's clearly what the race control are thinking at the moment. So up into second position, Andrew Davis has the core motorsport Aston Martin right behind him and pulls out down the back straight. These two on are the leading pair of the alternative fuel strategy and tyre strategy runners if you like to call it that way side by side through 10 and b super driving super driving by both men and andrew davis backing himself into the final corner and that was the right bet to make there jeremy very fair by kyle marcelli and andrew davis what great running and pf racing's chad mccumbie had a grandstand seat for that and must have been rubbing his hands in glee waiting to pick up the pieces but the pieces never came that was quality driving <laughs> yeah it was wasn't it that was good to see and uh, good respect between uh, both of those two two quality drivers with lots of experience now but you know, this is the battle for second place uh, on the road as they're coming up to lap one of the uh, tcr cars again that's uh, i think that's uh, 
I was going to say it's Stephen Simpson, but uh, maybe it's not actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, this battle now is a nose to tail, aren't it? Second, third, and fourth positions. And uh, Carl Marcelli uh, has uh, closed in on Andrew Davidson the last few laps. He was a. Uh, no, he's been with him for the last four or five laps, but he, he, he closed up from a, a second oh. or two behind. Puncture for the 95. Orbelin left Ouch. front puncture. Oh, that is disaster for that car. Uh, and he's going to crawl and he will get back to the pits. Is that battle we were just talking about. So this is the turn of motorsports car. And I've, I'm, it was Orbelin that, that stayed in that car, wasn't it? Yes, that's the leader. So that was the race leader coming to the end of his stint, Jeremy. That is a disaster. Uh, 26 laps done in that car, albeit with the seven under yellow. So they probably had about another five laps, but a puncture's going to bring them in early, and they're losing time while he gets back to the pit. So now this is the battle for the lead, uh, and the lead has gone to car, Aston John? Martin. Uh, no, it was the 95. It was the 95 with the white bonnet. Uh, so Marcelli takes the lead then. That was the battle. Davis, Marcelli and Chad McCombie was the battle for the lead. So Andrew Davis stays in second, but instead of chasing Bill Oberlin now, who was eight and a half, nine seconds up the road, he's now chasing Andrew Davis. Uh, uh, is now chasing, rather, Kyle Marcelli, who went through as they came under the Fox Factory Bridge and down to complete the lap last time around. 80 minutes to go. Still pit stops to play out, still tactics to play out. And Aston Martin lead here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta in TCR. Parker Chase still leading by a handy 10 and a bit seconds from Gabby Chavez. Two Hyundai Velosters, that's the 29 and the 33. And it's the LA Honda World, Honda Civic, another 11 seconds further back. Shea Adam, you've got the Orbelin car. That's cruel look for those guys. It is fuel and tires. Obviously, they're going to put a new left front on that car. The one that came off was separated from the rim. So that was quite a uh, unfortunate incident for our winners the last time out at VIR. It was a short fuel, and they were waiting on the tires. So now Oberlin is back out. We've got one hour, 19 minutes, and 40 seconds near enough as he pulled out of the box. That's not enough to make it to the end. No, and, and that's the problem with that. That's really messed with their strategy. Uh, he did a short 11-lap stint earlier on to try and give them a little bit of an advantage. And, and they were sort of sitting in the netherworld between the two strategies. Uh, just three laps they came in before the guys who were leading at the moment. So I, I reckon they had a good four or five laps still to go, which is getting on for nine minutes. Uh, which would have taken them to about an hour and ten. So they were still not being able to get to the end of the race, but it would have just been a splash and go at the end. They're going to have to go for a little more fuel this time around. Still salvageable from there. The biggest problem, Jeremy, is the time they lost touring back into the pit lane on that uh, in-lap. Absolutely, yeah, that was that was a critical loss there for that team. Uh, I think you're, the, you're right in terms of the pit stop sequence, but uh, that uh, loss of time is, is going to cost them, I think, most likely any chance of, uh, of winning this race but this battle here for uh, second and third is heating up uh, Carl Marcelli whether he might have been just saving a little bit of fuel for, for a while there but now he's turned the wick up and uh, he's uh, edging away quite quickly now for Andrew Davis and Chad McCombie in their battle for second place but just looking at the lap times the Aston Martin's been very consistent through its stint it looks through yes and here is the, the uh, Chevrolet 
onto pit lane. I think and the, uh, that heavy Chevy was just um, perhaps losing a little bit of pace toward the end of that stint. That's 41 minutes, including three under yellow uh, and 26 laps. I would suggest that the fuel was not the governing factor uh, on that one. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Surely Robin Liddell will be plugged in now. Yes, he's going to be. Share Adam, take us through the pit stop and then at the end of that, give us an alpha update, please. The governing factor on that stop, John, was probably Robin Liddell getting sick of listening to us talking about him <laughs> waiting to get in the car. So he called Andrew Davis on the radio and said, hey, my turn, my car, let me go. Uh, it is four new Michelin tires for the Scotsman waiting on fuel as well, but the tire change is still going on, so no time is lost as of yet. And a good stop by Rebel Rock all around is now the determining factor left front tire going on. Fuel is still plugged in, though, so no time is being lost. And now the car comes off the air jacks. Fuel probe comes out perfectly timed. Wow, that was super impressive. All right, Alpha update before I give you uh, the pitch. Just before you do that, Shay, I'm going to make a comment about that Rebel Rock stop. They were only putting the fuel in for as long as it took them to do the tyres because they know they need another pit stop to get them to the end. So you're right, they didn't lose any time. But as soon as that car hit the ground, the fuel pull probe was pulled out. Uh, and so that's what they were waiting for. So they had probably got a little more fuel than they were anticipating there because of that snafu with the front tyre. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, pit stop for the number 29. This was uh, Spencer Brockman, I believe, who brought the car in. No, it was Parker Chase. I'm sorry. Parker Chase bringing the green and white Hyundai in. Fuel and four new tires. So he's getting rears too. It's a, a rare Christmas day for all the TCR drivers as they're waiting on fuel. Not a fast flow into that tank either, have to say. It looked very reminiscent of the 21, the sister car that was having all the issues earlier on into the pits also comes the number 40 that's the pf racing mustang the pink one and i believe i saw a driver change there too so james pesic out and chad mccumby in for the final bit of driving duties and yeah mm, no i don't think so i think that's chad standing next to the car actually so i'm going to hold my tongue on that one second jeremy chad was driving wasn't he in that middle stint that would explain it. So now it's James Pesic back behind the wheel. Thank Correct. you, Jeremy. Correct. Um, and very clean stop from them. The Alpha update that was promised to everybody. It was a transmission issue. They had to change a pump to help them be able to shift better, but they got it changed and the car is back out and circulating. That's a good call from you, Shay. You thought it might have been stuck in uh, a single gear. All right, an hour and 15 minutes. So still for the GS cars, probably about... Well, what have, what have we what did we have there? Still probably about 35, uh, 30 minutes maybe, 35 minutes before the last pit stop window opens, maybe a little less uh, than that. It's round about, it seems to be around about 40 for the GS cars, around about 42, 43 minutes, not much more than that, even with a bit of yellow the last time around. I'm slightly surprised at, again, unless people are playing a bit of tactics here, Jeremy, and, uh, and trying to get track position. But Carl Marcelli has stayed out. Uh, he yep. pitted at the same time as the number 71 Rebel Rock car. He's been out 44 minutes now, three laps of full course caution in the 28-lap stints. It's exactly the same for the Bimmer World BMW behind him and for Trent Hinman, but Hinman has just peeled off into the pits. 
He has indeed, and uh, Bill Oberlin, uh, who is a, a lap down to the leader at the moment. Yeah, he's just a few cars behind him, catching up rapidly because he's just set oh, wow. uh, not only the fastest lap of the race, but uh, a new lap record for Bill Oberlin. Uh, 1 minute 26.688. That just beats the previous mark that was set by the similar car last year of Devin Jones. And we talked about Devin earlier on. Get well soon, Devin. But unfortunately, your lap record has been taken away from you while you've been absent. I know you'll be back here uh, looking to get that back. Uh, hopefully next year. So the battle continues at the front of the field. Karl Marcelli, Iwood, and Gregory Leafage. Uh, I, I think maybe one or two more laps at the outside for those two. That would take them to 30 or 31 laps with a little bit of yellow at the beginning of it. We've not seen anything uh, much greater than that from the uh, GS cars unless there's been longer periods of yellow when we had that very long, what, 19 minutes, 18 and a half minutes. Oh, a little bit of debris on the track coming out of turn five to turn six. Oh, it's all right, it's been moved. Uh, by, uh, by, the, uh, by one of the TCR cars. Uh, hello to our safety workers as well, listening on uh, 98.1 FM around the circuit. Thank you very much indeed for all your hard work. Pat, Steve and Mike, among others, down at Rescue 5. Hopefully, and I always say this to you guys, I hope you have absolutely nothing to do at all between now and the end of the race. Robin Liddell down to the 26s as well, 26.7. So barely a tenth off that new lap record, Jeremy, for Robin Liddell. 26.761 for the Scotsman. That waiting around, um, he might have been getting bored, but it's uh, not slowed him down any, has it? It certainly has not, no, and he's uh, it's certainly going to be in the thick of this. Uh, Eric Foss is currently running in a third position, well, actually fourth, because uh, Gabby Chavez remains out in the number 33 car. 103 laps completed now by our race leader, Carl Marcelli. Gregory Leofouge brings the Bimmer World BMW car number 82 onto pit lane out of second place. Eric Foss is about a minute behind Carl uh, Marcelli. So uh, we'll see how long they take to make a pit stop here and whether Carl Marcelli, I don't think he'll be able to, to maintain the lead. I think Eric Foss will still have the lead after the round of pit stops. Dylan McAvern, number 80, Bimmer World BMW. He is running behind the Eric Foss car. And then Jeff Westfall is next up in the number 39 car, about another six seconds further back down the road. McAvern's got uh, probably another six or seven, maybe eight laps to go, or if you prefer, 12 to 15 minutes before he pits. What's that going to take him to? No, he's not going to get to the end from there. Uh, the piece of debris between five and six came from Indy Donchi's Winwood Racing Mercedes. Uh, it's been moved a couple of times by a couple of TCR cars. And a full course yellow is out. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. For the, and that is for that piece of debris on the back straight. It had been hit twice and really clobbered a windscreen of one of the cars. And I, and I think the onboard shots that we saw here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, they will have been seen in race control as well. And it's quite a sizable piece of carbon fibre. So we are back under the control of the Corvette safety car for our third full course yellow after 40 minutes near enough of green flag racing. 
this shouldn't take too long to move the piece of debris. The question is, at the discretion of race control, of course, they could make this a quicker yellow, leave the pits closed and fire us straight back to green flag. No, 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 no. We, that's only if it's in 15 minutes of a previous caution. Which or at isn't. the discretion of race control, it says in the in the uh, in the rule book. Oh, okay. I th I'm pretty certain it does. Sorry, say again, sure. It says that after almost everything, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, th uh, there's no need to go through all the rigmarole here, though, is there? You just want to get that out of the way and set everybody back off again. Surely. Don't quite follow no, that one, but... Okay. So, just missed by a couple of the TCR cars and then the uh, grey and orange Hyundai flicks it up in the air. Uh, and, it, and when it first came off, it was picked up by somebody as well. It, the safety car's done its job now in two respects, Jeremy. We, we've got the, the debris off the road, and it's done what you like, which is close everything up for entertainment's sake. We don't need to do anything else, do we? That's my point. We can just get back racing again. No? Um, it kind of defeats the object, then. Well, well, you've closed everything back up again. That's the point, isn't it? That's the bit that you like about the safety car. Yeah, but the whole, the, the, all the strategic options, options are, are so much different if, if you don't uh, follow the full procedures. So, uh, you know, it, it completely messes the, the, the teams need to know what the, what the rules are going into the race. You can't change the rules uh, at your discretion halfway through them, I wouldn't have thought. But, but, you, but okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fair, I, fair I just think we're going to waste a whole load of race time faffing about going through everything when, we, when the piece of debris is going to take two seconds to pick up. Uh, except the Aston Martin's going to conk out again, obviously. Uh, and that'll take us a bit longer. Uh, and you've packed everybody up now. We, uh, we are going to go through the whole yeah, procedure. That's, 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 that's the rules over here, John. I mean, that's, that, that, yeah, that's, what we, that's what IMSA does. I mean, they, they reset the field. The cars that have been inconvenienced by this full course course are able to go around and rejoin the back of the back. I mean, that's what we had, you, we had in the past, that your drivers, a car would win a race by a whole lap just because of the timing for the, of the caution period. Whereas now, I, I really like these rules where you know, they reset the field uh, and uh, then we get back to racing. We've still got an hour and, uh, and seven minutes remaining in this race and there's still a lot of strategy to be played out and you, know, you play your strategy according to what the regulations are and uh, you're right, there, there is the acid crawling around again. We're under caution. Yeah. So it's not going full speed. No, but it did one under non-full speed as well, in fairness. Yeah about 10 laps ago. Well, let's see who comes down pit lane. Uh, the, there's almost no doubt, is there, that Kyle Marcelli will come down pit lane because he's already been out for 32 laps. So, actually, he must be quite tight on fuel uh, as it stands right now. Uh, he, he's really lost out here um, because he would have been coming in at or around this time anyway, but he would have had a big lead over everybody else, and now that's gone, so he's massively lost out. Uh, Troy, who's that, John? Kyle Marcelli. He was due a pit stop anyway, so he's now got the lead that he had has disappeared, so he's going to lose out. Gabby Chavez, he's due in... That's the car it's scored in second place at the moment. He's due in as well. Chavez, it might not be too bad for, because if, if it goes yellow for a little bit longer, and it will, 
how long has Chavez been out? 31 laps. Now that's still only 50 minutes for a TCR car. So no, which is, he's which not, is not a problem. He, they can do an hour TCR, no problem. So nobody you know, has TCR, done an hour though today, Jeremy. There's not one car that's done done TCR. an hour. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I t sorry, I tell a lie. No, I tell a lie. Uh, they've done 40 laps, albeit four of of of, of, uh, of yellow. It's not that. That's sorry. I, I I'll take I'll take that back. Um, the LA Honda World Civic, the 73 cars, done a 40 lap stint. It's the longest one, I think. Uh, this could be interesting for one or two of the GS cars, though. Um, that's it's still too far away for GS to get to the end. And here in the pit lane for emergency service, I reckon. Oh no, pits are open, shit. Pits are open yep. for Kyle Marcelli, so he does get to come in. And at the moment, I think he's the only car that has come in to the pit lane he's from got GS. Dylan, he's got oh. Dylan McAvern, but that's way behind him right now, the 80 Bimmer World BMW. So, our, as he was the leader, Kyle Marcelli comes into the pit lane. Very used Michelin's coming off that car and rolling on their own accord back to the pit wall like good little tires should always do. Four new sticker Michelin's going on that car and a lot of fuel. Now, Kyle, before the race, said that he and Nate Stacy and the whole core motorsports crew could win this race if they were good on their pit stops and good on their fuel economy. So far, they've been good on both. So now they just need to make sure that this pit stop goes perfectly according to plan. The right side tires were changed. Waiting on the left front car comes off the air jacks. The Mission Motorsports sticker on the back of the car located right above the air jack release. Car goes rolling back out and the fuel oh. are actually falling over onto the tire as the car was leaving the pit lane. I hope Kyle didn't move with the fuel probe still attached. So, uh, so who's this going to put in the lead of the race? Uh, this is going to put the TCR, Gabby Chavez, at the lead of the race until he, he pits. He'll pit this time around. Pits will be open for TCRs this time around. So, so Eric Foss will go back to the front. Indeed. Which is what was going to happen in any case uh, had the, the caution not uh, not to come out. There's a replay of that uh, at the end of that pit stop. I don't uh -oh. think that the fueler was actually knocked over by the car leaving. I think perhaps over he the put wheel. his other foot down. Yeah, and the wheel was there. Uh, Eric has uh, done 14 laps, three of which now are under yellow. Uh, and Carl Marcelli, who's just who just brought that car in, stayed in. So they did 33 laps, albeit with a bit of yellow. Uh, Robin Liddell is, and Trent Hindman. Now, this is interesting for them because I said before that I didn't think that either of those two cars would be able to get to the end on one stop. Depending on how long this takes, um, this is going to bring them right into the window for going to the end on just one more stop, which they were going to struggle with before. But I think that they, that will certainly bring Trent Hinman in because he hasn't been out for that long I think he's only been out for six laps yeah he has and Robert might only have been out for a couple more uh, yeah and of course only two green flag laps for Robin so they're going to be able to go let's say another 40 minutes from here that'll easily take them inside the time for even if it was 30 minutes they're going to be inside the time they only have to get to about 43 44 minutes so this is interesting. So everybody's going to have to make one more stop, Jeremy. Those little splashes that we were talking about, about one or two teams, that uh, 
That might that might have gone away now. So Marillo Racing now are leading, as Jeremy rightly pointed out. From Carbon, from Robin Liddell, the Scotsman with effectively only two laps of green uh, under his tyres and fuel. Eric Voss uh, will have had about 10 laps of green and Jeff Westfall around about eight laps of green. So this is going to be interesting. Starting to even up again now. And we have been under yellow for just coming up to 10 minutes. So that's uh, what's getting on for that six racing laps we've lost at this point. For that bit of debris. And then we'll pack up behind and let's see how long it takes before we go racing again. Coming down to the last hour, race control taking the opportunity sensibly to uh, sensibly to sweep the circuit and blow the circuit off. And there is going to be a pit lane penalty, by the way, for the court Aston Martin because it moved and then stopped and it moved with the fuel hose still attached so that is Oof. most definitely a pit lane violation well that's costly for that team as massively. well Boy, that's a having, massive all moment the, all the uh, championship contenders are having some having some sort of issues aren't they on the pit lane uh, the timing of this caution by the way has enabled uh, Bill Arbelin in the number 95 car, Gregory Leofouge in the number 82 and the number 22 of Sebastian Prio to move back onto the lead lap now. So uh, they were in between. When the uh, the race leader, uh, number 60, came onto the pit lane, they were between the uh, class leader, which is now Eric Foss, and the uh, safety car, so they were able to go around to the back of the pack. So. Uh, we've got three cars that are now in the race that wouldn't have been uh, without this uh, IMSA procedure. And three contending cars. Oh, yes, too. absolutely. And, and so as that, you said, that's and, why I like it. Well, yes. Yeah, and, otherwise, uh, yeah. And, and as you said, Jeremy, that, you know, that is part of the game. That is the game. It's part of the entertainment. It's part of the show. And it gives those guys a chance. And you've got to know how to work that. And you've got to, you can't plan your strategy on that, of course, because you never know when a safety car is coming out. And we don't want a safety car out because it means there's been a problem somewhere. But once it happens, you've got to react quickly uh, and make your decisions to be able to optimise it for you and for your team. So, yeah, absolutely right. And those guys have done exactly the right thing. Uh, Shea, uh, just a quick uh, update on those TCR stops as we are doing the final wave by now. We have the number 29, that's the white and green Hyundai from BHA. It is still Parker Chase behind the wheel of that one. They inherited the lead because they had come in to do fuel and tires not very long before that caution came out. They came back in once again, but did fuel only. And since everyone else in the TCR class on the lead lap also came down the pits on that lane, it means the 29 is back out in front. Yeah, and they'd only done eight laps as well before, so it's a very quick splash of fuel to get them back. Uh, and they are they are going to be able to go to the end from here because we're doing the class split at the moment, so that suggests there'll be another lap of yellow. Yeah, the safety car lights haven't gone out yet, so we'll have another full two and a half miles of yellow. So that's going to give us... That's going to be 15 minutes. 
Yes, exactly. Gives everybody a chance to pack back up again. So that's going to be 15 minutes. So that's, what, 11, 11 laps of... Well, not just less than that. Let's say 10 laps of, of racing that we've lost in that uh, situation. That's good. So everybody gets the chance to go. Certainly the TCRs now, Jeremy, those, particularly those that have just splashed, like the... Uh, 77 Honda World and the Brian Herter Autosport and the, and the 73, the Pombo car and the Gabby Chavez car. They're all good to the end now. Um, I'm pretty certain of that. So that gives us no more worries in terms of who got the strategy right or wrong because that's all been levelled up for the dash to the flag for those guys. The 98 car will have to stop again, but I think that car's off the lead lap now, isn't it? The yeah, it's actually it's actually just one. It's uh, yeah, no, it's still. I think that's just one lap off the lead now. I think he's uh, missing Felipe behind the wheel of that. around in that Veloster. Yeah, I think it's just one lap off the lead now. The Alphas laps down as well, of course, after that uh, gearbox shifting issue. Well, this is very interesting now because we're only about 12 minutes away from the final pit window opening. And everybody who's out there can get that far <laughs> at the front of the field. Yeah, this is going to be a tremendous motor race now. And you know, it, the interesting thing is we we kind of back to where we were uh, before the caution period, before the round the pit stops at least. Number 56 car leads from the number 39. The, the 95 car, of course, had a problem and uh, fell back down the order with the. Uh, with the with the puncture but that's now back in contention albeit uh, bill obin's got a lot of cars to pass before he can get himself right up to the front of the field but uh, you know this is going to be a, a really interesting dash to the finish from here the number 71 car is uh, very much in contention with robin liddell at the wheel yeah how much further are we going to go answer no more because the corvette is pulling away from the front of the field. Yeah, Robin Liddell's going to be the, I think he's probably the favourite now if he can. Uh... Yeah. Just coming up to 16, 15 and a half minutes of yellow then as we go back to green with 55 and a half minutes to go. Everybody needing in the GS field one more stop from here. Let's wait to see if that penalty gets called on the Aston Martin for moving with the hose attached. That is going to be very costly for that core motorsports, Aston Martin, because those are the guys who were the last ones to stop, and Robin Liddell wastes no time in going up to second place around Jeff Westphal. And this is target acquired for the Scotsman. Jeremy, we've seen Robin Liddell in this kind of mood before. I don't think he was very happy about the earlier uh, yellow flag procedure in that long a safety car period when the safety car was uh, deployed and then stopped and then deployed again and I think he's a bit wound up here he's a very very quick driver he doesn't need any more motivation but I feel he's got it now and he's going to chase down the Murillo Racing Eric Foss car yeah just a quick note uh, John after the wave around the number 95 car Bill Oblin and Gregory Leofouge in the BMW Colour 82, they both made a pit stop, so they are quite a long way behind the uh, the back of the field right now. But they, uh, if there's another caution period, they should be get, able to get uh, get to the end from here. Uh, or if there's any more yellow 
Uh, they only, it's they, another caution period. Yeah, they might be able to stay out when everybody exactly. else will have to splash. They yeah. don't need much yellow to be able to go from here. Uh, what is it, 10 minutes roundabout of, 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 uh, of racing. So that's eight laps of fuel, really. A little bit less than that, maybe. Uh, the Alpha will be getting a stop plus 60. It's the uh, number five car for running the pit exit light and drive through for the number 60 penalty driving or leaving with equipment attached that is the core racing car so as we thought that car will have to come back down pit lane and that Jeremy Shaw after the, the field has been packed up of course is actually in some ways even more costly that is a real kick in the teeth for those guys tiny mistake and that's going to cost them dearly. Well, it is. We saw the same problem, or very similar problem, last uh, time out for the number 71 Rebel Rock Racing team. They had a, a miscue in the pits, which uh, got, caused them a drive-through penalty and any chance to win the race. And uh, same again here for the number 60 car. So a very rare mistake, uh, well, particularly by Cor Corbett Sports. They've been running these cars at the front for a very long time. The Rebel Rock team is kind of relatively new to the sport, but uh, costly errors for both of them but now Robin Liddell is charging and he's up into second race here comes the Aston Martino to serve its penalty and that's going to drop already down to seventh eighth wait for the PF racing car to come through there it goes James Pesek ninth so that basically is the whole GS field that's on the lead lap the TCR three leaders have gone through uh, and now he's got about half a minute for B for Bill Oberlin, actually, it wasn't the whole GS field because Bill and Gregory, of course, Jeremy had told us, had done that little run through the pit lane. But even so, Bill Oberlin's not going to be that long. He was about half a minute away from the lead, so it's not going to be long. Just gets out. So there goes Kyle Marcelli out of the pit lane. Meantime, at turn six, heading towards turn seven, Robert Liddell has, has got the leader in its sights and if Eric Voss was in a fighter plane he would be hearing tone in his ear that uh, tells him that something's got target acquired and something is a Rebel Rock Racing number 71 Chevrolet Camaro in that very distinctive urban grid colour scheme down towards the bottom of the hill at turn 10 Robin shapes to pull out for a moment but then drops in behind and this is the battle for the lead and, for, and forget the pit stop strategy now because even though the, that lead car is on a slightly different strategy Eric uh, was uh, has been out 36 minutes uh, but that was a lot of yellow in that he's done 21 laps I, I reckon he's still got 10 laps to go Eric will be able to get into the pit stop window for one stop from here and Robin doesn't have that issue. Robin can easily get to that. He's a good seven laps better off than the car ahead of him. But again, yeah. remember, this yellow, there's some yellow in that. But ultimately, that doesn't matter right now because everybody can get to about 40, 45 minutes to go, which is where they can make it to the end from for a GS, GS car. 
That, that's right, John. I mean, everybody's in the window to get there with one more stop. No Correct. question about that. Uh, but what's interesting, as you point out there, is the fact that the number 71 car will need, need less fuel, yeah. therefore a shorter stop than Eric Foss. So if Robin Nadell, if he can't find an easy way past Eric Foss, all he's really got to do is follow him closely. Yeah. And then when they do make their pit stops, it'll be a much shorter stop. He should be able to leapfrog him there and move into the lead of this race. But look who's right behind him is the defending series champion, Jeff Westall in the Audi. And he's not losing any ground at all. Uh, Robin Liddell thinks about making a move to the inside, describe, decides, uh, no, not this time. Uh, so Eric Foss will continue to lead. Look, this Eric Foss uh, uh, and Jeff Mosing, what, what a combination they've been for Marilla Racing. Out of the, the last 46 races, they've had 37 top 10s and 21 top 5s. OK, a lot of those were in ST, which they, which they were you know, a top dog in a few years ago. But it's dated back to 2015, a tremendous amount of success. Uh, they're, they're looking for their first win in quite a while, but they're, they're always contenders. They're always in the top 10. They're always there or thereabouts. And Eric Foss is doing exactly what he needs to do in this race right now. On that point, Jeremy, and it's a good point you make about how, uh, how, when and how you get to the end from here in terms of making your final stop and how long you're stationary for, there'll be a question about how good your tyres are. And obviously, the less time you've been out on them, the better they're going to be. Then comes the question, do you do two or four? Um, anybody who's been out a long time will probably want to do all four. You're right about the fuel. And that brings Trent Hinman and Dylan McAvan into this. McAvan, by far the last stopper. He's only, at the moment, been out of the pits for eight laps in that BMW, of which only four are green flag laps. So that's a huge advantage that he's got. Trent Hinman has got four or five uh, more than that. But those two and Robin Liddell are in excellent position for a, a slightly shorter final stop. And so long as Hinman and Magavan don't drop too far away from the leaders, and they're only three, four seconds behind at the moment, that fuel advantage that they have got may well yet play, to their, uh, play into their hands, not necessarily for how far they can go, but how little time they have to stop to get to the end. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. This is a... Uh... Uh, a, a great uh, battle is unfolding here uh, and there's still a lot of strategy to be played out. You know, when do you make this final pit stop? Do you need to make this final pit stop? But uh, Eric Foss out in the lead of the race. Uh, it's been a while since he's led a race uh, overall. I think uh, I'll have to check that one out. But uh, it's it's been a while, certainly. But he's uh, just uh, hitting his marks. He's been fast all the way through this race. And uh, he and Robin Liddell and looming behind Jeff Westfall. It's... Uh, Interesting to see three different cars, isn't it? Right up at the front there, the Mercedes, the Chevrolet, yep. and the Audi. And uh, you know, not too further, not too much back, as you say, just a second or so further back. Trent Hinman in the Porsche, and the best of the BMWs, plus the Ford Mustang of Seb Prio. He's charging along there in the seventh place. That car was very fast in the early stages. Here's this great battle that's going on in TCR. Uh, the 29 car leads from the 33. They've been, they've the, the, the two cars at the front here. The uh, the, the white and the red Hyundais. They've exchanged positions each of the last two laps. Are they going to do it again here? Uh, and the number 73 car, Matt Pombo, is trying to hang on in third place, but he's got some lapped uh, cars uh, also from Brian Hood at Autosport that's going to try and prevent that from happening. Black flag for the Alpha. They haven't come in for their penalty. They'll start, uh, they'll just stop getting scored uh, shortly. Uh, Jeff Westphal 
uh, has pitted with 46 minutes to go. Right, that's interesting. And I have to say, I don't think I was quite expecting that. He's only done 20 laps, so that wasn't a fuel issue. So they must think they're in the window here, Jeremy. Uh, they'd only done, uh, let's see, uh, four, seven, 11 green flag laps in that uh, in that run because of all the uh, yellow that we had there. So there you go. The Audi thinks they can go from here. 45 minutes or so by the time they get back out on the track. So we can say now that the uh, the window to the end is open. Uh, absolutely right, we can. Yes, and uh, you know the reason to come for coming in now is if they, they, they've made their final stop, they're going to stay on the lead lap or uh, assume be a good pit stop. Uh, and if there is a full course caution, the pits will be closed and they will uh, cycle to the front. So good strategy here once again from Steve Dynan and this uh, car barn with Peregrine Racing team. Uh, this is how they won the championship one year ago. You know, there the, are the no dubbies there at that team. And uh, Jeff Westfall is a very, very accomplished driver as, as a defending series champion should be. Uh, so he's going to charge hard now. He's going to have clear track as well. So he's going to be uh, yeah, pushing hard good. here in this number 39 car. Sure, uh, you might not know this, but did they take tyres and did they have one of their seven sets of new Michelins to get to the cars? We've got another puncture. Another puncture for the 95 Auburn car. This time it's the left rear of that car. I think it was the left front before from memory. This has been cruel. Look, and another hard day for Turner Motorsport. Uh, and that car is going to get to the pit lane, but barely running on the rim and what's left of the tyre. I think there's a bit of damage at the back of that car in the rear valance uh, as well. Uh, Shea Adam was uh, watching that... Uh, Number 39, Carbon Audi. Uh, I think it's only seven sets for the GS uh, car, cars share. Uh, and uh, the, the question for me is, is whether they had a, a full set of Michelins left. Uh, and if so, did they use them? Well, that's a question I've just posed to Tyler McQuarrie uh, because he would have had a much better perspective on it than I did. But they were only in the pit lane for a total of 69 seconds. That's a short uh, fuel. That's because of short so, fuel. Yeah. Short fuel. Yeah. So I don't think, given their time on the pit lane compared to everybody else's last pit time, uh, no, it was 66 seconds was the last time for Oberlin when he did uh, fuel only, and it was 69 seconds for Westfall. So yeah, I would say fuel only. Uh, may have taken. Yeah, they, they, as you say, John, before uh, they, they didn't need a full tank of fuel no, no, not at, at all. this stage. Not at all. Top it off. They'd only done 11 green flag laps and a bit of running around behind the, you know, 15 minutes of running around behind the, the safety car it uses fuel. Of course it does. But you, you lean off the, the map uh, as the Turner Motorsport BMW comes in for a pair of rears on that car. They may have just done one side oh, while the fuel was going in. Well. Go ahead, Jeremy, sorry. Yeah, number four car is also into the pit lane, out of third position right, to make its final stop. And uh, Seb Prio has just got past Dylan McEvern. Uh, that is for um, fourth position. So number 22, Ford, into fourth place. So it's now Mercedes, Chevrolet, Porsche and Ford at the front and then BMW. VP, Steer Frosty, 240 at Michelin. Raceway Road, Atlanta. Once one car goes in, and particularly when it's one of the leading lights, Jeremy, that tends to trigger because nobody wants to get caught on the wrong side of a safety car. Roads, it's not like uh, oval racing. Uh, you, you, as soon as somebody comes in, you want to get in. You want to do your last pit stop first, and that's always the key here, just in case. 
And I, and I wonder if Robert Liddell, who's not been able to get past Eric Voss, I wonder if they're thinking now about bringing Robert in and fueling him to the end. He won't need a lot of fuel. True, true. Uh, but uh, you know, do you do you take that risk? I mean, if there is another full course caution, he may well be be able to get to the end without needing another. Well, that that is. Well, he's he's got he's he's got no he's what's he done? He's done. He's only done about again about 11, 12 laps of green flag racing, albeit he's been out there for for 20 laps and 34 minutes. I I can't believe he'll get to the end on what he's got because it's a full tank basically from here we'd need a heck of a lot of of yellow the the gamble you take at this stage jeremy isn't it is how far do you go into the race and are we going to get a whole load of yellow that might make a big difference or do you do your pit stop now and know that you find whatever happens that's what you've got to weigh up yeah that's right uh, so you know you've got a, there's so many options out there it's uh, it's not easy being a team strategist there's the remnants of that cut tyre for the number 95 team. It's not going to be two wins in a row for Bill Oblin and Robbie Foley, unfortunately. Yeah, that was in the pit lane for those of you on radio. RS2, IMSA radio, full live coverage of all of the IMSA events. And, of course, we take over the airways of Sirius XM for the, uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as well. So, Eric Foss now... Uh, I would say probably three or four more laps before he has to come in. Oh, he's in now, is he? Right. He came in, Robin Liddell followed him in, and Seb Priu followed both of them right. in. Right, so, that, that's, so that's the Jeremy Shaw strategy there. Do what he does and we'll turn you around quicker. So what we need to know now is whether they're getting tyres. All right, well, for the Rebel Rock Racing Camaro, it is fuel and sticker tires. Uh, they're working on the left side. They did do something around the right side, but that was in the driver's compartment because it will be a shorter fuel given the last time that they came into the pit lane was 10 minutes sooner than the other people in the Two pit lane. Two tires only. Left-hand tires, tires only. only. Yeah. Left Le sides. Left sides waiting. only. Waiting for the fuel now for Robin Liddell. They're going to send Ooh. the Scotsman. Meantime, shit. Four tires for Foss. It's four tires for Foss. They did the right sides first and are doing the left sides. That's because they need more fuel. So they they they, they probably need a bit more, quite a bit more fuel because that was nearly empty that car. Looking further back to see, no, Liddell's already Liddell's gone. away, and crucially, he's out in front. I think he got out in front of Hindman. Yes, he did. So Hindman must have stopped as well. Not so very long ago. Yeah, so Robin Liddell got in front, out in front of Trent Hindman. So now this is this is heating up. This is absolutely heating up. The car now that will go long and pray for some uh, yellow at the end is Carl Marcelli because they dropped their position with that drive-through penalty. They'd been in quite late anyway. Probably can't get to the end, but they have no other choice. They pit now. They lose their position. Dylan McAvern leads in the 80 Bimmer World GT. But the battle is on between Trent Hinman, who's right up the tailpipes, and the rear wing of Robin Liddell. That was super work by Rebel Rock, Jeremy. They knew they could easily change two tyres in the amount of time that the fuel would go in. That's the choice they've made. And with 39 minutes to go, Robin Liddell will go to the end from here. Yes, he will. And here's number 40 car out of second position. James Pezek 
Uh, is he handing back that car back to Chad McCubbin for the final run to the flag? I yes. think so. Yep. Thank you, Shay. Uh, so uh, James was slipping back a little bit, but it's been a really good run for that team here this afternoon at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Marcelli also came into the pit lane. He didn't listen to you, John, but they are doing fuel only for the Aston Martin, just Ooh. waiting on that. And hopefully the foot stays on the brake. There's actually a mechanic at the front left of the car staring into the eyes of Kyle Marcelli to let him know when it is clear to leave. I didn't see that guy standing there the last time they did the pit stop. So perhaps they learned and adjusted slightly. Still waiting on the fuel. Now the probe comes out and now Kyle is told to go. Well, he couldn't have made it to the end without some fuel, Shay, so they would have had to stop. I just thought, given the amount of uh, positions, track positions that they uh, lost, they might have just given it a go. I suppose they were relatively uh, helped out by... No, that was after the safety car they had to come in, wasn't it? So, yeah, they still dropped back. So what's going to be key now is uh, where Robin Liddell, Trent Hinman and Jeff... Car uh, Jeff Westfall for Carban uh, come back round and who cycles out in the lead I'm very surprised they didn't do do tyres on that Aston unless they haven't got any more new tyres to throw at it of course they may have used their seven sets so McEvan leads at the front of the field he let's see he's going to be able to go about another 10 or 11 laps so that's getting on for 16 17 minutes maybe a little bit more than that that will give him around about a 20 minute sprint to the finish so the 80 car leads it 57 car back out uh, and now back in when did that come back out here adam that completely slipped by my attention. Uh, I didn't see Philip Ellis rejoin the track, but he's only shown as seven laps off the lead. So good effort by Winward to get that car that had the contact, remember, with Rochegger as racing in the Audi uh, at the top of the S's earlier on. Well, it must have been out for quite some time because I've got that as a 31-lap stint for Phil Ellis. So he's been out for some time, uh, unseen by us, I have to say. Did that car not get trailed back to the pit, the paddock? Yeah, it did. Right, okay. Um, well, it has been out for quite some time, uh, is the answer to that. Right, TCR, I said we'd do a bit of catch-up on that. TCR are running third, fourth and fifth. Then we have a new leader, and it's the red number 33. That happened just last lap around, going down the back straight. Just used the slipstream and went through. So that is Gabby Chavez now who leads from Parker Chase. Yeah, I think it was a replay a couple of laps couple ago. Couple of laps, was it? Yeah. Now, yeah, but, no, but you're right, just recently, and he's he's romping away now at a second a lap ahead of uh, Parker Chase. That's Gabby Chavez, the uh, former uh, Indy Lights champion and uh, IndyCar driver. Uh, super to see him uh, doing well. He's had uh, all sorts of bad luck, it seems, in the early stage this year, but they have had one win. They won the race at Road America, he and fellow Indy Lights driver Ryan Norman so they're looking for their second win on the season and to try and make some some ground in the standings they came into this weekend just 11 points off the championship lead so two BMWs leading in GS and the gap between them some 31 seconds and Dylan McEvan then uh, who 
leads in that white and purple Bimmer World machine. We have had the two Bimmer World cars uh, first and second earlier on in this race as well. This is the racing to end Alzheimer's car, a fabulous cause. Get onto your search engine and have a look for it. They've been raising a lot of money down through the years. It's also the car that is a bit lighter than when it started. It's been on a COVID dive diet, hasn't put the COVID kilos on. It's taken them off, it's got no rear bumper. It's a bit wide at turn seven onto the back straight. Leah Fug in second place. And then it's the two TCRs, and then it's Robin Liddell. So Robin Liddell leads the cars that have done their final pit stops, and that's all down to that strategy. Two tyres only for Rebel Rock. He's 52 seconds behind the leader, Jeremy. So that's going to make things very, very tight indeed for McAvern and Bimmer World and for Leofug and Bimmer World to get in and out of the pits. Uh, but they're not going to need a lot of, lot of fuel, are they? They're only going to need about 20, 25 minutes worth of fuel, and that's, that's what they're banking on here. Looks like they're going to go long. Indeed so, and here's the battle we're watching now, which is effectively for... Uh fifth position Turn seven. in GS now with those uh, two BIM World cars out in front and uh, needing to make another pit stop but Jeff Westfall now coming in the, in the increasing pressure from Eric Foss who slipped a long way back with that longer last pit stop. Leah Fuchs been out in green flag racing for 23 minutes we've got 32 to go that would give him a 55 minute stint he surely cannot do that without another stop what was he lap time last time around a 28.5 he's not in fuel save mode Eric Foss did a 26.7 last time around his fastest lap of the race Foss comes to drivers right into turn one as he tries to go up the inside of Westfall and actually made that pretty easy so we know what Voss and Marillo Racing's tactics are Jeremy it's turning up to the max head down no nonsense mindless boogie Let's go. Yeah, it, it is. It, that's been a fast car all day. And uh, yeah, for, for the Peregrine Carbon team, this, the Audi, which we, we ride with Jess Westfall right now, they know they don't have the ultimate pace right here, but it's looking like another strong finish for that team and potentially could retake the championship lead if they can finish in these uh, in these top few positions. They were just five points behind uh, Jim Cox and Dylan Murray coming in here. Just three points behind Nate St Stacey and Kyle Marcelli. So they would uh, assuredly take the championship lead again in that number 39 car if they stay where they are. So crunching the numbers all the time. Back of Ernalea Fug then for Bimmer World. 30 seconds between them. 28-8 from McAvern. Now, McAvern got that stint started some 30-odd uh, minutes ago, 32 minutes ago. Started with the, the last few laps of the last safety car that we had. So he will have to come to pit lane. The question will be two, four or no tyres and then how much fuel. It's a little bit more difficult with Leah Fug. Gregory was last in the pits at 15 minutes past the hour. 
So he is going to be with a little bit of yellow. He might be able to make it. But he's going to need some yellow. I cannot believe that he can do 55 minutes of racing, Jeremy, to get to the end from here in that GS car. But it won't take very much yellow for Leofug to be there or thereabouts. The problem is that uh, he's got Robin Liddell trying to chase him down and he's only 19 seconds behind. We know that McAvern has got the stop, so the battle really here is Leofug and Liddell and that's 20 seconds. And Liddell's been pushed along by Trent Hinman, who's still only a second behind. Getting that 71 out in front of the seven, that was really important for Rebel Rock Racing. Yeah, he was, and uh, he's doing uh, exactly what he uh, what he needs to do now. Trent Hinman, though, he's hanging on well, isn't he, in that second place? I mean, the, the Porsche hasn't been as quick as the, 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 I think the Chevrolet, the Aston Martin, the Mercedes. They, they tend to be the fastest cars. Uh, on, a, on a fairly regular basis, it seems, over the last several races, although the bounce does shift back and forwards according to the different racetracks. But uh, they're certainly doing a good job here, and that's what they need. That's what they need. They're going to get themselves back in the championship reckoning. Alan Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman come into this race in a sixth position in the points. Well, nice steady laps. Another one, 28-7 at the front of the field for Dylan McAvan. 128.3 last time around, so he's getting towards the end of his stint, I would say. Expect him in within the next four or five laps, maybe. What he'll be looking at is the gap between himself and Robin Liddell, and it's coming down under 50 seconds now. And at some stage, they might decide to cut their losses and come in and try and get back out and run to the end. I'm, I'm absolutely certain they'll be crunching the numbers. Meantime, the 82 car, the Optima Battery Spimmer World car, well, that's different. They don't seem to be saving that much fuel, although he was another, he's lost a second last time around to Robin Liddell. That's now down to under 18 seconds. So Robin Liddell, for Robin Liddell, the equation, and Trent Hinman, the equation is simple, catch and pass that 82 BMW. And then it doesn't matter what they're doing on fuel. It doesn't matter if there's any yellow flag. So before anything comes out, any safety car comes out, catch and pass that Optima Batteries BMW, and, and that takes them out of the equation. That, that's, that's what they've got to do, Jeremy, and that's what they're getting on with, actually, to be fair, Robin and Trent. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, they, they are. They're certainly pushing hard, and also pushing hard is Sebastian Prio is called up onto the tail of the uh, of the Audi car number 39. That's the battle for uh, seventh and eighth on the road, sixth and seventh in GS because they're just caught up now and will go past Gabby Chavez in the TCR leading car number 33. Still the leader then, that number 80 to the McAvern with in behind him now. That was the PF racing car. And that's uh, Chad McCombie. He's the first car off the lead lap, and he's about to get back on the tail end of the lead lap here, Jeremy. It's the far end of the racetrack at turn number six. We'll dive down the inside at turn seven. Well, that's interesting. Not too much of a fight Ooh. from the number 80, and it looks like McAvern's tyres are coming to the end of their 
useful life. Big slide and two big black lines of Michelin rubber coming out of turn seven that time around. That was a 28-7 for McEvern last time around. And Chad McCombie with a 28-1, but a huge slide. Now, he, he was slightly pushed off onto the into Marblesville, but that is a lot of rubber to be laying down there and a lot of dirt out off the racing line. So that is McCombie then. So the top 10 in GS now, Jeremy, all back on the lead lap. And by the way, we've got the leading two TCRs on the overall lead lap as well. Still Gabby Chavez from uh, Parker Chase by about 12, 13 seconds at the moment. And for the moment, Robin Liddell has just shaken loose Trent Hinman to the to about two seconds. Robin will not be... I won't say he's not worried about what's going on behind him, but all he's got to do is keep putting those laps in. 27-4 last time around. Took another six-tenths out of the Bimmer World BMW number 82 as he crosses the line. This time, a 27-6. That's another four-tenths that he's just taken off. So it's now down to 16 seconds. 16.6 seconds. This is this is intriguing, Jeremy, yeah, with 25 to go. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And uh, yeah, and Trent Hinman, as you say, just uh, falling back a little bit. That that Chevrolet Camaro. The, one of the one of the remarkable things about it is the fact it's, it seems to be really easy on its tires. Yes. The drivers are able to take care of the tires, uh, particularly the professionals, uh, Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell, uh, who've uh, got a lot of experience in looking after cars with the series champions, of course. Together, those two. Uh, with a different team, so you know they, they're, they're absolutely maximising that car. Trent Hinman doing the best he can, but he's been closed upon now by uh, by Eric Foss, and a little bit further back behind Eric Foss, Jeff Westfall has been caught by Seb Prio in the uh, Ford Mustang as well. Here is this battle right now. In fact, the Mustang's got past them, hasn't he? So that's uh, Prio. They're up into sixth position. Yeah, Prio. 58 seconds away from the lead, that means 28 seconds away from Lee Fuger, who, that's where the question mark is, and that might be the car that everybody's got to chase down. There's no doubt to me that McAvern has, unless they've been hiding their fuel mileage light under a bushel, uh, I reckon he'll be in in the next two or three laps. He's been out for 40 minutes, but the first three Laps or six and a half, seven minutes of that were yellow flag. So I, I reckon that he can probably go, yeah, another, another four laps perhaps. So that's uh, six, seven minutes, maybe, maybe. But he's pushing, 29-1, last time around. Looks like he was grip limited as well when we saw him fighting or not being able to fight, should I say, against PF Racing and Chad McCombie in the 40 Mustang, who, by the way, has cleared off since he went past. And I'm not surprised because he's putting in some cracking laps. Chad a 27-2 last time around. Robin Latella 27-5. 27-6 from Eric Voss in the Marillo Racing AMG. 27-8 for... Seb Prio as he tries to chase back. 
He's doing a good job, isn't he, Dylan Ackburn? Nice and yes, consistent at the front here from uh, Burlington, Vermont. Uh, from Russell. He was a GS champion just uh, three years ago in 2017, uh, driving there with Spencer Pompelli for the RS1 team. So, you know, he knows how to win races. Uh, he's only had a couple of wins, actually, to his to his name in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. But uh, he's uh, driving beautifully right now at the front of the field and taking full advantage of the fact that the, the strategy that the World Racing Team has, uh, has presented to him. But Robin Liddell's charging along, and you know, this is still a really interesting race because uh, Hidman is being closed upon quite rapidly now by Eric Foss in the number 56 Mercedes. That is uh, potentially the battle between fourth and fifth positions. BMWs are, are hoping for a race neutralisation. Another intervention for a full course yellow. That is for sure the only way that McAvern can get to the end. Leifug needs less help, but I still think needs some help. If you're joining us in the last 20 minutes, first of all, where have you been? The VP, Steer Frosty 240. Well, I know that uh, Steer Frosty is, VP Steer Frosty is the official coolant of IMSA, but at the moment, the battles on track are hot, hot and hotter still, with the two BMWs on a very different strategy. Robin Liddell, the best of the cars that we're sure can go to the end with some very snazzy pit tactics from Rebel Rock Racing. Archangel, similar sort of thing for Trent Hindman and Marillo Racing for Eric Voss. Robin Liddell, just two tyres at the last stop and enough fuel to get him to the end in that Camaro. Meantime in TCR, Gabby Chavis leads for Brian Herder Autosport in the 3300. Then it's Parker Chase. And then 22 seconds further back is the first of the Hondas, the LA Honda World Racing number 73. That's your top three there. Good run, by the way, for Gabby Chavez and the 33 team. Remember, that car was in the gravel early on, Jeremy, that red number 33. And it was chasing the Alpha for the lead, wasn't it? Yeah, good point, actually. So I know it's not Danny Sullivan's spin and win, but it's, <laughs> it's pebbles and win. Sounds like something out of the Flintstones. Gravel and travel, maybe. I, I don't know. Somebody can work out something that rhymes. 20 minutes to go. The gap between... Ryan Eversley. Yeah, Ryan Eversley at the moment in fourth position for the yeah. LA Honda World Team. Yeah, 77. Uh, they need a good result. Uh, he and Taylor Hagler, uh, they've had uh, anything that can go wrong, has gone wrong. I don't think actually Ryan's even got in the car for the last couple of races because there have been early problems for Taylor. Uh, and uh, but she did a you know nice uh, steady opening stint and Ryan obviously the car doesn't have the pace of the front running uh, Hyundai's apparently it would appear certainly not on on a longer run in TCR but he's doing the best he can and running fourth place would be a good result for that LA Honda World Team particularly with their teammate Matt Pombo up in third he's chasing Parker Chase he's not going to catch him but uh, they're third and fourth in this race. Robin Littell doing what he does we've seen and ha we've had some excitement with Robin. Robin down through the years and this looks like it's going to be another cracker as he chases down Gregory Leifuga the bright red number 33 as we documented has been in the gravel crosses the line now another lap for Gabby Chavez probably won't stay inside the top 10 and on the lead lap but that's been a good run and the 
129.0 it is the best TCR lap and that was for Parker Chase that was basically only three seconds away from the best of the GS laps uh, and that yeah. 26.2 was a new lap record there's a lot of 27s higher 26s and 27s so you're talking about a couple of seconds really Jeremy away from the bulk of the GS field for the front of the TR TCR field that's that's great performance from these little two litre front wheel drive cars well, it is, isn't it? For Parker Chase, this would be his second fastest lap in a row. That's quite a feather wow. in, in his cap. He's just outside Michael Lewis's uh, TCR record from last year. That was a 28.830, but a 29 flat is a good effort by Parker Chase. But it is his, his uh, teammate. Uh, there he is. But that was Parker Chase. He's chasing along. But, yeah, he's, he's losing ground to Gabby Chavez. Gabby Chavez is clearly faster. Uh, at this stage of the race in number 33, but looking like at least another 1-2 result for that Brian Herter Autosport Kerbegajanian team. Now just uh, stroking at home, the 33 car, Gabby Chavez not taking any risks in traffic. Coming up on one of the team cars, that's the number 21 that had problems earlier on. Mark Wilkins did set a fast lap earlier on though. And they haven't had it their own way. A bit of change for the Velosters this time around. A little less fuel for them. Been a very successful programme by Brian Herner Autosport. Originally, of course, with the Hyundai i30 NTCR, which is the hatchback, more standard five-door hatchback platform. Ah, here is the leader in. I'll get back to that in a minute. Share Adam. Here comes McAvern. So now we've got to keep our eye on who goes through. We certainly think Leah Fuga will and, and uh, Robin Liddell will be very close indeed. He's only 40 seconds behind what's going on down in the Bimmer World Pit. Fuel only. They're checking the tyre pressures on the left side at the very least, but this is a timed fuel stop. 16 minutes and a half left in this race. Wow. So they don't need a full tank of fuel, does the purple and white BMW, and away goes the Bimmer World machine. But this will cost McAvern the lead. There through goes Foss. Who's behind him? Uh, that would be the Mustang, the 22 Multimatic. So he's lost quite a few positions through this. Yeah, and no tyres there. So he's not going to have an excess of grip. And we already thought he was grip limited at the rear of that car, Jeremy. So that car is going to drop away. And their big... Their big gamble was on having some more yellow before the end of the race. And that hasn't worked for them. So they now will take what they can get as he's back out and on the circuit. Yeah, the car to watch right now is number 56 car, Eric Foss, who's almost caught. I think Trent Hinman is catching him at a very rapid rate for what is now third place on the racetrack. I think they're both pulling away from Seb Prio. Uh, who, who uh, has got out ahead also of that number 80 BMW Ooh. to see where Jeff Westfall fits into that picture as well. Here comes the number 82 car onto the pit lane on the very next lap. And the gap had closed down to just 9.6 seconds from Liddell. So there's not a chance they can turn that car around now and get it out. So that car's bid and it's gamble again has not paid off. So Liddell 
has gone through and Robin Liddell leads for Rebel Rock Racing with 15 minutes on the nose to go. Hinman and Foss fighting for second and third as they went through turn number one. It won't be the blue and white propeller logo of BMW that win. Will it be the bow tie? Will it be the Stuttgart Shield or the three-pointed star that takes the VP? Fro Stay frosty, 240. Out goes the former leader. And that was fuel only as well, Shea, yes? Correct, no tires on that car either. And they've dropped down to the bottom end of the top 10 there, I think. Now, just a moment or two ago, Robin Liddell crossed the line and went into the lead behind him, really pushing hard. Eric Voss with a little bit of aero push coming out of turn 12. Hand in the air for Robin Liddell as he goes down the back straight. He's just, I think, trying to cool himself down, or was he saying thank you to the two TCR cars he passed? I think that's what he was doing. God, how cool is that, Jeremy? You've got 13 and a half minutes to win the race and he's still being courteous to his other drivers or getting his left hand cooled down a little bit. I'm not entirely certain. Well, at the first long safety car, Robin wasn't too happy at the procedures, but it's all played out in the end and the battle for second and third, Jeremy, is absolutely epic. Yeah, Trent Hinman, he doesn't want to give up that second position. Eric Foss, if he's going to get past him, uh, Trent Hinman is going to make it as difficult as he possibly can. These two approach. I think they're both safe now from uh, Sebastian Pri, although he did gain on that last lap because Trent Hinman is again struggling. Uh, and I think maybe the 56 car has got a better run onto the straight towards uh, turn six, has he? Uh, Trent Hinman's keeping that inside line covered. Well, we, we've got an opportunity though. Seven for, down at seven. Rio to close in, yeah. Seven, the side by side. That's not going to be good. That's going to slow them down. Now we find out whether it's the flat six or the V8 that has the ponies. They're still side by side, and when you side draft, you slow each other down. Prio's in the background. Prio's down to under five seconds now behind these two, and they're still side by side all the way down the back straight. And unwittingly, the LA Honda World car ahead of them might have just given the opportunity there for the pass, and through goes Voss. Hinman at the end of the stint, just struggling again, Jeremy. We've seen this before with that uh, Porsche. It's quite a small car, but it's actually quite heavy, isn't it? It doesn't, it's not quite as kind on its tires, despite being a mid-engine car. It's not quite as kind on its tires. It's a lot lighter than everything else in the field. I mean, it rated at 1,300 kilograms. Right. Uh, most of the other cars are, are over 1,400. Uh, the uh, the Ford uh, Mustang it weighs it at 1,505. So yeah, it's a lot lighter than those. But for some reason, yes, it's not it's not uh, kind to its Michelin rubber. Yeah, towards the end of the stint, consensus. Right. Okay. Now the thing to watch: 5.2 seconds across the line was the gap between Robin Liddell and Eric Foss. Seven seconds, about seven or eight laps ago between them. So uh, he has got a bit closer, despite the fact he's that man happened, haven't ha had uh, to get past uh, Trent Hinman. 
Uh, and uh, Seb Prior is only three seconds now behind the uh, Trent Hinman car as well. It's going to be very interesting to see whether Eric Foss can track him down. I don't think he can. They both set almost identical fastest laps in this race, but it's just some traffic for Robin Liddell, and uh, Eric Foss certainly is on a mission in that second-place car for Murillo Racing. Trent Hinman's going to do very well to hold on to the third step on the podium. Again, it's... Uh, it's interesting how the performance of that Porsche tends to change throughout its uh, ch throughout its uh, fuel run. Still ten and a half minutes to go. Corvette, uh, sorry, Chevrolet Camaro leads from Rebel Rock Racing. Robert Liddell finishing off. He has been the closer. Didn't get in until what an hour and a half or so to go in that number. 71 that he shares with Andrew Davis and Frank Depew. Frank did his job very well, started the race, stayed out of trouble. Andrew with a double stint in the middle. Foss pushing hard at turn five, back into the car, squirming around. Still five three, seconds. Three tenths of a second quicker than Robin Liddell was on the last lap. And uh, two tenths of a second, I guess. Uh, but uh, you know, so he's, he's certainly inching closer. But what now? Just under ten minutes remaining. Six laps in this race. Yeah, about six laps between five and six laps, Jeremy. I reckon, yeah. and that will be a perfect run for these guys. Both stopped on the same lap, uh, and they will have done twenty laps since they came out of the pits. Uh, both with full green flag runs. Twenty-six, twenty-seven laps is. Uh, is getting towards the end of the fuel and tyres. Remember, Robin only put left-hand side Michelin's on. We don't know what Eric did. Did Eric put four on? Shea, did I, I, I seem to remember you seeing when he put it. Or did they uh, only put two on as well? Yeah, two. only put two on as well. And, okay. And interestingly, they only put rears on the 39 Audi, which is why Westfall has slid back a little bit. Ah. Sometimes it's funny. A different cars react differently to how you put the tyres on them. There are some cars that if you put a, a rears on, you'd think you burn the rears off uh, on a particularly a powerful car. You think you'd burn the rears off quicker than the front, but that's not always the case. But if you're going to do two on one axle, it'll almost always on a rear wheel drive car be the rears. But that can really upset the balance of a car. I don't know if you've ever had that, Jeremy, but you do that and then you just get terminal understeer because the back just wants to push forward. If you do one yeah. side, it's still a bit odd, but once you've got a couple of laps on and they're up to temp and pressure, you get used to it and it's and it kind of balances itself out a bit. Robin is definitely putting his hand out the window to cool himself down there, Jeremy. He's doing it again. Yeah, you've got to be careful doing that. I did that uh, once at, uh, at Silverstone on the Grand Prix circuit. It was doing about 170 miles an hour. Put my hand out the window and it nearly took my arm off <laughs> the, the air pressure. Figured that, oh, that wasn't a very smart move. Didn't do that again. Comes up. No, but who was it? Was it Alex Zanardi did it in an open wheel car? I think I think it was Alex Zanardi put it, put his hand up on his, on his uh, forehead. It was kind of pinned there by the air couldn't move time. it. Yeah. Coming down to the last seven and a half minutes. We are somewhere in the region now of, un well, certainly under 15 miles to run. Two and a half miles each of the circuits here, and the Still white pushing hard, isn't he? Oh, well, I, I think he has to, Jeremy. I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think you can. Yeah. Eric Voss 
And you don't give him a sniff at this point. You no, absolutely no, he was, can't. No, he was three seconds, three tenths quicker on the last lap with Eric Foss. He's at 4.3 seconds now the gap, and Trent Hinman in third place, a couple of seconds behind him, and now closing in still. Uh, just 1.3 the gap now between Trent Hinman and Sebastian Prio in that Multimatic Ford. So the, uh, the top positions now, we've got a Chevrolet, Mercedes, Porsche, Ford, Audi and BMW. Six different manufacturers in the top six. And then the Aston Martin in eighth place behind the second of the Mercedes, Indy Doncher in car number four. Yeah, good one for Indy as well. They've been up and down a little bit, but that's going to be a solid seventh position. Uh, is he going to catch... McAvern. We, uh, McAvern is struggling with grip, so he might do, actually. And in fact, he's taking time out. So there might be a sixth place there for Winwood, uh, Indy Dante and, and uh, uh, Bryce Ward in that car. In that uh, a number, sorry, uh, and uh, Russell Ward in that number seven. Seventh place in that number four. Robert Liddell and the V8 GM powered GT4 Camaro rumbles down through the SS for one more time at the head of the TCR field. Gabby Chavez has 32 seconds on Parker Chase, who has 17 on the LA Honda World Honda number 73. What a weekend of racing we have had. The Michelin Endurance Challenge moved to Road Atlanta to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta because of the Covid crisis and the difficulties of travelling in and out of New York State and uh, to Watkins Glen. We can't wait to be back at WGI next year for the sale in six hours. Everybody deciding it was a good idea to keep the longer races at this venue that would have happened near the Finger Lakes, in the Finger Lakes area. And my goodness, what a good decision, Jeremy, that has been. WeatherTech, no spoilers if you haven't seen it, but the WeatherTech six hours yesterday, the Tyrac.com GP was absolutely outstanding from start to finish. I think I said in commentary, I only sat down once, and that was when I stepped back and tripped over my chair by accident. And this has been, to now, three hours and 55 minutes that has Kept our attention, all right, few safety cars, but they're, as Jeremy has said in the past, they've added, they've pulled the show back together. And yeah. it's, and we, and we are, you know, fantastic that we've had, the run to the flag is going to be just under an hour. So at the start, we had 42 minutes, then we had 52 minutes, then we had 40 minutes, and we're gonna have 52, 55 minutes at the end of green flag racing so pretty much all of those are a stint or more for the gs cars so what we have seen oh with another puncture for the turn one of the turner cars this time the 96 car and it's another rear this time so that's the 95 have had left front and left rear and the 96 now with the left rear right in front of the leader but what a weekend jeremy it's been the challenge races have been great the main race yesterday, fabulous, and today, once again, the Michelin Pilot Challenge has delivered entertainment, action, and drama. Yeah, there goes uh, the TCR leader, Gabby Chavez, onto another lap. He's uh, completed his 144th lap, but I don't think he's going to remain uh, on the lead lap. I don't think he's going to be lapped by Robin Liddell. Uh, and I think Eric Foss now, perhaps he's even settled for second place, and probably be 
probably be three laps remaining, I think, in this race. Uh, and but he's still Seven. the gap's now stabilized around about five seconds between first and second. But it's very much game on for third place between Trent yes. and Seb Prio, who's yes. right with it. Yeah, Seb Prio has caught the Porsche. Uh, and Indy Donchi is within a second and a half of Dylan McAvern for six, sixth position. So there's a couple of positions further down the field that are still in dispute with a couple of laps to go. Will not be the white flag this time around. Robert Liddell, well, we've seen him do it literally on the last lap before. We've seen it do it for a long way out, and it's been a real team effort today. Robin robbed of almost certain victory at VIR with a tiny mistake in the pit. And there's the battle for third, and there's Sebastian Prior. The Guernseyman going to the right-hand side. Hinman toughing it out down the inside. He's going to make... The Mustang driver go the long way around. That is a very long way around, and the Porsche is nimble. This side by side through 10A, now through 10B. There was a touch side by side, wheel to wheel, and Prior goes through with a big slide on the exit of the complex from the Porsche driver. And Hinman drops off the podium. Oh, cruel look for those guys who've worked hard, but brilliant stuff for the 22 team and Multimatic Motorsports as Prior now with time running out. Don't think we'll catch the Murillo racing car, but what about Indy Donchi? He's getting closer and closer to Dylan McAvern, but at the front of the field, what a team effort. Turn five for the penultimate time. There'll be one more lap at the end of this one. Jeremy Shaw, what a race and what a result for Chevrolet Camaro, for Rebel Rock Racing, Urban Grid, and for Andrew Davis, Frank Depew, and indeed for Robin Liddell. Yeah, it's been been a while coming again, hasn't it? They had a couple of wins last season, but uh, it's been a while since then, and you know, they've had uh, all sorts of things that are kind of getting in the way of potential good results, including that uh, error in the pits last time. But uh, this this week, they've done everything absolutely perfectly. Frank Depew did a good opening stint, uh, and uh, Andrew Davis did a great uh, double stint in the middle of the race. And Robin Liddell has done the rest from there. This car has been fast all the way through the weekend, as it has been for most of the last several races. At IMSA Radio has been very busy this weekend. Thank you for all your comments. I know it's been a busy weekend. There's been a lot of motorsports, both two and four wheels, in the US and around the world. And some high quality stuff this weekend. If you've chosen to spend some time with IMSA on IMSA Radio or IMSA TV, I hope you feel it's been worthwhile. I know there was a lot of disappointed people. This should have been the weekend, for example, that the WEC and the ELMS were at Silverstone in the UK. That obviously hasn't happened. This race weekend's been transplanted here from Watkins Glen, but Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, in terms of serving up the endurance fans some entertainment has done a cracking job Robin Liddell with about a mile and a quarter to go he's on the back straight now second and third Eric Voss has dropped away just a little bit but I don't think Prior's got anything left it's still two seconds between Voss and Prior 
Closed down a little bit, but not enough. Three corners to go. The TCRs are really struggling on fuel now. Gabby Chavez is he's right off a 32 for him, a 34-7 for Parker Chase in second position. They've got to do one more lap because the leader comes through and becomes the winner. And there is the cheers, there are the cheers from Rebel Rock Racing, Frank Depew and Andrew Davis did their job and Robin Liddell brought them home. That is outstanding. On the last lap, the 56 car, out of fuel. Eric Voss, out of fuel. Prios through to second. Hinman goes to third. The drama goes beyond the full four hours of the VP steer, Frosty 240. Prio on the podium in second and Hinman back to third. That puts the 39 car, Jeff Westfall of the Carbon team back up to fourth position and Eric Voss is going to drop all the way down to 10th position I reckon he won't go any further because he started the last lap and everyone else was a lap down now TCR still to come to the flag Gabby Chavez Chavez by the way has now been out for an hour and three minutes on that set of Michelins and that fuel. That is a 40-lap stint right on the edge. I don't think they could have done many more, possibly not even one more. And through for another Veloster, Brian Herter, Autosport and Hyundai win. It is the number 33 car from the gravel to the top step of the podium in under four hours. Fabulous stuff from them. They continue the winning streak for Hyundai Veloster and Brian Hearn at Autosport. It will be their team car, the 29, Parker Chase bringing home the green and white car in second and Honda Civic in third, back on the podium for the 73 LA Honda World Racing car. And the, the celebrations are underway. Shea Adam... Our VP Racing Fuel pit reporter. Let's see if we can get a word with some of the team. Trying to reach Andrew Davis right now. Is, uh, people with video can see that he was just celebrating with the crew. So just trying to ring him and have a word with our race winner. Now keep in Hello. mind, Andrew, hey. congratulations hey. on this win. Oh, thank friend. you so much, Jenny. We, we were expecting you to be a part of the team for the four-hour race, but we weren't expecting it to be at your home track. How good is it to get a win here? You know, it feels unbelievable. Uh, you know, home home forever. I've been at this track since I was four years old watching people win races, and this just means so much. You know, Robin and I clinched the championship for Stevenson Motorsports in 2015 here, and now to be part of this great Rebel Rock program, Frank drove great. Robin's amazing. Oh, just so thankful. It's such an amazing program that it's still very new and still the third win of its existence. Does this one feel even sweeter, though, coming off of a four-hour race? This one's unbelievably sweet, unbelievably sweet. It's, it tastes so good. Congratulations, Andrew. Please give our best to Frank and, and uh, Robin, of course, as well. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Well done, Andrew. Well done, the rest of the Rebel Rock Racing team and that VP. Pit, a VP Racing Fuel Pits report from Shea Adam. They are in already in the 
winner's circle. I will see if we can get a word with Gabby Chavez or at least one of his teammates from Hyundai and Brian Herter Autosport. Jeremy Shaw, what do, do those results do for the championships? Championship leaders in GS, championship contenders in GS, all had problems today, it seems. Well, yeah, they did for one, uh, one form or another. I'll tell you what, that, uh, that miscue there for Jeff Mosing and Eric Foss, that'll cost them dearly. They came in here fourth in the points. Uh, the top three have completely changed around. What was third in the points coming in here, Tyler McCoy and Jeff Westfall, by my reckoning, they will now be one point ahead of Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli, who benefit from the Mercedes running out of fuel on the, on the final lap. Uh, 140 to 139, Jim Cox and Dylan Murray, they had that problem very early in the race. They'll fall back to 127, still be third, and then moving up from sixth in the points up to fourth, Anna Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman with that podium finish today on 119. Uh, we'll get the rest of the points in a moment. Shea Adam has the TCR winning team. Shea? Trying to get a hold of Ryan Norman now, one half of the driving duo for that number 33. This is Brian Herta Autosports' first endurance race win, so it is a big one for all of that Hyundai team. And Gabby Chavez still behind the wheel of that number 33. Uh, not yet connecting with Ryan sending him another couple of messages here john okay no problem getting his voicemail at the moment uh, jeremy well he's, he's already celebrating we might not get that and you'll appreciate uh, that that's uh, we're having to do this socially uh, distanced of course jeremy what does that uh, gs result do to the uh, the manufacturers uh, don't know, haven't done that yet. All right, sorry, okay, uh, well, let's we do... Mercedes-led from Audi and Aston Martin. Yeah, let me figure that one out. Uh, let me just go to TCR yes, driver please. points. Uh, from Again, from third place coming into this weekend, Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez with that win today. Win number two on the season. That would give them 146 points. Harry Gottsecker and Mark Wilkins, they had problems early in the race. They will be two points behind. Mason Philippi and Michael Lewis also had some difficulties, but came back to finish in fifth place. They're on 141. So 146 for leaders, 144 for Gottsecker, Wilkins, and 141 for Philippi and Lewis. Oh, what a race, what a weekend, and what a brilliant, brilliant result for both of our winners here at the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta and Michelin Endurance Racing Challenge. Six hours yesterday, four hours today. Manufacturer points, uh, John, in the GS. Uh, Aston Martin would have been behind BMW, so 25 points. Gosh, it's, it's, it's ridiculously tight. Uh, tied, I think, now will be Mercedes and Audi on 149. Aston Martin unofficially on 145. Uh, and then Porsche on 137. And I think 139 is just ahead of them for BMW. So very, very tight there in the uh, GS Manufacturers Championship. As it tends to be, in uh, in all honesty, uh, Jeremy, absolutely, and it was an intra it, was, it was extraordinary today, wasn't it, to see how many of the leading lights had issues uh, early on. Ryan Norman had the phone in his hand. Let's see if we can grab a quick word with Ryan before we wrap up on the PA here and hand it over for the celebration. Shea is trying to get in touch with him now. Any joy, Shea? Uh, I just have to redial the phone number really quickly, John, so I had to look it back up. So give me uh, 30 seconds and I'll have it good. All right, no problem. 
Shea Adam trying to get that. Jeremy, a few thoughts then while we're trying to get hold of the 33 team about what we saw there today. Uh, what a fantastic uh, race weekend, actually, but rounding off in real style today. Yeah, it really was. I think a you know, tremendously exciting race, and you know, we're used to that now, aren't we, in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. It was certainly a dramatic race, and uh, yeah, there were various sort of uh, curveballs thrown at uh, us, the teams, everybody. At least the weather was nice, uh, and good for. Yeah, we didn't have a big crowd. We weren't allowed to have a big crowd here this weekend, but I, I know the fans will. Everybody that was here will have left here satisfied after a great weekend's racing. Share Adam is Norman. excellent. Is is a race winner in an endurance race four hours and it started off as being a little bit questionable ryan when you first uh, had that moment in the gravel trap did you ever think you would wind up here on the top step of the podium at the end of this one well you know luckily we we didn't lose too much time i think we still came out p2 with that um and it's just such a long race you know luckily it happened at the beginning and i was able to recover and then um, you know, we got some help with some yellows, but, you know, Gabby had a really save there towards the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, just fantastic uh, job by the uh, Brian Hurd Autosport guys and the Hyundai Velocity and just on rails again. So just a really good win. Did you enjoy driving the car for almost the full length of a normal Michelin Pilot Challenge race? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it was definitely I trained a lot for this race just physically because I knew it was going to be hot and long. Um, but yeah, it was. It ended up being really good. Ryan, it's uh, it's hide off here in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, hope you can hear me. Okay, uh, that the gravelly moment. You were battling for the lead at the time and, and passing one of the GS cars. It looked to me as though that when you went offline, you realised fairly early that you weren't going to make the corner at 10 uh, and uh, sort of let the brakes off and, and decided to skip across the gravel in case you got stuck in it. Ryan, are you ready? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was. Uh, I mean, just try to avoid and keep the car clean. But at the end, it was just really, really good. And how close were you on fuel at the end uh, there? Was Gabby having to soft pedal? You didn't get lapped again by Robin Liddell, the race leader. So you, you had to do probably an extra lap than what you thought. Yeah, uh, Gabby, like he did in Road America, saved great. And um, he just he had a lot to, um, lot to do. Ryan, Ryan Norman, this is, this is Jeremy Shaw. Okay. Well I'm sorry, I got, I got a. Uh, thank you, guys. No Show problem. Ryan. Yeah, he's been called to the podium. Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, what? What a, what a turnaround for for Ryan. Uh, again, you know, he's he's loving this uh, this uh, this. Uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge after so many years of open wheel racing, it's really opened his eyes, uh, and he's clearly come of age very very quickly. Well, that's about it for not just today, uh, but the whole weekend. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed it, whether you're listening, listened on 98.1 FM or around the world on RS2 or indeed watched in sound and vision. Thank you to our Charlotte crew for the pictures. Excellent stuff again. Keith, uh, Alex, the rest of the team. And it's been a very busy weekend for them this weekend. Uh, too many people to thank for getting the pictures to us. So a big general thank you to everybody at Road Atlanta, particularly the safety crews, to the marvellous Dave Miller, of course, who put us on 98.1 around the circuit, uh, and to all of the, the staff at Road Atlanta for the hard work. Uh, that's about it, as I say, from us uh, this weekend, Tim Gray was our executive producer up in London. The responsible adult was Eve Hewitt. And our broadcast team, including Brian Till, 
was Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and me, John Heintorf. Phew! Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, whatever you do. Join us on Wednesday on RS1 for Midweek Motorsport. Uh, we'll also be taking a look at the state of the sport. That is at uh, 2 o'clock Eastern time. John Doonan from IMSA giving us an update uh, on next year's IMSA calendar. That all being be discussed next Wednesday. Bye for now from Michelin Raceway. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.